Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Brewing Network Sunday Session is brought to you by the crown jewel of the East Bay. Home brewing superheroes, the innovative folks at More Beer. Visit them online at morebeer.com. Feels like work. Shooting the shit for two hours, drinking beer and talking beer. What a wonderful experience. Can we not have the barf bucket near my mixing board? <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody could read the book. I knew you were going to use this book as an excuse to quit doing this show. <laughs> Mrs. Bub, if you want, I can mail you the bub timer. Yeah, Newcastle. Especially in the can. Have you ever had it in the can? <laughs> no, I have not had it in the can. <laughs> Notice I closed my eyes and I concentrated really hard. Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers. Craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. All right, welcome back to the session, everybody. It's another great week here in Pacheco. The sun's not shining, but Chad is. Always. Sitting in JP's chair tonight, actually. No JP. Called in sick. I can feel him sitting here. Must have been in the middle of some pretty heavy questing this week. (laughs) So, uh, no JP. But we do have the return of Vinny. It's the Vinny Show, everybody. Welcome back, man. Thanks, you know, took you long enough to invite me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I've been waiting for years. Is that right? For an invite. We've just been sitting by the phone? I have been. I can't believe how long it took you to call. I thought I told you never to show up again without Natalie. <laughs> what you, happened? You did. <laughs> yeah, her bum knee. She's at home yeah. uh, keeping it up, elevated. I see. So we can go to Belgium oh. in 20, oh. uh, about 35 days. Okay. God, that's a lot of rest between now and then. Yeah, yeah. She just had yeah. another surgery or what? She did have another surgery. That yeah, sucks. about six weeks ago. Oh man, so, poor girl. Yeah, yeah. but um, 
Yeah, I think she's probably listening. I hope so. so I told yeah. next you time. You next say. time, I'm not letting you in the door. <laughs> I'm going to look out the window. Yeah. If I don't see Natalie, she gets enough beer geek talk, though. You know, <laughs> I'm sure she I mean, does. probably everywhere you guys go, everywhere. Yeah, and, you know, our, you can't turn around on our brew pub and not yeah. run into someone that's from out of the area that's right. uh, you know beer enthusiast. Plus, uh, I'm kind of serious here. You know, working together, you guys are partners in the business and working together, being married. That can't be easy all the time. Do you guys have to go and just say, let's go, go do something that has nothing to do with beer? We did that yesterday. Okay. Actually, we, uh, well, I take it back because we started at the Tornado. <laughs> so, sort of. <laughs> but afterwards, we went to Cirque du Soleil. Okay. And that was. How that was that? that my, was, wife, my wife uh, really wants to go there. That was so freaking cool. Hmm. Yeah, it's the third show I've seen. I would, I'd go see any Cirque du Soleil yeah. show and, uh, they are always and, awesome. uh, yeah, they were climbing walls, like running up walls and trampolining, and wow. you know, they those people. I, I just want to know who says like, I have this idea. I'm going to weld together this crazy ass metal frame. <laughs> and we're spinning around, and then and then we're going to put a guy on a two you know inch by two inch two by four, and he's going to do tricks on it and, yeah you know and then you know probably six months later so i'm like i did it you yeah know, it's like i double dog dare you to <laughs> yeah. to try this to climb a wall on a trampoline it's true know? the cool thing is is uh ovo is all like flowers and bugs and all this stuff and so they have these giant you know uh different flowers and whatnot opening up you know they're mechanical, and as they do, all these fragrances come into the room. So oh, one, really? It's like one point you smell orange uh, mm-hmm. blossom, and 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 at the very end, and I, I have to call someone at Cirque du Soleil. There's this giant hop cone opens up on the stage. I swear it can't be anything else. <laughs> really? It was well, a giant it hop cone. What smelled it? In there? Yeah, they didn't do that. They, they should have. And everybody <laughs> in the room lit up. But yeah. I, one of our one of our buddies, uh, one of our friends, went to the show a month or so back. And he texted us. And he goes, "Oh my God, there's a giant hop cone <laughs> wow. in the show." And I didn't know what he meant until oh, the very end. It was like, "Holy shit!" And there, it there was. is a hop cone. <laughs> That's cool. In the huh. and someone there has to be in the beer. Yeah, I don't know what else looks like a hop cone. Yeah, I guess yeah. you're right. So it, it looked exactly like a hop cone. Wow. Left left side of the stage, the thing was like there's there's a hop cone in um, Pomperain, Belgium, yeah. in right downtown at a roundabout with all these trellis. Or uh, not, not trellis, but um, the you know the posts that the hops climb up, and they're yeah. kind of leaning over it, and it's at the main roundabout, and that's a pretty big hop. But I mean, that thing's like I don't know, ten, fifteen feet tall. This okay. thing was like twenty feet tall. Really? And, yeah. At the end of the show, and that might be worth going just to <laughs> it see was that. Pretty cool. Well, yeah, you should call them and find yeah, some. I got I got to find that, out. Yeah. So. <laughs> But Natalie's a beer lover, too. You guys are both... I mean, she doesn't mind a, a stop at the Toronado on a day off a of beer, I assume. Oh, no. Yeah. No. See, that's good. That was a good uh, was a good little drinking session before... Uh, <laughs> you got to do that. Before the show. Makes every show so, more enjoyable. It actually uh, it actually made it pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, a little buzz on. Right. <laughs> That'll help. Huh, really? All right. So today's the Vinny Show. He's back with us. As always, you can join Bevo in the chat room. Just hit the chat now button. She'll get your questions over to me, or you can call 888-401-BEER. The phone line will be as open as possible. We don't have any phone guests today. So 888-401-BEER. We'll keep that open for you. You can call in and ask questions. we got a few topics we're going to talk about with Vinny today. Of course, 
the new brewery. We haven't spoken to Vinny uh, since then, so we're going to talk about those challenges and uh, what we can expect coming out of the new brewery. We're also going to be talking about barrel-aging beers. Uh, more to the point, we're going to be talking about how you can uh, get barrels, use barrels, clean barrels, and uh, get the most out of your wood uh, for beer. And uh, we're also going to be talking about hops and Belgian beers. So I know you've heard Vinny and, and even on this show uh, you know, talk about IPAs and being the hop master. And then you've heard Vinny talk about just souring beers. And we're going to try to blend a little bit of all that, but uh, but really mix them together. And uh, I, for one, am real curious about the use of hops in Belgian beers. And I think that Vinny's a guy who can really help us with that. And especially with the taking off lately of these kind of uh, Belgio-American styles. You know, Vinny was a pioneer here in the U.S. with that. And uh, talking about how those uh, are different from regular Belgian styles. So... Any of these questions will get answered for you. We'll get as much out of Vinny as we can, since he clearly won't be back for another three years. <laughs> That's, That's the plan. It's Vinny's new MO. He's busier now than ever, too. Oh, wait a minute. No, he's not, I hear. Yeah? Well, the, the new brewery's done, right? Oh, that's true. It is done now. Last time we were there, Vinny was working the brand new centrifuge at the new brewery, and it, I don't know, it looked like at any moment it could take his head off. It was, Those things are dangerous. It is yeah, a fierce scary, piece yeah. of machinery. It is fierce. That's a good description. <laughs> yeah. And so just kind of watching you work that thing, I was standing back, man. You've got to put pilings in there to mount that thing or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, the thing gets out of balance. Look out, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 8,000 RPMs. Ooh, yeah, man, I have trouble you know. working my washing machine on you <laughs> and that thing. You know when you get it lopsided exactly. on the spin yeah. side? Yeah. yeah, you don't want that with a centrifuge, <laughs> no. I don't think. It'll be like yeah, the big you... time machine that uh, Jody Foster was in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> in contact? That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah when you... Uh, when when you get the centrifuge going and well for before that you read the manual and the manual is bigger than a phone book <laughs> but like every manual? other page is a warning, warning about vibration yeah. any time of vibration stop the machine stop the machine vibration i remember calling the guy when we got him like do i really have to read this whole uh, manual right. you know <laughs> he's like yeah, yeah. Just, no just watch what if there's like an earthquake or something? <laughs> i i i just called ken grossman at sierra nevada because <laughs> he knows more than anyone at alpha laval does he read it about centrifuges so uh, man but, uh, yeah, it's yeah. tough to look out for vibrations in California, man. There's no, always yeah. a vibration going on. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's earthquakes. Good vibrations. Earthquake central. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So all of that and more with Vinny today. So stick with us. A few announcements I have for you. Um, the BN Winter Brews Festival is coming together very, very nicely. And we're looking at 40 breweries, I think we started to tell you last week. In fact, we met with Adam down at Linden Street this week just to wrap things up, and uh, everything's coming together so nicely. We've got some extra features going on. Tasty is going to have his own tasting room at the uh, at the BN <laughs> so Winter Brews yeah, Festival. Right. Tasty's tasting room, and uh, we're going to be serving homebrew too. That's going to be homebrew all the time. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So you know, if the BN's going to do a beer fest, we have to do it BN style. So we're not only going to have all these rock and roll craft beers out there by pro brewers, but we're going to have a homebrew room that uh, Tasty will be heading up for us. So. Tasty's Tasting Room. Sean Paxton, of course, I told you we're not doing the beer dinner beforehand. Instead, since we are kind of a for-the-people type of company, we're bringing him right into the festival. He's going to be cooking food for you. I have his menu in front of me already. Is he, is he going to make the Toronado bars? I don't know if he is. Have he, you had those yet? Yeah, last time he was on the show, he brought them for those us. Things, those things kick butt. They are pretty damn good. He, he uh, should make them for us. He brought, he brought us some samples because we're like his local brewery. Right. Guinea pig. I know. And, Lucky uh, bastard. They were so good. About two weeks later, the California Small Brewers Association was having their quarterly meeting or whatever it was at Lagunitas, just down the road from us. And um, 
the Tom McCormick, who runs the California Small Brewers Association, set up a deal ahead of time with a tour and a just a little pre-meeting get-together at our production brewery. Okay. And uh, so instead of us just getting regular old danishes or whatever, mm-hmm. I had Sean make oh, uh, nice. the Torin Auto Bars. That's great. And they were a huge hit. <laughs> yeah. So. Guy's amazing. Anything ten and, he ten in the morning, those things, along with consecration, yeah, they were a perfect combo. <laughs> that does sound <laughs> great at ten in the morning. I could eat that every uh, day. Yeah, those things were those things were deadly. Well, he's roasting two pigs for us. He's going to roast them right there at Linden Street. So I don't mean that he's kind of doing this, cutting it up, and bringing it in. He's roasting two pigs during the festival. You're going to get to see that. He's getting local pigs, uh, whole Hudson Ranch Heriden pigs, injected with Lagunitas brown sugar. Dry rubbed with brown sugar and spices, uh, roasted in, uh, I don't even understand half the stuff Paxton tells me sometimes, but uh, he's going to make uh, basically barbecued pig sandwiches that you're going to be able to get. All very affordable, good stuff. Uh, he's, gonna, he's making a cassoulet, which is like a Belgian soup, uh, which is just perfect winter dish. Uh, it's going to have Sonoma duck legs confited in Russian River consecration. How about that? Yep. Russian River, river beer. Yeah, we have, we have the best ducks around. Oh, got yeah. this Jim Reichart, the duck, the local duck guru. Is that right? Yeah, really? Jim, Jim's awesome. Okay. Yeah, I was. I went to Italy with him a few years ago. Natalie and I went for a slow food event. Okay. And um, we run into him every now and then. But I love yeah, Jim. Duck, Jim is the man with Sonoma mm-hmm. County Duck. Wow. That's what he does. It'll have barley cured local pork belly in it, cherry wood smoked pork shanks, simmered with beans, organic vegetables, herbs, and stock, and garnished with a tasty... Arugula Centennial Hop Pesto. So you're really getting the full uh, Paxton experience yeah, here. Really you know why he can do all this? Why? Is that what you said? You know, you know why? No. Because he's a stay-at-home dad. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> point. I always try to get that out of him, too. Like, how the hell are you pulling this off? He's a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. yeah like, I follow him on the Twitter, and it's always he's always cooking up something in that kitchen. He is. Just yeah. for himself. He just yeah. experiments Not all much day. on TV. It's just Oprah. So, yeah. hey, you got to gotta cook. And, and, he, and he always has his daughter with him. Yep, that's yep. true. He comes Strapped to the brewery that big and, belly of his, yep. and that's true. Yeah, yeah. There was one time they came by to get some consecration. We're emptying barrels. Yeah, he needed to cook with it, and then uh, he likes to use the sour cherries that we put in supplication as well. And, oh, after uh, the fact, he takes uh, no oh. before. He okay. just likes the specific ones we get. The ranch that we get them from. But uh, yeah, one day uh, his daughter was running the pump for me. I'd be like, oh, start, so- stop. Start, stop. <laughs> yeah. so, That's great. She's about fifty percent, but she's well on her way to oh, yeah. getting some pink boots. And there's really <laughs> no way that she won't be uh, in the in the food and beverage industry. Yeah. It's nearly impossible. Hard to avoid. And then two different types of handmade sausages he's bringing down there. So it's really a nice menu. Emergency barbecue will also be there to round out the crowds if we end up with the. Thousands of people that case of emergency that yes. people expect to be there. So come on down. That's Saturday, January thirtieth. It's from one to eight. Twenty five bucks gets you a glass and five tickets. I think another five bucks gets you three more tickets, and then you can buy tickets after that. But keep in mind, this is a winter brews festival, and a lot of these beers are going to be big. Uh, we're also giving you a ten ounce glass. Uh, again, this is all BN style, so we're not going chintzy on these little four ounce dealios that you pay a lot of money for. We're really trying to get the you know the most bang for your buck. And the brewers have been very cool. So you'll have some session beers there, but uh, being that it's a winter brew festival, I think we're getting uh, a, 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 what are we getting from you, Vinny? What did I just say? I think we're going rejection. That's which right. Which we will hopefully taste here tonight. Great. Our black uh, Belgian beer for Valentine's Day. Beautiful. Yep. And what's the percentage on that, for example? Six, that's, that's actually probably, that's low, 6.1. Okay, good. Yeah. Not too bad. A great beer. We've I also got it. some. I love it this year. 
Is, is that right? Yeah. I'll be the judge of that, Vinny. You guys are buying the beer, too, aren't you? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and I will I will say that from the brewer's side. Yeah. That's oh, a yeah. huge deal. <laughs> I mean, that that will gain you guys so much respect That's what we, from well, the beer cool. world because we donate so much beer. Yeah. And, you know, for every event we do, there's 10 that we turn down. You know, right. I'm sure that's tenfold for someone like Lagunitas who... Oh yeah, it up way more than we do all the time. And so to, to do an event that you know, the and it's your first year. And yeah, it, it it actually means a lot to the breweries. Well, I'm glad because we really you know we plan it that way. E- even ourselves, we've had a lot of donation events where we've asked you guys to to donate beer to our anniversary party and, and different things. And because we go to festivals so often, I really did learn the ins and outs about how these things are done. And I thought about it, you know that. While it might not be, you know, the festival planners tend to think, well, it's not a big deal for a brewery to give a barrel of beer, uh, you know, half a barrel of beer. And while that may be true on a one-time occasion, it's not true when you get 15, 20 requests a year. Yeah. You know, because all of a sudden now you're giving out 10 barrels of beer. And, and it really ends up being a lot. So, so there was that side of it that we thought, you know, there's, the, the margin on beer is good enough that really we should be able to buy beer and then sell it to you know as long as you have enough people showing up and the other deal is let's be honest uh we are a (laughs) for-profit business and it's not a not-for-profit event now we did do our 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 anniversary party and we do do fundraisers throughout the year where we try to make them you know non-profit and give some money to charity but in this case that's not the deal uh the bn needs to stick around for a while and it's just a way that we can do it so since we're a for-profit we just thought well fuck it you know these brewers deserve to have their beer purchased we can figure it out and uh adam at linden street's just been great helping us do that and plan it and uh Anyway, I'm glad it works out good for you brewers, too, because we just thought, this is the way to go. And so what's happened is, you know, we've got space for 40 breweries. And once people figured out that that's how this festival's rolling, we must have gotten 100 requests. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can I be a those part of calls. Sales calls, I believe those are called. Can I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a couple of sides to that. For one, it's exciting that, that brewers want to be a part of our festival. On the other hand, it's difficult because since we're paying for the beer... We really only want to pay for beer that we love. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's true. And so sometimes we get contacted and we go, you know, I really like you as a person. Like <laughs> <laughs> I see you all the time. Yeah. This is going to be awkward in the future. This is going to be strange later, but uh, sorry, we're all full up. We've got our 40 spaces. Out of taps. And that's just the way it goes. You might you... want to call earlier next time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe send us some very special samples. That might help, yeah. too. Change that recipe a little bit, too. <laughs> that has been a response, though. <laughs> you know, no jockey boxes. You know, brewers are always worried about that. That's a pain in the butt. To have to come out there and, uh, you know, set that all up. So, yeah, I think everyone's pretty excited that we have a pretty good How setup, too. How are you guys going to pour? Uh, we've got a be- we're using uh, a beer trailer. Nice. Did you go to the Eat Real Festival that Dave McLean yeah, did? Yeah, I didn't, but neither did I. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, apparently, that's where this beer trailer. It's yeah. a box. It's a container. Yeah, I know exactly. I saw pictures of it. Uh, so yeah. we're using that, and that's the way that we. You also, you guys don't have to show up and yeah. pour and set up your yeah. stuff. So right. uh, we're just gonna have volunteers pour right off of that thing. It's got uh, twenty taps on each side of it. It's all refrigerated. It's a reefer. Uh, it's a reefer box. Right. And so we'll be able to get the beer in there on Friday night, have it settled, pouring properly, so that when you guys get there, I hope I'm not jinxing us, the idea is that when you guys <laughs> yeah, get good. there on Saturday, uh, everything will be pouring right, it'll already be cold and it'll settled. Be and, uh, Just have yeah, a good time. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I'm a stickler for these details, believe it or not. So I'm in there, we're having this meeting with Adam yesterday, and he's just going... You gotta settle down, man. You're all. You gotta relax. Everything's gonna be fine. And I'm going. This is how I relax by knowing that every single detail has been taken care of. And then I'll relax and I'll be 
having a good time on Saturday. And the thing about it is that, I mean, if a beer pours bad mm. and you're under the gun and there's people waiting, there's nothing more frustrating mm. and nerve-wracking. And, you know, we, yeah. we on occasion have gone to festivals in other markets where we had to use their jockey box. We didn't have our own that we knew was reliable. And oh, you yeah. get there, oh, man, when it pours bad, it, there's nothing you can do. And there's yeah. people looking at you going, what, aren't you brewers? Don't you, <laughs> you know, but when it's, when it's equipment that you can't control. That's right. It's, it's, it's nerve wracking. Sure. You know? And even if you, you know, you guys are always on a tight schedule when you have to show up with your beer too and pour it yourself. You know, you got a long drive from from Santa Rosa to some festival. That thing's been shaken up in the back yeah. of your truck. You make it just in the nick of time. You put it on tap. You're going to have some pouring issues. So yeah. all this stuff, we're just yeah. we kind of went. You know, like I said, we go to festivals uh, as part of our gig all the time. And and Chad and I just sat down and went. You know, what do we want at, when we go to a festival? What is the ideal type of thing for us? And that's how we tried to plan most of this. So should be a good thing. You can go to thebrewingnetwork.com slash on tap for all the information that you need about this festival or send questions to Chad at thebrewingnetwork.com because I don't care anymore. <laughs> He'll answer your questions. He's he's doing email all day and night, that kid. Sits in front of his laptop doing emails. He's got no friends. What else no is there life? to do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So are you going to, do you think you can make it to the festival? Thing? We're, we're going to try. Okay. Yeah, we have a, that's a um, no. no, that's not true. <laughs> we have dinner that night with the mayor of Santa Rosa for some reason. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Does he like beer fest? You, uh, getting into uh, politics. She, I, oh, she will bring her along. Uh, our, uh, <laughs> our health inspector, um, hangs out at the brewery, which says a lot about our kitchen. That's true. Um, and her Wait, husband it, hangs out at the brewery okay. a lot. He's he's an attorney, but he's uh, he's like a sports attorney and stuff like that. Um, anyways, they bought at an auction dinner with the mayor Oh, for four, so they're taking Natalie and I. Is that which right? I kind of want to, you know, chew on the... Uh, Grease some palms. Chew on the mayor's ear, yeah. you know? How about some free parking back there, That's hey? exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. All right. Is, oh, really? Oh, yeah. At the Mc, McDole knows what yeah. the problem. Tasty's serious don't about you have that. A, don't you have a beer called parking ticket or something? Bar- parking violation. Yeah, parking violation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that right? It's brutal. We got one there, too, Shet. Actually, yeah, when we went to film Not during, yeah, when many, you guys did Janet's, we got a, a ticket, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm telling yeah. you, two and a half mark. minutes that thing wasn't paid for, and yeah. we got a ticket. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you must have had to deal with all sorts of city regulations with the new brewery too. So yeah, it's it's always a handful. Oh, this poor so. mayor. She's expecting a nice dinner. Yeah. <laughs> She's gonna have to listen to you. I think it's at her house too. Oh, it's that yeah. right? The mayor's mansion. Yeah, I don't know. Wow, I, <laughs> that'd be yeah. great. You won't be invited. Open minded. Yeah. Could be a mansion. <laughs> yeah. All right, subscribe to the BN and join the Army. You just hit the donate page, and you could do one-time donations. But if you sign up for $2 a month or more, you're automatically entered to the More Beer Donation Giveaway each month. We'll be doing that at the end of this month also. And uh, no matter what the cost of raffle tickets are, if you are a a recurring donor, you're automatically entered. So it's just a good way to stay involved and get free shit. Uh, Also, buy Brew Your Own magazine from us. You can hit the BYO logo right there on the homepage or the banners that rotate, or you can go to byo.com slash brewing network. The subscription price is the same as if you bought it anywhere else, but we get a chunk of that change, and you get a great magazine, and it just really helps us uh, stay in biz. And uh, it's, it's one of Doc's favorites between that and... I think he likes that new beer magazine because it's got all the hot chicks in it. But between those two, the, he really likes it. So uh, there's your recommendation. Plus, Jamil Chef writes uh, the style profile in it every month, and John Palmer writes for it often. It's just really a great mag. So please do that for yourselves and for us by Brew Your Own Magazine. You can follow us on uh, Twitter and Facebook. You go to uh, twitter.com slash brewing network or facebook.com slash brewing network. 
Uh, Vinny, you don't do any of those things, do we you? We don't do any of that shit. We don't Facebook. We don't MySpace. <laughs> I've heard that Twitter, about you. We don't tweet. We nothing. don't, you know, YouTube or MyTube or whatever. You know? Do you think it's a fad or will you be eating your words one day? Uh, I don't think it's a fad. It's just not what we do. I see. It's just not our style. Yeah, you don't need to. You can't make enough I, beer as it is. Yeah, we, a, there, will be a, there will be a long thing on, uh, on Facebook, or not Facebook, on uh, YouTube somewhere down the line we're doing an event at google oh you are uh, yeah they've they've already done one with with sam calgioni and rob todd what do they do what is the google Uh, event it's it's a private event for employees at google oh i see and they but you know normally i think on youtube it can only be like a 10 minute video or whatever that's right they they do like a whole hour beer video oh okay so you can you can well they own them yeah they own it that's why (laughs) you can look up you can look up rod tob or rod i think i saw sam calgione they have like these one hour segments on beer okay and therefore there's a bunch of homebrewers that work at google got it and they bring in one of their chefs and um so we're we're doing it and after it's done they post it the whole event on on youtube okay so we're the same kind of geeks those tech geeks and us yeah beer geeks. in fact if, if, if you need an entourage yeah. let us know <laughs> yeah we'll twitter it for you if yeah. you want then. yeah no we don't do any of that stuff <laughs> never right. will it's not our style <laughs> i like never it. say yeah. never uh i'll say never on that one <laughs> <laughs> somebody's got to hold out i held out as long as i could i won't do it it's you know yeah, I don't want people knowing when I have to go take a shit or whatever. You know, <laughs> what's this for? That is a problem I have with it too. If people put everything, yeah, yeah you don't have to be. I bad just ate Sully. bad oatmeal. Yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> and it's and it's brewers too. And, and some some I won't name any names, but there's a couple of uh, very popular uh, Twitter account brewers out there who literally do that. They Twitter yeah. everything. Everything. My plate's dirty. Yep. <laughs> you know, I ran out of laundry detergent. So did I. I'm not going to tell the world. I've learned to not follow all of the people that follow me. Yeah, that's the key. That's the key. Use it sparingly. Just give out. I do like it for giving out beer information. You know, like, for example, if you're launching a new beer that night at Russian River and it's a small batch, I like to be notified instantly. That way I can call Tasty to drive me to Russian River and have the beer that night. Just call me and I'll I'll post it. (laughs) What's the difference? Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Anyway, all right, you can send your show ideas to chad at thebrewingnetwork.com, C-H-A-D at thebrewingnetwork.com. You send your feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com, and I'm sure that Chad has some announcements for us. I do. Actually, uh, I have a hot one here that I'll share at the end, uh, but just in from Drew Beecham, uh, some results from a homebrew competition. Okay. Um, Also, Philly Craft Beer Week is actually being moved from spring to June. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but um, there is going to have they're still going to have the uh, Philly Craft Beer Festival, which is on March sixth. But all those events that were going to happen in the month of March will be moved to June. How do you just move a week? I don't know. I guess some of the local brewers had a problem with, uh, you know, just the events or something. I, I, I'm not sure. Very okay. controversial. That is controversial. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. In the beer world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. There's an uproar. People started uh, tweeting about it. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, this month, January 30th, is, of course, the BN Winter Brews Fest, 1 to 8 at Linden Street. What? Where? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, also on the 30th, the Central Florida homebrewers are going to be holding Mead Lenium. Um, entries are due tomorrow, so if you haven't gotten them in, it might be too late. Uh, Quaff's also going to be holding a festival coming up on the 19th and 20th of February. Um, entries must be received by February 13th. Uh, you can go to quaff.org and check out all the information there. 
Uh, also on the 20th and 21st, the Homebrew at the WEB competition in Michigan is taking place, which is put on by the Cass River Homebrewers. And uh, go ahead and check out all the information at CassRiver.org. And then we got an AHA rally in February as well at St. Arnold Brewing Company on the 28th. That should be a good time. Make sure you go out and support the AHA. You know that you can uh, pay to name one of his tanks at St. Arnold? <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. All their tanks have names. And, wow. he, and, and he, he charges for and that. And he charges for it. And I, and, I, and I asked him, I said, so this goes to a, a non-profit? And he goes, no, 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 it goes to a brewery. <laughs> We're like, wow. That is so smart. What's the going rate? Do you know? I, I don't remember. Should I don't I, remember. He probably has to auction That's it. pretty cool. Yeah, he has so many it. tanks, yeah. right? Yep. Wow. So. Neat. And do they have an amount of time, like three com park? Yeah, for no, it's forever. forever. Wow. Yep. Wow. That's so, pretty cool. That's pretty know. cool. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and then, of course, in February is the SF Beer Week, and there's a lot going on. Um, for one, I know there's a big uh, beer judging 101 class going on with uh, beer judge Dave Teckham and Brian Cooper of the Mad Zymergists. Uh, that's going to be taking place at the Englander on February 7th. Make sure if you want to learn about some beer judging and just learn a lot about beer, check that one out. Uh, a lot of Meet the Brewers uh, dinners going on and things of that nature. Vinny's got a couple events going on, um, so make sure you uh, support all those different events if you can get to them. And uh, the last announcement is the Doug King Memorial, um, you know, homebrew competition that was going on with the Maltos Falcons. Yeah, a Bruin uh, BN listener actually won it. Oh, best of show, best of show. Nice. So Donnie, Donnie Hummel uh, won it, and uh, he actually gets to brew with Eagle Rock Brewing Company. Nice, this recipe, I guess. Good job, Donnie. So pretty cool. And he put it down. He put us down as his club. That's it. That a boy. What a rock. All right, good work. That's all I got. All right, chats announcements brought to you today by Williams Brewing. Go to williamsbrewing.com. You can order online. Great brewing company. They've been with us for a long time, so support them. All right. We didn't even do this last week, but uh, we do have feedback this week. Oh, my God. You've got mail. Kick ass. All right. A quick question came through from Chris in South Central PA. He says, would uh, something that's nickel-plated be okay to come in contact with finished beer? Said, I don't want to do it if there's going to be a metallic off flavor that would result. Anybody know anything about that? Can you use nickel plated stuff? What the hell would be nickel plated that you'd Call want? Paul Palmer. Yeah, Palmer's the metallurgist guy. 45. I can put that on Bruce Strong for you if we don't get an answer here, but nobody has any experience with that. Stainless steel. Just I could just speculate. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, what would be nickel plated that he would want to put finished beer in anyway? Have, a, have you heard of anything? Pretty much just a handgun. That's about it. <laughs> Nickel-plated <laughs> handgun. must have got some container that, I don't know, it'll take pressure or something. Uh, I, I don't know. My gut tells me no, but what the hell do I know? I'll put it on Bruce Strong for you, see yeah, if Palmer right. knows the real answer. I'm, uh, all about, I'm all about stainless. Yeah, for everything, everything right? Yep. Everything. Way to go. My kitchen. <laughs> everything. I want my bathroom. 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 <laughs> I want everything stainless. <laughs> Underwear. It can't be. Trash cans are nickel-plated. Toothbrush. Yep. That's a good example Trash. of why not to use it. Maybe he's going to ferment in a, in a can. I wonder if it's one of those ones with the uh, slow retractable lid, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's dual, so it has the trash and the recycle. <laughs> I would love to see that. At course, least post primary pictures. Primary and secondary. Of course, they're plastic <laughs> yeah. inserts, so. Yes. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, I'm already getting feedback. I haven't even begun to, to say what we're doing, and we really haven't done it yet, but about tightening up the show. I guess I've mentioned in the last, you know, the last show of of '09 and the well, first you? show of this year that you know we're going to be doing some work to tighten up some of the segments and the format mm-hmm. of the show. I'm already getting feedback about don't, don't touch it, don't do anything to our show. Don't mess with it, huh? Okay, I'll come don't. become, I'll become uh, more unprepared that. than ever. <laughs> yes, how about that? please stay. Keep keep coming and doing nothing, everybody. Yes, that's you know, right. it's, uh, it's how people like it. Right. 
So, no, we are making changes. It's going to be a good show in 2010. You'll probably hardly notice any of them. Yeah, we'll, we'll feel them here. Yeah. and uh, We're just going to tighten things up a little bit. That's all. I like being tighter. <laughs> yes, everybody does. Especially at your age, Doc. You know, tightening up at tighter. Yeah, it's, you know, it's <laughs> impressive to people then. <laughs> Uh, all right, Ben writes in, Hey, I've heard some commercials on some of the Jamil shows that I wanted to share with friends. Do you guys keep them available separately? Um, like the Northern Brewer 10th Level Beer Nerd ads. So, no, I don't make those available for download. I guess I could, but I just have to get permission from everybody. Essentially, we make the spots for our sponsors, and then they belong to them. So a lot of times what you can do is email our sponsors, and you can start that email by thanking them for supporting the Brewing Network, and then asking them if they have any copies of their ads, because I do give them all copies, and they can put them on their own websites. Uh, Probably get them that way. All right. uh, Kyle from Nashville, Tennessee, wrote me a big, long email. I think he was drunk. Either that or he's just one hell of a storyteller. But essentially, he was listening to me on the Sunday session. Um, I was hawking my outdated anniversary wares and spewing discounts that would make a used auto dealer proud. Um, He was slightly intoxicated. And finally, after the chat room decided that it is okay to buy a T-shirt for a festival you didn't go to, he went and bought one of our BNA4 shirts and a BNA4 glass. I I disagree with that. (laughs) Fuck you, Vinny. That's kind of like going... That's like, you know... I was there. You're wearing an ACDC shirt and you didn't go to the show. Yeah, I have a Rolling Stone shirt that says, like, 1969 tour. Yeah, I got a Woodstock shirt. Got it at Target. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, somebody was going to buy you a shirt from there and take it home to you and give you as a gift. Were you not going to wear it? Yeah, you know. But but a festival, though? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there's a second. Something about a festival. Yeah. 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 If it's not... If it's not my merchandise sitting on a shelf, I tend to agree with Vinny. (laughs) But I will say that uh, you can wear it on Brew Day. What the hell? You know, you can make up an awesome story. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, just lie. That's what we do. You know, it works. So he bought the shirt and the glass, and apparently his uh, his neighbor saw some dude running away from some homeless guy running away from his porch. The neighbor went over to see what was happening, and there was an open box on the porch. the The postman had delivered a box and. Laying next to the box was a BNA4 shirt and a BNA4 glass. Apparently, the homeless guy didn't even want our shit. He came over there. He opens the box, you know, probably hoping it's a, you know, digital camera or something from Amazon. Who knows? And he found our stuff, and he just left it there. Wow. He wouldn't even. The homeless guy didn't want it. I know. I I feel bad. I always always struggle with this. Should I give my outdated brewery shirts to, you know, yeah. the homeless shelter. <laughs> you know, and then I there's... That's a good idea. I, I do, actually. Oh, you do? Yeah, so I haven't run into anyone with an old, you know, ratty <laughs> Russian River shirt, but... Well, why don't you just go hand them out at AA meetings yeah. next time, Vinny? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess even the homeless guy doesn't want our shit, so... Wow. Oh, well. What are you gonna do? Can't win them all. Uh, hey, Justin and the Brewcasters, I'd like to thank uh, the BN uh, for all the information and entertainment you've provided over the past four years or so. With your help, I've come a long way. This year, I pulled off a first, second, and two-thirds at NHC Old West Regionals and placing fifth overall uh, fifth overall brewer in the Lone Star Circuit, which I guess is a Sweet. whole thing where they count a bunch of festivals together and then they have standings for who did best. Let's see, two second places at the Blue Bonnet Brew-Off with Jamil's Oatmeal Stout and a coffee-infused version. Uh, a third place at the Lumar Rendezvous Houston with Jamil's Dortmunder Export Recipe. Two first places at the Alamo City Cerveza Fest in San Antonio with Jamil's We Heavy and Belgian Wit Recipes. 
first place and second place with two yeast variations on a hot modified version of Jamil's Belgian pale ale recipe. Apparently, he bought Brewing Classic Styles. Who's this Jamil guy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, two first places in California Common and Oatmeal Stout. And several awards, including a best of show with Jay-Z's double IPA at the Austin Zealot. So a whole bunch of stuff. He says, I couldn't have done it without you. And, of course, Brewing Classic Styles and uh, the Jamil Show. So that's thanks from Chris in Austin. Good job with all those medals. That's, yeah, that's a, hell of, a lot of medals. Wow. That's one hell of a year. And the last thing is uh, about you, Shet. Uh, oh, this oh. was this is one of the uh, the emails Go I, easy. Didn't, I didn't get this to last week. Go easy, stalker. Eric says I finally got over to Captain Lawrence Brewery this afternoon in New York, and uh, they do free tastings every Friday night. We pulled onto the street and saw cars parked everywhere. We parked behind a van with Connecticut plates and BN and a BN Army sticker in the window. We had to wait to get in the door uh, because the brewer Scott, who's also the owner, was wheeling a keg out. But as soon as we got in, I saw a hop grenade hoodie, and it was your boy Chad. It was great to meet Chad and his dad, who introduced himself only as Chad's dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, which he does everywhere. He never says, hi, I'm Bob. He says, hi, I'm Chad's dad. He loves listeners, man. Yeah. He does. He said, we got to try some excellent brews and talk about New England breweries, hear some stories about the rock star treatment that Chad and his dad get everywhere they go. And uh, apparently it's not just college girls that are excited to see the big guy come to town. How about that? That's right. Did you only it was a great time. They, they were really cool. Did you only get laid in New Mexico? <laughs> that was it. On your whole trip? Well, no, but... You got laid back home. Yeah. Atta boy. But that was expected. Yeah, that's expected. <laughs> you, you <laughs> the got, sure thing. You got some old girlfriend tale? Always. <laughs> you gotta love going home for the holidays. He tweets that he's coming One to town. One every time. Yeah. He knows. Hey, but Captain Lawrence is really a cool place. If you get the opportunity to make it to upstate Change New York, subject, or just huh? outside the city, right. yeah. uh, check it out. I want to go. It's awesome. I love his beer. Yeah. Scott's a good dude, too. It was cool. Eric says, I never did get any of Tasty's beer or cookies that Shat's dad claimed to have out in the van. <laughs> but he says, I'm not falling for that old cookies in the van routine again. Yeah. <laughs> what else did he get in the wow. van? What, you have a suitcase of Tasty's uh, special cookies no, with you? No, not really. No. A handful. <laughs> Just a little bit. And, actually... your, and your dad's uh, doling them out to people? I guess. I don't know. Did you give your dad any? No. He didn't eat any? No. I would love to see that. What if you got Shat's dad all wrecked, Tasty? I, don't care. I offered. He, he just signed yeah, my goal said, uh, to get everybody no, Ch- Chad's dad's giving him out to the college girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Just so did uh, you had the, the you had Vinny's beer there, right? The uh, Janice Brown. We did. Yeah. Yep. yep. You brought that out with you. Yep. Oh, cool. I actually tried it with uh, Scott. Oh, nice. Well. Yeah. Okay. Scott and his father. Was it any good? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was great. <laughs> Still good. Yeah. What did you think of bottle I gave you last week, Vinny? The, uh, how, did you get to taste it? I didn't drink it. Uh, it's remarkably uh, yeah. hoppy. I think uh, I think the guys drank it. Oh, it got... <laughs> the guys. Probably did. Uh, it was SOBs. Uh, it's, <laughs> and there is no more. <laughs> it's okay. Huh. Two of your beers, Vinny. Uh, hang on. Uh, feedback is brought to you by Downtown Joe's today. You can go to downtownjoes.com. It's a great brewery in Napa. And if for nothing else, go to hang out with Colin, because he loves meeting listeners and home brewers and... Half the time, I'll let you brew with them right then and there. So stop by Downtown Joe's and say hello to Colin. You get a discount on your beers. And if you have a BN tattoo, like Bevo does, you get dollar beers forever. All you have to do is show up with BN ink. Not the fake stuff. Real ink. Which is a good uh, couple dozen of you out there now. Just for the record, that shit hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Not anymore, right? No, not anymore, but it hurt for a long, long time. Has Sam had any uh, experiences where he's looking down at said tattoo and thinks about me? You're done. Okay. Just, <laughs> no, we're talking. Okay. Just, just asking. Oh, can I also just say that we have a listener named Boo Boo Kitty Fuck who just wants to tell you he loves you, and I promised him that I would tell him that 
tell you that on air. To Vinny, yes. Okay. He loves you, Vinny. Like in a gay way? or <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Probably. Like in a come and hang out with me tonight kind of way. Uh, thank well, you. I had another guy in the chat room already saying, um, Vinny, that you helped uh, his club, the Sonoma Bureaucrats, with a barrel-aged Belgian project. Oh, yeah. Said you gave him house bugs, stored our barrels in your brewery, gave tech help, and he really wants me to pass on his thanks, says you were great. And that's from Cameron. That's so. that's what I can do for the local club. Yeah, that's very cool. You've always been helpful to the homebrew community. In fact, that's where I, I you know, we, well, we met you the first time on the show, but every time I saw you after that, it's always at homebrew events. So you do a lot of that. All right. So before we go to break, so that we don't forget it, I want to, you poured us this redemption first, right? But this, is this yeah, a special just, batch? Yeah, we drank it all. I, I was oh, saving mine so just, damn good. I just, just to ask you I just about finished it, it just smelling it. Uh, it's really beautiful. Yeah, that was a batch one redemption, so that was, it's probably about five years old, well, and it's the only time we've ever finished it with Brett. And, it's uh, just so delicate. Yeah, it's so super nice. soft and yeah. finesse, and yeah. but it's just got that that kiss of uh, Brett mm-hmm. in it, and uh, it's it's probably still my favorite hmm. beer we've made. Out Is of that the, right? You know, in a long time, I absolutely love this specific batch of uh, of redemption. And How does the Brett stay subtle like that and not take off? <clears throat> Uh, well, if you if you do it right, although did you see me open it? It started foaming. I did see that. Yeah, it was. A, yeah, it's a little panic yeah, on your face. The glass, quick. Oh, wait, but it there's a camera. Take, it's, it's, yeah. Oh yeah, you can't uh, can't hide from yeah. that. Um, no, it it it's gonna keep going in time. Oh, okay, and uh, but if you bottle it with a gravity, you know, at at a low enough level, yeah, it's gonna ferment to a certain point, and then the the fermentation that does continue is going to be at such a snail's pace okay. that, yes, in five years it foamed, yeah. but um, but probably three years ago it probably wasn't foaming. Right. But just the Brett in it is so delicate. It's and beautiful. It's so ageable. That's that's my new thing is to start working on beers that are just finished with Brett. Oh, is that right? I absolutely love. You know, Orval style. Yeah, true. Anyone that knows me knows yeah. how much I love Orval. So when did the so Brett go into this? Just in the bottle. Just in the when bottle? bottle it. Yeah, that was... You, you could go on our website and see exactly when it was bottled. I didn't look, but it was probably five years ago. But it, you... Because you know, our pub is six years old in May okay. or April or whenever it is in <laughs> spring, and we bottled it six or 12 months into the pub opening. Oh, wow. So it's 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 quite old. We only have a few bottles left of it. Uh, and one less now. Private, yes. Yeah. I didn't realize stash. that you started right away with these complex beers. I thought you, you I mean, I knew you had the hoppy beers. And in yeah. fact, Blind Pig kind of came with you to the location. Is that right? Yeah. But yeah. I didn't realize you started right away yeah, with these we were, projects. We were actually uh, making Damnation out at Corbell. Okay. We were making Temptation, our first barrel-aged beer, okay. out at uh, Corbell. When we made Redemption for the first time, it was draft, probably the first few times. And then when we bottled it the first time, I said, you know what? We should do something really special. Let's just hit it with Brett. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know. I don't even know how much we added. Right. I just took a carboy and probably dumped it into the, uh, you know, a, a Brett starter. Okay. It was definitely Bruxellana, so that's all I know. Okay. And um, we don't have any notes on it. I don't know what the pitch rate, like how much. <laughs> we could probably never duplicate this. Right. Because, so... And just smell it. I love just smelling the the breath that's in, is. in the batch one redemption. It's uh, great. And uh, so and, this can and only in my, and in my little weird geekiness, the the label you can see there's a black line that runs the frame of the mm-hmm. label, and 
then I switched it to white. So oh. that's, I mean, it says batch one, but I, I, I did something. Write. I just did a really subtle change on that first label. After that, it, the, the border on the label became white. Got it. To, you know, so that's how you can different. tell right away if yeah, you've got batch even, one. Without even looking at the, nice. at the batch number on it. So this yeah. only exists in people's cellars right now yeah. and maybe on somebody's eBay right now yeah. is a batch yeah. one. They probably didn't even know at the time right. how good it was going to turn out. So. <laughs> right. But, uh, but, but those, those, that, those that know me know how much I love Orval and yeah. that style of beer. and um, It's a very difficult type of beer to do right. because of the Brett potentially getting out of control and okay. you know, having grenades, bottle grenades. Yeah, that's the so. difficult. I've had those myself, yeah. and I didn't even use wild yeast. Yeah. <laughs> not but, Brett's, but Brett's not a wild yeast. Oh, is that right? It's just what? A, a, it's a bacteria? A yeast. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a yeast. It's okay. just not wild. It's not wild. Winemakers will tell you it's wild. Right. But, but it's not. It's, it's a very a, controlled yeast, you're saying. It, you it's, it, it. Ol- it only gets out of control if you let it. Okay. Semi-domesticated little animal. I see. <laughs> you know, it's like, I think, it was, I think it was Michael Jackson that said that Britannomyces is like a cat and Saccharomyces is like a dog. Okay. You can train your dog just like Saccharomyces. You know when it's, you know, it's predictable yeah. for the most part. And then on the other hand, Britannomyces is like a cat. Uh-huh. And, you know, if, if you... Ask you if you ask your cat to come, you know he or she will run the other way. And right. when you pick your cat up, you know just when you think it's your cat's going to love you, it scratches you and right. you know goes crazy on you. That's a perfect comparison. And it's a great analogy, and uh, something Michael Jackson wrote or said once that I picked up, and uh, and I use it all the time because it's so true. Yeah. I mean, Brett, just when you think you get to know it, it it does something. It goes it the other way. You. Yeah. You can't trust so, it. You right. now. So. Well, we've got. I have lots of Orval esque and Brett questions for you for later in the show. So we're going to be getting that today. Uh, we're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk about the new brewery and what's been happening over there. Oh, do I have to take that phone call right now? Oh, uh, no, gee. I was already. I was only a listener. Right. Hey, and by the way, uh, November thirtieth of '05, it was bottled according to your website. Look at that! It's on the website. Pretty yep, cool. That's right. That it's Donnie, right. the guy who won the competitions on the line. Donnie, what's oh, happening, that's brother? That's why you have to take it now. Yeah. Hey, man, how's it going? Hey, congratulations. Good job today. Where's Donnie going? Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks thanks for the BN, man. That beer was all BN through and through. What was the beer? Well, <laughs> actually, all my be- all my beers are pretty BN, but I don't exactly know which one won. I entered a few different beers in oh. that competition. Does oh, Chad so- know? So you, I, the you know, I yet? don't know. I could find out probably. So what was was Drew just on the judging and and just this hasn't even been released oh, so yet? We're, oh, we're breaking no. it if, here if, first. Uh, Drew's not breaking listening. News. There's some other people down there. Mouth those fuckers. So Donnie, did you even know about this till you heard it here? That, yeah, I was listening live and I heard it. Oh, oh. That, that judging was just today. And, man, uh, that's quick. They didn't have any you results posted or anything yet. <laughs> we're plugged so. in, man. Well, congratulations. Is yeah. this your first uh, best of show? Yeah, it's only my second comp that I've entered. Nice. So, that a boy. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I entered their Mayfair last year, put two beers in, one medaled, and then this year, for this comp, I put three beers in, and <laughs> one of them went best of show. I don't know which one. What were the three beers? I did uh, a sweet potato scotch ale. That wasn't um, that <laughs> Well, it's like, a, it's like an extreme beer and. Uh, competition anyway. It's like you have to use different ingredients for it. And then oh, uh, I did uh, like a double imperial red ale with rye and then uh, a Russian imperial stout that I brewed last year. Nice. Oh, a nice so, aged one. That could be your winner right there. Yeah, probably. 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure toss. which one yep. won. But. And how long have you been brewing? Uh, about two and a half years. You brew a lot, or is this like, uh, do you brew uh, like... Uh, well, you know, if, if on a good month, maybe twice a month. Okay. Well, good job, so, man. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's been all, you know, Jay-Z and Palmer, you know. I mean, I've been building my water ever since that water ganza you guys had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, things kind of seem to turn around because my water's pretty shitty where I live. Where and, you at? Uh, where do you uh, live? Ventura area. Okay. Yeah, like north of Los Angeles. Yeah, got that and shitty And the water, it's all water. like weird well water from the agricultural fields, so it's all full of <laughs> sulfate. <and> Cancer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad, but... Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty stoked. I kind of freaked out when I heard it. Uh, <laughs> when I heard Chad at that announcement, so I Whoa. thought I'd call in. It's the first time I've even called. So, Sweet. congrats, man. Well, yeah. I'm glad you heard it here, and I'm glad that anybody listens to Chad when he talks. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's the first right acknowledgement. We're not listening. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. All right, thanks, bro. <laughs> right on, man. Good job. I Congratulations. All the help from you guys. No problem. Glad okay. we could do it. Way to rock. Whoa. All right. All right. There That's you go. Show. That's Donnie from Ventura. I like that he heard it first here. Yeah. Whoa. Breaking news. Good job, Drew. Thanks for the heads up. All right. Now we're going to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what's new at Russian River Brewery. We'll find out if it's distributed in your town. I see those questions coming in. Don't worry. I'll ask Vinny if uh, if you're on the distribution list. Also, you can go to justin.tv slash brewing network and look at Vinny's pretty face while he's talking to you. Got the whole webcam thing going. So hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire her up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. The new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The The More Beer beer Deal deal of the day. Day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the More Beer Deal of the Day at morebeer.com. Celebrity Voices Impersonated. There's an app on the iPhone for just about everything, including beer. Apps for finding a pint of beer. Apps that look like you're drinking a pint of beer. And now, there's an app for brewing a pint of beer. Introducing BrewPal the most all-inclusive beer brewing app for professionals and hobbyists that fits in your pocket and goes wherever you do. Recipe formulation that can be imported and exported with a customizable database. Mash and sparge calculations, yeast pitching rates, carbonation tables, and more. Available right now for less coin than a pound of grain. See BrewPal in action at brewpal.info and download it for your iPhone at a special introductory price right now. BrewPal, 
all the brewing software you need right in your pocket. What's going on, man? Oh, my God. It was the best time. We hit, like, more than 30 breweries and uh, totally the best of the best, you know. Russian River, uh, Firestone, the, the brewery dudes, uh, 21st Amendment, Lagunitas, friggin' Triple Rock, uh, the Double Daddy guy, Speakeasy, Linden, and uh, Firehouse, Gordon B's, Drake's, dude, on and on. Ale Industries, Moonlight, it was totally awesome. And and it was the uh, and it was the first annual. You know, I got to be at the birth, the inception. You only get one first time, baby. What's that? Oh, it was the uh, it was the Brewing Network's first annual Winter Brews Festival. Live music, great food. Ah, oh, man, it was uh, Saturday, January thirtieth. You really should have gone. Check out thebrewingnetwork.com on tap to see what you missed, or did you? The first annual Brewing Network Winter Brews Festival is coming up January thirtieth. Don't miss it. BN Army members, are you looking for a discount on hops? Keep listening. Nico's Homebrew Supply at nicobrew.com has hops by the ounce and by the pound. Choose from varieties like Amarillo, Centennial, East Kent Goldings, Hollertower, Simcoe, Summit, Tomahawk, Warrior, Willamette, and more. And adding new varieties all the time, many for less than 20 bucks a pound. Whether a couple ounces at a time or an 11-pound bag, all hops are shipped vacuum-sealed and frozen straight to you. Nico's Homebrew Supply offers store-wide $5 flat-rate chip and won't waste your money on unnecessary overhead or advertising. They're going bare bones and passing the savings on to you. The staff at Nico's Homebrew Supply loves to brew and is committed to keeping homebrewing affordable and accessible to anyone who wants to join in this great hobby. And for a limited time, use coupon code BNARMY at checkout for a Brewing Network discount. Visit NicoBrew.com. That's N-I-K-O Brew.com for your hops and more. NicoBrew.com, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. This Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. And now, back to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters. On the Brewing Network. Welcome back to the program. Vinny's hanging out with us. Vinny. Hola. You want to pronounce your name for one last time for the entire beer world to hear? Shalurzo. See? No one can get it right. Yeah, but if you've been drinking, Shalurzo works. (laughs) That's what you get mostly, right? Shalurzo. Yeah. Shalurzo. Yeah. It's kind of like Pliny or Pliny. Depends how much you've been drinking. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) You don't care anymore, do you? Because everyone just says it a different way. probably haven't cared since sixth grade. (laughs) No. (laughs) Tomato, tomato. I forgot that we have uh, theme music for you, Vinny. Oh. Only one other guy in the room has theme music. I'll play his next, but... Uh... All across the oh, you have this song. It's <laughs> uh, funny you have this. Only a short clip. I need the whole thing. Oh, you don't... I actually have it in my car. Oh, you do? Yeah, it's been in, it's been in my car because I, I feel weird when I listen to this. Yeah. But I like the other six songs on the CD. Ass. <laughs> What's it, what, it's called Vinny's Beer, right? Yeah, by Huge Large. Okay. Which they're actually, uh, just coincidentally, they're playing this Saturday at the uh, at the pub Saturday coming up. Oh, is that right? Yeah, with, a, um, with a, another band called Freudian Slip. 
and they're a Pink Floyd cover band. Oh, that's <laughs> and awesome. They're, they're, they're actually really cool. We, we, Huge Large is really the only band we let play at the pub that's a cover band. Uh, okay. Um, but the stuff that Huge Large does is... Like you wouldn't, most of it you wouldn't know. You'd maybe know a Ramon song, yeah, yeah. possibly a you know Iggy and the Stooges type <laughs> okay. stuff. But most of it's like weird, obscure, obscure, yeah. you know, like garage type uh, rock. Okay, uh, you know, Virgin on punk. Got it. And um, they're they're really cool. But they wrote and, a uh, song about your beer. Yeah, they have two. They have they've only done two original songs, and the second <laughs> one was this one they did because we make them a beer called Huge Large. Sound check pills. It's okay. a Czech Pilsner. We release it once a year at one of their shows, and uh, and you release that at your birthday party. So and, uh, I, yeah, the song I was there. I, so was. I yeah. saw them play, and they released that song. Yeah, so we we released the, the beer, and they gave me a song, ah. and uh, and then they're uh, they, they they do they've done three CDs and all their like six song CDs. Okay. Um, they're like two minute songs, two and a half minute songs. Oh, Their whole thing like is good garage rock should be. It is absolutely, and they they just for two guys they make such a great sound. Yeah, and Matt the drummer is the winemaker at Preston Winery. Wow. Okay, so they never play from August until like October November because he's always in Harvest and Crash Press and that sort of thing. And then uh, Bob the lead singer who's like. He's ninety pounds soaking wet. I don't even think he's <laughs> so. He's not huge, large. No, no, he's not. But man, yeah, the noise that comes out of his, the sound that comes out of his guitar is huge. Is large. Just is huge, large, and it's, and it's capital H U G E, and then large, all lowercase, and it's all one word, huge, large. Oh, got so, it, got it. So for those of you that have ever emailed me and I say something like, "Oh, the flavor was huge, large," I always use nice. I, I try to use the word "huge, large" as as much as possible. Well, here two four, <laughs> we will play it when you enter the room on yeah. on, on uh, subsequent shows when yeah. you come back. They, it's almost uh, as good as this theme song. Tasty's into hip hop. Yeah, so. Wow. so me the hip hop. Yeah, for sure. You know, I have a I have Huge another song that. that someone wrote for me. Uh, my buddy Dennis uh, and a former roommate of ours who's who's since passed away. But uh, Dennis and Steve wrote a song called the Vinny song. It's about being born in 1970. Okay, and it's and it's all the things that I missed. You know, like I didn't know McDonald's served less than a million. I never had a crush on the bionic woman. Uh, I never wore a string of puka shells. I never thank God for the Sex Pistols. Right. Um, and it's like I guess he's lucky he missed disco. John Travolta and the Village People. Yeah. Time slips away. And back then I was twenty years old, so they gave it to me as my gift for my twentieth birthday. Got and it. And then every year they would have to change the lyrics because at one point it says like he'll be old enough to drink in the bars next year, and then it was this year, and then it was last year every year went by and then, then after a while it was like he's he's been old enough in the drink in the in the bars four years or right however so, so every once in a while like so there's that, that band was called cla carnivorous lunar activity nice. they were a san diego band so that was their song originally and then uh steve poltz who we were talking about before the show his band the rug burns yeah uh, we play that all the time yeah, steve's played it before and then there's a, a band from san diego cool rock band that's no longer called the dragons okay with mario escovedo mario's uh related to sheila e you know back from the prince days and <laughs> nice. his his brother is alejandro escovedo okay uh, who's a kind of a adult contemporary 
cool singer, but uh, Mario's band, The Dragons, done the Vinny song too. Not not well, the huge larger one, the other one. I say it's for, kind of weird to have a song. It is with you. or two. I mean, I yeah. say forget all this beer success. You know, you've made it if you've had songs made after you. You know, yeah. two of them even. Well, so. that that huge large one. There's a line where Bob goes. Uh, even aliens like drinking. It's <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty uh. funny, uh, and it's just the, the premise is good that we're so lucky to be drinking Vinny's beer, uh, and and this will be a topic of today's show too. In fact, in this segment, uh, because it's not available everywhere, and you must just get hounded on yeah, a daily we do. basis. We do, and I still reply to every email at info at russianriverbrewing dot com. I call bullshit on and, that. Vinny. Uh, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Chad, does he reply to every email you send? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I do. Okay. No good. one no one else gets that info. He does actually address. eventually. Yeah, yeah. He does. I do. I answer He's all of them. Good. Yeah, yes. I'm I it's something I'll try never to give up. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm a big believer that, you know, it's we, important. we wouldn't be where we're at without, you know, a great consumer base. Right. And a part of that is being in contact with them and sure. plus Natalie didn't want to, you know, Answer the emails. What's the lobby bond on the crystal? Yeah, the elder, and you know what's the bittering units and blah 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 blah. Yeah, the interns are for maybe the the, the interns are for cleaning kegs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sweeping the floor. Cool. I get to be an intern at Russian River. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. If you want to intern at Russian River, our brewers love it because they don't have to. Interns usually run for six weeks. Okay. If you yeah, go to the uh, BN Army blog, the not very often updated BN Army blog, you actually will find a video interview with your last invert, uh, intern. With Stooley? Yeah. Stoolager. Stooley. From when, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we went there for uh, Tasty's Brew Day, yep. and we toured the new facility, and I got, uh, while you yeah. were off doing something else, I was like, hey, Stooley, I need the dirt, man. Yeah. Tell me how. Tell me what it's like <laughs> working for Vinny. Stooley, Stooley was uh, one of the two best interns we ever had. Ah. The first, the other intern, he now works for us. Okay. So he, he interned for us. He was the first intern we ever had, Mike Guilford. And then he left and got a job at Kona. And then I stole him back from Kona. Okay. And now he and his uh, family live back in Santa Rosa. And he's uh, one of our brewers. Yeah. But but Stooley was awesome. He well, was, he was loyal. I, I wanted to find out if you were a dick to work for, but uh, he had nothing but good things to say. Good. Thank you, Stooley. <laughs> Stooley could be listening to us in Iceland right now. We don't even know it. That's true. Uh, do they have the internet there now? Yes, they do. But <laughs> beer, o- beer only became legal there like 20 years ago. Is that right? Yeah, there's only oh. three breweries in Iceland, and there's only like 300,000 people that live in Iceland. We learned a lot about Iceland, uh, <laughs> and we will go. Natalie and I are going to go. Oh, cool. His, his Stooley's family... Um, is a their fishing family and um they smoke a lot of um you know fish, fish and whatnot there um you thought i was gonna say something i, I, I was saving you it's what but i was they, doing I was saving you. one yeah. of the things they do is they smoke their fish over sheep dung or sheep shit really and he's gonna make a um mm. a, a smoke he's gonna smoke malt like a o- peat, over but, sheep uh, dung, yeah. over sheep shit. <laughs> wow! And and he said he would he'd send us some bottles because I want to taste a beer that's, sure. that's got the malt smoked on sheep shit. <laughs> on shit, so. be a big yeah, hit. Me, and he's also I guess. he's also talking about making his own Isinglass, you know, the from the fish oh, yeah. Yeah. from yeah. the in, innards of fish. Yeah. And uh, I set up a uh, a little get together with him and uh, Ian Ward, who's the president of Brewer Supply Group. Yeah. Well, when Ian came to America, he was he was selling uh, kettle finings and. 
and fish bladder, you know, Isinglass. So Natalie, Natalie calls him Isinglass Ian, and it's, it's stuck. <laughs> yeah. you know, and I called him, I called him fish bladder Ian. But uh, Ian's gone on to bigger and better things. Lives in Napa, yeah. Still, so he's, he lives in our area. Uh, and he's a great resource for the. He is the great. He's been beer. on the show, and and he, he was a plethora a smart, of info. Yes, he is, and uh, so I he and he and Stooley had been emailing. Okay, and uh, but I got them together. They're going to be new uh, fish gut conglomerates. Yeah. <laughs> be great, the corner of the market. Yeah, yeah. so they're going to. The he's going to make his own Isinglass. And I saw Ian later. He's like, I can't believe that guy wants to make his own Isinglass. <laughs> yeah, like, of all the of all the dreams one could have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dirty jobs. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right, well, what's happening over at Russian River? Because like no. I said in the beginning, we haven't spoken to you since yeah, the new brewery. It's been a while. Um, we are now two in May. Um, we'll be two years away, or two years into the new brewery. Since it opened its since doors? Since it opened, or? yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, May May 1st. Uh, Didn't realize. Is, uh, it was a two-year anniversary. Okay. And uh, you want some more of the dead leaf, or do you want some rejection? I think we'll finish, let's finish off the uh, the dead, dead leaf. leaf. Yeah, that's what good. is this Because we need to. Uh, no, let's need, move on to the next. We one. need to take <laughs> the growlers. I need to take the growlers home. I'm leaving you all the yeah. other bottles of beer mm. except the growlers. We have ten of them. I think it's fine. Good. Can <laughs> yeah. I actually take them? Because <laughs> we have a, we have a growler shortage right now. Do you now. really? Yeah. Yeah. Take them? yeah. yeah. We'll, need some more? We'll yeah. loan them out to you. Yeah. You just you just have to return them home. I'll return them full of younger. Don't we have like six of them or something? Take them all. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we're drinking dead leaf green right now, which is one of our brew pub only beers and it's, nice. it's, uh, and it's like an ESB five and a half percent alcohol kind of ESB English pale ale type of beer it's a beer that uh, I was telling Chad at the break goes all the way back to Blind Pig okay and it was it was one of the recipes that carried over to Russian River all right and uh, one of the proudest things for me on this beer is uh, the, the late great George Fix loved yep. this beer from us really he was and a fan it was huh? like the biggest compliment I ever got <laughs> that is from, cool you know in the early days of you know of a beer and he was just like an idol to me it's and, really uh, well balanced it's it not is. too much of anything yeah it's just yeah it's a little bit floral and, yeah. and it's all it's all it's bittered with magnum and then it's uh kent goldings in the mid-boil and then just a pile of styrian yeah you can really get that and a little bit of kent's in the finish and then it's dry hopped with uh, probably like a three to one ratio or four to one ratio of of uh, styrians to kent on the dry hop hmm. and just like a five or six day dry hop though not a really long uh dry hop and uh it but yeah, we, we don't distribute it anywhere it's, it's virtually a brew pub only beer maybe a you know a one-off kegel slide out to an account in the bay area in the east bay or san okay. francisco but um <laughs> but it's it's sort of a part of our pale ale series that we just rotate through the parking violation that we you know make <laughs> when, whenever you get a parking ticket that's a american pale ale and this is more of an English style, and then we do a, a beer called Happy Hops. That's uh, it doesn't really have an identity yet. Where I think every time I make it, it's something different. But isn't um, that one of your new favorites? Was it the Happy Hops that I heard you say that you really like that one, or was it another? It was a lighter beer, but yeah, it's it had probably, a, probably the Happy Hops. Okay, and uh, see, this is the beauty of the brew pub, and that that us. Uh, sorry for most of our listeners, but that locals here know about you that. The rest of the country doesn't. Yeah, that you have these wonderful yeah. mild pale ales that are very well balanced. They're session. And- they're session beers. This, the Happy Hops. Uh, we we're we've got a tank full of Happy Hops fermenting right now. I just re I revamped the entire recipe. I was we do a, another pale ale called Hop to It. That's a hundred percent of a hop. And last year we did a couple batches of it with just Sterling hops. All right, and uh, Sterling's uh, uh, it's. 
it's not really well known. It's a um, kind of a Czech uh, sauce, sauce yeah. with a tiny bit of cascade kind of mm-hmm. bred into it. So you get a little bit of floralness. And um, I had done the 100% sterling years ago at Corbell, but um, did it again. And it was it was just fantastic. Okay. So we're we're now kind of revamping the hop the happy hops recipe with um, the sterling hops and some crystal hops, mm-hmm. and then another hop that is usually pushed to the side by I think both homebrewers and craft brewers is Willamette. Yeah. And and it uses a pretty good amount of Willamette in the finish, and and the Willamette's got this great like for me it's it's a like a twenty twenty five percent Willamette. And then to whatever hop, it has this this way of accentuating other hop flavors, particularly floral, citrusy hops like Crystal and okay. Cascade. And I, I don't know what it is. It's something that, that we've done for years going back to Blind Pig. Right. See, that's Excuse an interesting me. thing to think about. We, we, you know, we uh, a lot of beers, uh, especially with, with homebrewers, use several different hops that maybe blend well together, right? But one that actually accentuates yeah. another hop that and that's, pushes that's it up. what Willamette, Willamette yeah. does. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, that's what I would tell people when they'd ask me about like the Pliny, you know, that Pliny clone going for a while there. Yeah, had some success, and uh, I'd, say, I'd say, well, I think what's happening with all these hops, it's just like one is building a base for the other. For the others, I don't know which is what, but there's like a base there, and then the other is just adding on that. Got it. I don't know something. Yeah. And there's and there's an unknown there. That's almost the that's the beautiful thing of layering hop flavors, as Mike was saying, is that you, it's it's not taught, right? It's, it's it's all experiment, and that's why we for years made this beer when our brewery was out at Corbell for the six years we were out there. We did hop to it. It was the same malt bill. It's a great thing for home brewers to do and homebrew clubs as well, especially if you do a group brew and then you split it into multiple carboys or fermenters. Yeah, and each of you, you know, could even mess with yeast too if you wanted. But mm-hmm. but really, the idea is to do an entire brew and keep the yeast the same too. But I certainly you could do some adjust some sure. fun there. But but for us, we made hop to it. It was the same malt bill, and then the only thing that changed in the ABV was the alcohol was the same. The bittering units was virtually the same. So the only thing we ever adjusted was the hop variety. And then the first hop edition quantity only to hit a certain bittering unit level. Yeah. So, so a, like when we did it with crystal hops or santium, which are both really low, um, be, you know, alpha acids, you had to use a, a crap ton more of hops for the bittering edition. Not really efficient, right? You know, because you could easily just go with something like Magnum or Chinook. To but it, but it also unit. goes to show that bittering hop will affect flavor in the beer just like chinook oh, will sure. will leave a lasting impression yeah. on the beer so so we did this with every hop variety we started with some like throwback really? you know varieties like bullion and brewer's gold and just some crazy old school hops that there's probably li- people listening going what <laughs> yeah. you know boo what yeah <laughs> just super old english hops and okay. but brewer's gold was the one for me that it, I don't even know if they still grow. I think they do because I know um, uh, John Harris at Full Sail Brewery loves Brewer's Gold. But okay. if you look at the heritage of some of the greatest hop varieties out there, Brewer's Gold is a part of the breeding program to a Cascade. Is that and, right? And Brewer's Gold is kind of a – I think it's – if I'm remembering correctly, it's got some relation to Fuggles. 
possibly. So it's an English hop, whatever it is. Yeah. And yet this hop helped develop some of the hops that we love now. Cascade is a perfect example. Why do they fall out of favor, do you think? Is it Usually just it's, we... it's disease resistance. Got it. Everything is, to the hop grower, is disease resistance first. If it, if it can't resist disease, it's gone. Okay. And so it wasn't a brewer's choice. It was no, a grower's choice. No, but, yeah. you know, it'd be it'd be cool for the hop growers to have, like, you know, heritage hops or, yeah. you know, antique, like there's antique roses. It'd mm-hmm. be cool for them to bring back, like, you know, there's one called Eroica that Tony McGee, the owner of Lagunitas, really mm. loved. Yeah, I've and never they, they heard used of that. a ton of Eroica. Yeah, as I remember did, it. As did Anderson Valley. Really? And it got pulled, and those breweries had to change their recipes, and they couldn't, they had nothing. You know, <laughs> so, now Lagunitas, for example, is probably big enough. They could say, plant yeah. 10 acres for us, and we'll commit to buying it. Yeah. But if it's not disease-resistant, they won't do it. Sure. So that anyway, so we did this beer hop to it, and... That's how I learned about all the different hops, and that was back in Corbell, and then we moved to, you know, open the brew pub, and now we've got the production brewery. So we don't brew hop to it as much, but, you know, it certainly has shaped some of the beers we're doing. Yeah. And, uh... Well, so there you go, brewers. You know, we get these questions all the time where everyone wants a simple answer. Yeah. What do I do? What yeah. do I use? And, uh... It really is. You had to go through all that experimenting yeah. to, uh, yeah. figure out how it worked. There was one, there was one time where we, uh did a it was all simcoe and then the next batch was all warrior and if you know warrior it's super clean mm-hmm. you know not a lot of uh characteristics or personality that pops out one way or the other they don't care it doesn't care over to the flavor side yeah and and one one account took the simcoe and then a month later they took the hop to it warrior and and they said uh <laughs> you know we don't mean to be rude and there's nothing wrong with the beer but it's not selling after the Simcoe. Oh, oh, yeah. it, it was too bland <laughs> yeah. compared to the all Simcoe, which had just tons of personality. And, yeah. and, we, and this was back when Simcoe wasn't even Simcoe. It was just a number. I, I was getting hops from Yakima Chief wow. um, as research hops. Like I see. YCR004 was um, what is now Palisade. Um, Simcoe was YCR00. They were just numbers. Yeah. And then eventually they get a name given to them. What's your hop situation now? Is all of this uh, hop business behind us, where you can't get what you need? Yeah, it's all they're all available now. Everything's There's no there. hop shortage. Got it. They shouldn't even. They planted, I think, five, to six, seven, eight thousand acres last year. They should have not even planted oh. those hops because now there's there's too much. Oh, is there's, that right? There's breweries out there with contracts, <laughs> you know, at huge dollar amounts. Yeah, and the spot market's lower. Oh, no. And so, so now a brewer has to decide if they're going to renege on their contract, yeah, or if they're going to just suck it up and, and wow, and, you know. So nobody came. None of these contracts came back, and they said, "Hey, listen, we made you sign up for a big contract. We were wrong. We're going to go ahead and work with you." No, no, you're, no, you're locked in. It, they call it the perfect storm. <laughs> yeah, don't even get Natalie started on it. Is that right? Oh. <laughs> yeah, told you to bring her. God damn yeah. it! <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You have to bleep every word. <laughs> Great. And this is internet radio. <laughs> <laughs> we still have to bleep it. Wow. She is passionate yeah. about we'd it. We bleep that whoever she's talking to would be bleeping. Yeah, it, it would be who she's talking about. Yes. yes, yes so yes. you're yeah. in one of these big contracts, I assume, where you're paying are. more than you sh- than you yeah. would be on the spot market. We are. I see. Yeah, but we're we're going to honor them. You know. Do you feel like that's that that honoring a contract like that is a way to help you in the future if if there is another problem or are you just being a good dude? Uh, we're just being good because I, I know some breweries that aren't gonna. They're just honor gonna them say and, screw it. Yeah, right. But, um, 
Interesting. Now you don't think Bad. that it was, uh, or, or maybe, or do you? Was it a lie? I mean, was it a, a, a big <laughs> hoax? A hoax? Or I've I've met some hop growers that have told me. I've met two hop growers in particular who have said I never saw the money. I see. So huh. um, you mean when the prices went triple, quadruple, they that getting, they weren't getting paid yeah, for that? Yeah, that when they price. went from you know six dollars a pound to. Yeah. Sixteen, eighteen, twenty dollars a pound. Yeah. I've had two hop growers tell me they never saw wow. any money. Because wow. the, the joke amongst the brewers was, uh, yeah, all the hop growers are sitting at the Starbucks in Yakima picking out their new jet ski and their speedboat. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. right? The, uh, their their new Lexus or you know, BMW and uh, girlfriend's new. Yeah, and the next, well, yeah, exactly. and the next year looked even better. Yeah, and you know, we did a lot of looking into it and a lot of interviews about it. Uh, you know, we had Ralph on talking about it from Hop Union and. I, I was so caught up in the moment, so caught up in all of it that I predicted, and especially because I thought it was strange how cheap how, how cheap hops were to begin with. I predicted the price would never go down again. That yeah. this would now be the new like gasoline. It yep. would now be the new standard of, yeah. of hop prices. But are they are they back down to where they're, they were? They're not where they were. Okay, and they probably never should be. Yeah, those, those was were cheap. those were too low for hop growers to survive. Yeah, so there's a middle ground there, somewhere between what we were paying. You know, which was two years ago, it was five bucks a pound, right? And then we were all paying twenty bucks a pound. In uh, and in truth, the some of the hop purveyors had such long contracts with uh, regional craft breweries, up to large, you know, industrial brewers. Yeah. yeah. And in some ways, the craft brewers are uh, making up for those contracts. I, I it's, see. It's the it's the truth. It's it, the truth hurts. But you know, I know of some. I know of some regional breweries. Region. I'm size of brewery. You say regional to mm. national. Okay. Like national being industrial breweries. You know mm. that are that had still have contracts for like two and a half, three bucks a pound. I see. And the small guys making up for it, which what? is which is sad. That is it's real sad. sad. I mean, there are small of guys who too. has yeah. uh, of of who has the money to make up for that. That's and, ridiculous. And, you know, someone in the hop industry may say that I'm wrong. Okay. But I I have. I know I'm. You know, yeah. I know I'm right. I've had brewers tell me what they're paying yeah. some larger breweries, and and it's like, so you're paying, you know, three bucks a pound, and I'm paying twenty bucks a pound for right, you know, something that should be probably ten to twelve to make everyone I see happy. So, so we should be looking for some early retirement from some uh, <laughs> from some. Well, that's ironic because Ralph's retiring right now. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> Is he really? Oh, oh yeah, he made his nut. I think he was just in town. He wanted to come. He just back. was. He just he just visited our brewery. <laughs> you I'm gonna get in trouble. You didn't yeah. punch him, did you? No. I love uh, Ralph. No, I'm just kidding. What would Natalie say right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Wow. But what do you you know? Did he pull up to the brewery in a Jaguar? <laughs> yeah. Checked my new car. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah. Big <laughs> Did he Learjet down? Yeah, exactly. Flew into the Santa Rosa Airport, into yeah. the, as we call it, the Snoopy Airport. So. How long will you be paying these high prices? Uh, actually, our our last year, last year's contract was the peak. Okay, and then this year is a little lower. Okay, and then after that, next year it drops pretty significantly. Okay, um, a part of our contract we did get relief on, as as some of the listeners know, we use hop extract. Yeah, uh, we got big relief on from Ralph. On our hop extract, okay, um, but we couldn't get relief on anything else. I see. So, and there's there's some deals going on where the hop purveyors are uh, taking your two years left on your contract. Let's say you have two years left, and then they're adding another year to it. So they're taking the new the 
I say the third year, yeah. creating a third year of your contract, and those would be at current pricing, and then they're taking you know two years remaining, and then they're taking mm-hmm. figuring out what the total a dollar blend, amount blended, is. Yeah. They're blending it, and then they're averaging it out right. so that it averages the price per pound down okay. to something more reasonable. Um, Natalie and I are approaching it in a different way. We're just going to pay the high price. We're just going to get it. And yeah. Take get the low it off price our books. Yeah. I just want to get it off. We just want to get it off our books this year. So and, uh, what about the consumer side of it? Because as we were following both the, the malt and yeah. the hops and the goddamn glass shortage, which, by the way, yeah. I call bullshit on the glass. How do we not have enough sand? To, uh, anyway, uh, as you know, as the, all these things, the, these things happen at once. Uh, the consumer price of craft beer went up, yeah, pretty much instantaneously too. Yeah. It really uh, is. Will will our price reflect <laughs> this this new reduction? Or I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so <laughs> I either. Happening? Yeah, either. I don't see that happen. I mean, I realize there are yeah. other costs yeah. to incur, but some of it For we inst- were told was directly related to these price increases. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, our, our prices went up because yeah. of our malt. Yeah. And our hops just going through. I mean, our our hops, you know, tripled to quadrupled. Our malts went up significantly. It has come down this year. Um, but for instance, in California, our CRV went up thirty cents a case. Okay. But that's not that's a that's not consumer. That's not what you pay. You know, which is it's five cents for a twenty two ounce or smaller. Yeah, and ten cents for something bigger than that. I think I I may have the size wrong but you pay but, too. but we pay a manufacturer's fee wow. or tax it's already been set and that went up 30 cents a case that's that's every brewery in california that that produces beer yeah that pays that and and so we so we ate that because we we just natalie and i decided that our malt went down yeah our hops went down slightly you know, okay. We have raises to give that sort of thing, but we just decide. We just thought, for one, our prices are already pretty high. I mean, we're we're a highly priced yeah. beer because of our yields, the low yields we get. Our cost of goods are pretty significant. Um, yeah, we just felt that in this economy, that we shouldn't raise our prices. So we last year, two thousand and nine, we took our brew pub pint prices up. Uh, a quarter, so they're still they're four fifty a pint, which is it's still good in very, California. Yeah, very great mm-hmm. price. Our pizza prices, we ate anything that went up there last year, and this year we're doing the same. Okay, we won't we won't raise our prices at our pub, and but our business model is always to make the beer very reasonable at the pub. Yeah, and you can come in and you know Sundays are happy hour all day, and right. you know there's we have some we have some great deals, and yeah, we're gonna you know, move pint. the Sunday show one day so we can just go enjoy that. Mm. <laughs> You know, Pine of Pliny, you know, is is four fifty every day of the week, and Happy Hour I think's three fifty or whatever. I'm not even sure. Yeah, but um, that's a good deal. You know, so it, let's talk about Pliny a little bit too. Let's yeah. get on the on the positive side of things. Also, the new brewery, as I understand, and and this is what I want to know: what's being brewed there, and and what's being brewed at the brew pub. I as I understand, you know, part of the the impetus for the new brewery was everyone in the world wants Pliny, right? So you have to find a way to put this in bottles for the first time ever, make enough of it to, to move around, and none of this you could do at the brew pub. Look at that. There's a magnet magnetized. <laughs> We've, we're really moving cool. up. In the, you get a new brewery, we got a new bottle awesome. opener, Vinny, <laughs> since you've been gone. It's funny, opening a, it's funny opening a bottle with a headset on because you can't hear the hiss. Yeah, that's true. It's like, oh, my God, it's not carbonated. At least they're not gushing. Yeah, like the first one. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I guess we'll skip rejection and go to. Uh, we can come back. Go to uh, Pliny. Plenty so of room to come back to. We're drinking. What's the date today? 
17. 14. That's just three-day-old Pliny. Is that right? Okay. Just bottled it on the 14th. From the big brewery, of course. From the big brewery, yeah. So at the uh, at the production brewery, you're exactly right. We built we built our production brewery pretty much to make Pliny. Uh, we make we have 400 barrel fermenters there. We we wow. bought we bought dogfish heads, old fifty barrel brew house, and let me tell you, that was a piece of shit. <laughs> Is that Thanks, right? I I feel like I feel like Sam bent me over. He's probably still <laughs> laughing about that. Yeah, he wow. is. He strapped is. it on for you. Yep, exactly. It needed some work, huh? Uh, it still needs work. Really? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and you know what the fu- the funniest thing about uh, that the the system was? I went out there several times, and like two of the three trips, Sam was never even at the brewery. I see. So he's just out, you know, being Sam around, you yeah. know, doing this and that, and uh, got Gene but, but the, to do. The, uh, the the when I actually bought the equipment from him, went out and um, they took me into the conference room, and it was I was on one side. I felt like um, <laughs> what's what's the show. Um, with a Trump, oh yeah, um, no, the the I felt like it was the end of each show of The Apprentice, where I was on one side of the table, on the other side was Sam. Really? I think it was uh, Nick, the CFO. <laughs> yeah, and then um, I can't yeah, remember the the third guy, their production manager, is no remember. longer there. That's called the smart side of the desk <laughs> and the dumb side of the desk. That's so, creepy so, in beer, man. So Exhibit One was uh, like the the list of equipment or whatever it was, it was a pretty standard okay you know i mean we didn't neither of us got lawyers involved right, we're, right. we're such good friends but exhibit a was the list of equipment okay exhibit b was the actual like sales document that uh, wouldn't officially get handed over it was like the deed of trust you wouldn't get handed over until the money was in their bank and then Sam threw an exhibit C, and he was all giddy, like sitting there, and he had this little smile. <laughs> I could tell something was up, and I rolled her exhibit C, and all it said was, I was wrong, and Randall was right. <laughs> and you had to and sign, I had to sign it. it. You had yeah. to sign that. And he's like, sign it, bitch, or I won't sell you the equipment. <laughs> So, that's great. So I'm still waiting to like someday I'm going to open yes. a celebrator. Yeah. And there's going to be this giant right full, there. Page, full yeah. page ad from Dogfish Head. That, but because if, because the, if, if you know the back of our Pliny the Elder shirts say no right. Randall required. Well, if the system and, has turned out to be a piece of shit, this might be a breach of contract. Yeah. You might be able to ask to uh, tear that little yeah. piece yeah, of paper right. up. My yeah, the exactly. problem is it does make pretty good beer. So, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, as I can tell. I, uh, I, I just like giving Sam shit. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's, that's good hot aroma for a bottle of beer. So, well, yeah, it's so, four days old, right? So, so we um, we we, we bought Dogfish Head's old fifty barrel brew house. They they moved up to a hundred barrel uh, brew house. So they've uh, I think they're going to brew like eighty or ninety thousand barrels. That's incredible. This year. Yeah, it really is. And um, you know, all their beers are big, and yeah. um, they've they've got a beautiful facility. And um, so they gave us a screaming deal on this 50 barrel system yeah. and, and quite um, all joking aside, honestly, we, we couldn't have done the production brewery without mm-hmm. the uh, good guy, Italian, you yeah. know, American Italian deal that you get stick together. Yeah, yeah. Sam's the East coast, uh, American Italian brewer. I'm the West coast. Uh, <laughs> Got guy. It. So, uh, you know, Calagione and Chilerzo. Yeah. Um, how so many barrels will you, uh, produce? This we, year? uh, in, in last year, 2009, um, we made between both breweries, I think about nine thousand okay. uh, barrels. Three thousand of that comes out of the pub, 
and then uh, just just about six thousand or a little over six thousand comes out of the production brewery. I think we were a little more than nine thousand barrels, but we didn't hit ten thousand. Okay, uh, yet. So you're not. Total. You must not be at capacity. At we the are new. at capacity. How um, is it only? You're only producing double of what you. It. I mean, we built our production brewery not to just produce. Just produce. Yeah. Okay. We, we have the. We have a business model, not of a small brewery. Um, but of a boutique winery. Okay. We really do have, uh, and our distributors, they, they're probably nice to me and be like, oh, yeah, you know, it's they're probably cursing me. Because <laughs> they the just can't get enough. Because they yeah. still can't get enough. Yeah. But um, but our business model is is that to just not grow and grow and grow. You know, I, I was in Oregon um, about two months ago, or a month ago, I did a presentation at a Master Brewers event up in Bend. And I, I came back into Portland because I had an early flight the next day. And a buddy of mine in Portland took me to this bar uh, called Sarah Vesa. And the gal that owns its name is Sarah. So it's okay. kind of a play on Sarah and Cerveza. Yeah. And, and so they didn't have our beer on tap that, that day, but she did have bottles. And I was drinking like two-week-old Pliny in Oregon. Wow. So we that's our whole business model is that we ship once a month to each of our distributors. And so the beer is always fresh in whatever market we sell in. So we, we distribute in Oregon. Washington, mostly that's Portland and Seattle. Okay, uh, Colorado into Denver. Uh, in California, we distribute in the Sacramento area, the South Bay. Obviously, the Bay Area yeah. is our biggest market. We do our own distribution here, and then in Southern California, Stone is our distributor. Okay, and Stone does a, a rocking job for us down in in Southern California. I've heard good and, things about them yeah, as a distributor. They're, they're an amazing distributor because because yeah. they they're a brewery first, and they run their distributorship from the mindset of a brewer, mm. not from a distributor. So, like, their new warehouse is going to have, I think it's a 20,000-square-foot cold box. Wow. Their wow. current cold box is 7,000 square feet, which is as big as our, I mean, you guys have all been to our brew pub and, yeah. and brewery at the pub. That building, our building, it's that's a standalone building at 4th Street, is 7,100 square feet. So okay. their, their current cold box is that size that grew it. So they just, they just took on, I don't know how many millions of dollars they spent to, to do a, this new warehouse that's separate. And uh, so then the current, I guess, cold box will go away. They'll probably put more fermenters in. But it's their yeah. commitment to, you know, to, to not just their own beer, but to the beers they just they distribute. Sure. They deliver cold. So all their trucks are refrigerated. Mm. Just, I mean, we do the same thing, That's too. That's a godsend. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're be- but again, they approach, Stone approaches distribution from a, from the brewer's that's, eyes, that's not a distributor's good. eyes. And, it's uh, a good model for other distributors it, it is, to follow. It is. Yeah, it's got to be why you're with them. And uh, I absolutely love, love them for mm. that. And they hire good people. And then we ship a little bit of beer back to Philly. Okay. And that and people always go, why do you send? If you go to our website, there isn't a, a link under brews that's account list. Okay. And you can look and see what accounts. We actually do have a list of accounts, like actual you know, bottle shops. And oh, good. RussianRiverBrewing.com, folks. So, Check it out there. And uh, But Philly, we don't ship bottles. Uh, Just no, keg. Well, no hoppy beers. So Pliny and Pig don't go because we can't control them. Yeah. You know, we were, they're too far away from us. Uh, we, we, we make trips to Oregon, Washington, Southern California. We know what's going on there. But Philly's just too far. So we send draft uh, pig and Pliny, and then we send bottles of the Belgians and the sour barrel-aged beers. And people but, can kind of no beat bottles. the crap out of those for a while, and they'll still pour good. Is that right? I mean, they're pretty they, resilient. Yeah, they're, they're more resilient yeah. than the hoppy beers, which um, for us, the biggest change in our what I think's made our our hoppy beers in the bottle, the pig and the plane, have always been good. Yeah. With the from the inception of the production brewery. But it it was we started out with a filler that got us to where we needed to go. We bought a used uh, German twelve head filler 
that we've since sold to another small brewery. And then we bought a brand new uh, filler, an Italian filler called a Guy, G-A-I. <clears throat> and that's been the biggest difference in our hoppy beers is that really? it's, it's, it's more gentle on the beer. There's less oxidation on the beer. Okay. Um, we figured out the centrifuge. We were joking about <laughs> it earlier. Yeah. When you say it's more gentle on the beer, does that literally mean how fast it pours it into it's, a bottle? You know, or? it's funny. We're running faster now. Yeah. So, I mean, we used to run 40 cases an hour, and now we're at 100. Okay. And it seems slower now, you know, because it's more, it's a, it's a less frantic okay. more deliberate, pace. Yeah. And, uh, but. But it's just it's it's the way that the machine is built. It's the fact that it the way that it evacuates the bottle. Um, you know, the the rinser component is uh, the bottles come through, they get rinsed with sterile water. Uh, that's that's not so much to clean the bottle. It's more to get any case dust or yeah. whatever out. Chipper and, glass and the and the beer. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks the beer, for that. Yeah. The beer also flows better in a wet bottle. Because okay. It, because it's not dry and there's not oh, these these yeah. protein nucleuses. Just it's just like when you pour a uh, a glass or a, some champagne or sparkling wine into mm-hmm. a, a a champagne glass. There's etches and there's imperfections in the glass, and that's what makes it foam. Right. If you if you have a totally clean glass, champagne a new won't, new clean glass. Uh, yeah. yeah, that like doesn't have any. Like, champagne glasses are made with imperfections. Or if you look at the bottom of a Duval or Chimay, and New Belgium's doing it now, they've got the little you know, fancy crest and etching in. Well, that, that makes it to nucleation exactly. I have damnation glasses so, that have. Yeah, the we started out that, doing that with just yeah. like xing it, and I still would love to do that someday. Yeah, but um, so so the rinser rinses the bottle first. Um, from there, they suggest that you purge the. Uh, water out, blow it out with oxygen. Well, we connect CO2. Yeah. And then I, I took it and instantly, you know, there's these little, um, there's these little chips that, uh, these little buttons on the road, on the rotary rinser hit that'll tell it to, you know, water, CO2 or whatever. Okay. So, you know, the, and so the distance of this little chip as the button's going by, it hits it. And and when the button's engaged, it says, you know, if it's water, it's going to spray water for the entire amount of time that it's running by this chip. Okay. So I took the, the, the water one, which was really long, and moved it to the CO2, and then took the CO, the shorter, smaller CO2 one and moved it to the water. Yeah. So we're getting less um, water rinse, which is fine, because we don't need that much rinse. And more and then, CO2. And more CO2. Flush. And then after that CO2, there's another co2 rinse so we're doing dual co2 rinses that's or great. co2 purges before it even hits the filler and then once it hits the filler it has a vacuum so the vacuum actually sucks what should be just air we're basically vacuuming co2 yeah, out of the bottle right. and then it hits it with co2 again and pressurizes it that gets removed and then it gets hit again wow and then it's filled and then the beard replaces the CO2 at that Your point. Your bottling machine is a and beer then, Nazi. Yeah, it is. It's all about CO2. We, we use so much. Even the How guys, can you breathe around there? Even the guys at Prospero think we're crazy yeah. for the amount of CO2 that we use. Yeah. But there's just no way you can use too much sure. CO2 in bottling. And not and, in a hoppy beer. Yeah, especially in a hoppy beer. And then it comes off. And, and you know, all fillers have these things. It's just a matter of of utilizing them. Yeah, and, maximizing and, you know, and doing it. the little things like more CO2 in the bottle. Um, the jetter, which is a, a most bottlers have a, a little jetter that will jet a small stream of water as the bottle just before it hits the crowner, and that makes it foam up. Oh, and so you have to you have to, and then just as it, it's the foam of the beer is coming out 
of the bottle. It hits the crowner and puts right. the crown on the bottle. So those are the last two things that we focus on. The the operator or the filler is either myself or, or Mike Guilford, you know, my quote unquote lead brewer. Okay. And and so that whoever's running the machine is always watching the the jetter and to make sure that it's it's uh, the, that it's foaming capping properly, on foam. that it's capping on foam, because mm. it's easy to just let it skirt by yeah. and not do anything. And then, but but you actually want it to foam. You want to lose a little bit of beer, and you want to see that jet. I mean, for the for the bottles here, it'll be this much foam when it comes off the wow. line. It looks like a damn near like a low fill. Yeah. yeah. And we're actually packing the boxes when the foam's they only here. Like wow. We have to know, we know when they get to you the trust station, now. Yeah. we know exactly. We have we have a sample bottle that's got a mark on it. But but those things, and then also the crowner is, you know, you wouldn't think it, but if if your crowner isn't crowning tight enough, isn't crimping tight enough, and we have this little device that measures you know, like the inches yeah. of, of how whether you can slide it down and get it over the um, the crown. If if the crown isn't crimped enough, there's oxygen getting in okay. to the bottle. And Sierra Nevada did like seven years of research on this, really, and that's why they switched from a screw top to a pry off, and and now they have these special you know barrier uh, caps, mm-hmm. and we yeah. use, we use a similar cap that, that they do. That's an oxygen barrier cap and they have the scavenger ones that absorb oxygen so, mm-hmm. so all those all those little things bottle the bottling line is is probably is it's way more important than any other piece of equipment yeah in the brewery and and you know we preach freshness and with our new brewery that's everything plining pig is fresh 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 mm-hmm. and so you know that's so why if you we, can't uh, back that up uh, then yeah. yeah so we we dropped a you know quarter million dollars on a on a new filler last year okay just mm-hmm. to, you know that was only a year after we opened <laughs> yeah so now, now, do you send it off to a lab for measurement to see if the... Uh, we have our own. And yeah. Okay, Nick, you yeah, be able to compare the all before, the yeah. new bottling line, the yeah, new bottling line? One. Yeah. Good. Yeah, we, we spent $12,000 on a dissolved oxygen meter mm. that um, measures, you can measure... Well, your vacation tank. money, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, can measure in, you can measure in the tank and in the bottle. Right. You can measure the actual wow. dissolved oxygen in the beer, and nice. then we have another lab device that measures just the headspace air that's the number the amount of air so those all those little things have made the hoppy beers just so much i I think better tasting they give them a better shelf life yeah and uh and those are all things that you know trying to relate relate it to what homebrewers can do just gassing co2ing the shit out of your anything yeah i mean we we gas obviously tanks most most small brewers that i've I know of they they purge their tanks once with CO two, and then they move beer into it. We we purge twice, hmm. uh, and then typically we're cleaning the tank the day before. So then we purge it up to fifteen psi, leave it overnight until we're going to use it the next day, and then we that gets gassed out. So typically, so really we're we're degassing our tanks three times. Wow, and we gas all the lines. I, I think even as a home brewer, you should be you know even your your tube if you're siphoning from. Hmm. You know, a carboy to a keg or another carboy or CO two your line. Too. I think you should even CO two your line. You should wow. CO two everything. Mm-hmm. Even and if you're if you're a home brewer that's not kegging yet, and I know kegging equipment's very expensive. Um, you know, I mean, 
you buy the keg and the CO2 tank and the regulator and the fridge. Yeah, I mean all That's that. Thirty stuff. kegs, corny, yeah, corny <laughs> yeah. kegs and you know, the fittings and yeah, you know, and if and if you decide to venture into funky beers and you need to buy a whole new set of, of parts so you don't cross contaminate and yeah, but but I think one one thing that every home brewer if they if they if they get serious about it they're not quite ready to do kegs. I think you should at least. Buy the CO2 tank hmm. and the regulator so that you can be gassing well, everything. Everything, yeah, yeah. Uh, carboys, everything. Carboy. I mean, we don't we don't gas our fermenters because the oxygen is the yeast. You, you need it at first, but but after that point, yeah. everything gets gets gassed, and you know our bottles. You know, as a home brewer, I used to even gas you know my bottles with a CO2 line, even when I was bottle conditioning, and even with our Belgian style beers, we still gas do that, all no. those bottles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now packaging couldn't have been your only issue with the new brewery. You now, the been... center the centrifuge was a huge. We were joking about it earlier. You know, getting out of balance. Luckily, that never happened. <laughs> I'm sitting here. Yeah. You know. Thank but you. Um, but no, we had some major oxygen uh, issues. We dumped uh, 200 barrels of beer. 100 barrels. That's four wow. batches of beer. Huh? That's 6,200 gallons. A beer wow. that we dumped, uh, 100 a Pliny, 100 a Pig, Ooh. and it was because of the centrifuge uh, had a um, the the centrifuge has a hermetic seal inside that supposed to you know not have any to pickup, and we were we were getting do readings off the uh, centrifuge, and granted we had this sort of B grade. Uh, do meter back then it's, it's, what we, is we what is that dissolved oxygen ah, yeah, got dissolved it. oxygen and but we still knew like even this do meter dissolved yeah. oxygen meter it, it's not the cadillac like we have now but it, it had to have been close it's measuring a high level yeah and it was like shit you know what do we do hmm. so so the, we ended up uh going back to alpha laval and in the end they they took care of us like you can't believe I and mean, we got cash back service contracts wow. parts i mean they they did finally we finally found um what was wrong with it but ironically it wasn't necessarily i mean yes they are the ones that physically found it but um i had uh had a visit brian grossman from sierra nevada is mm-hmm. a, a pretty good friend of ours and um this was back a you know year and a half ago year ago and uh he was down, and I was telling him some of our issues, and he goes, well, I'll, I'll ask my dad. And uh, so Ken ended up helping me a lot, um, just troubleshooting it. And he basically said it's either this or this. It's one of these two things. It has to be. Okay. And and that's and I, and I told the Alpha Laval people, I'm like, it's either this or this. And they you found know? it. Yeah, then. and they found it. Because even the Alpha Laval people once said to me, well, the guys at Sierra Nevada have forgotten more about centrifuges than <laughs> – than we'll, we then wow. I know specifically, and and you know Ken was like I remember twenty years ago when <laughs> I had a similar style and yeah and in the end it was it was one of the two things that he suggested and we and the interesting thing was that the Alpha Laval crew came out they had already been out once already and had taken the machine apart and they didn't catch it the first time and okay. then and then I said you guys have to come back again because it's still <laughs> not working so for a long time there we weren't. Uh, filtering the beers at the production brewery, we were doing them all gelatin finding, which is what we do at the pub, and that works okay at the pub because the batches are smaller. Yeah, but but the tank geometry just doesn't work for gelatin. Okay, at the production brewery, the way that our bright tanks are are built. So you had some cloudy beer, and coming so in. well, we we were just taking huge losses. 
I mean, we were, we were losing compared to like on a, a hundred barrel tank of Pliny, we'll net typically ninety four barrels okay. right now. Uh, so that's two batches off the brew house, but you know, one tank full with gelatin, we we're at like eighty eight to ninety barrels. Wow! So I mean, it was a huge amount of beer that we'd lose each batch, and we would we would take that cloudy beer off the bottom of the uh, bright tank and pump it into a fermenter. So it wasn't technically getting lost, okay. but at some point that ends. You yeah, know? of course. And um, and 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 we so we we got the centrifuge fixed, and um, but it was a huge huge headache and hassle. Yeah. And, and and then they would we would test the machine, and we would run like five barrels through the centrifuge, and it'd be like, nope, high do. And then we would we'd stop Toss the centrifuge, yeah, sure. and oh, then man. and then we would take the remaining batch and just gelatin it. Okay. And there was a whole extra step involved an extra tank cleaning and what so. about just brewing a beer like Pliny on a different system I mean here you have it all dialed in at the brew pub yeah. and even as homebrewers if we buy one new piece of equipment a new kettle a new mash tun things are different everything changes yeah uh, did the, did your batches come out different just to start with yeah they were they're pretty and I can still taste the difference <laughs> you can yeah. so can we Vinny yeah <laughs> I can't not on this batch I'll tell you no, that. this one here these guys are yeah. they this are taking me back away they're yeah. like Pliny connoisseurs yeah. the olden days <laughs> I gotta tell you they can taste the difference in every yeah. Pliny yeah. you put out in fact uh, pass that bottle over here will you Vinny I, yeah. I, I can't taste here. it though I, I didn't Where notice you mean the one right in front oh, of me in front of me it's really good yeah yeah no, it was. Um, uh, I I underestimated the uh, time and trouble that that would be. I, I had no idea how hard and difficult that would be to uh, scale a recipe up from basically our pub is a twenty barrel system to a fifty barrel batch size. And and if you look at the recipes now, it's not just um, you know. Let's say at the pub, there's you know. 10 pounds of Simcoe in the finish. It's not that we just times it by two and a half to get the... It's not, a, it's not linear like it's that. It's not linear, yeah. no. Yeah. And uh, the recipes look pretty different now. It's pretty interesting <laughs> to, to look at the recipes side by side and say, yeah. no, nah, they're not. And I still think the, uh, the production brewery is... Uh, the flavors aren't as rounded. They're a little more sharp. Okay. And we, we still haven't... I, I'd say they're 90% there you know if you said it's 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 like 90 percent of this you know, yeah yeah same so it's only like 10 so, percent off so you could go back but, to the pub and make a batch and find out right well that's that's the nice thing because you know say uh, uh who can we use stone yeah for example yeah, they can't look back. they you the only way you can look back is to drink an, a beer that's been aged right. right and i'm not saying that in a negative way no, no it's, it's, the, it's, situation. Just, it's, it's the reality it's yeah. the situation of it whereas when you when you have a brew pub like we had the brew pub kept going you know, and it and still does. We can still taste side by side what it should be, and and I still I still think that the brew pub is just a little softer, and and it's you know if you're looking at it on a graph, it's just more rounded. Yeah. at the pub where the production brewery is a little more hard, but but the production brewery is becoming more rounded as we just make minor minor tweaks and i'm i'm very conservative when it comes to tweaking a recipe we we rarely make changes and if if we do make a change we'll probably run two or three months with that and not just make a knee-jerk reaction and make another change because you're getting close there's that unknown of the hops (laughs) you know and the dry hops other variables there's so many variables that you know i mean you hear you hear people 
at big breweries, you know, from Sierra up, or, or even like regional breweries like, you know, Firestone Walker with Matt Brennelson, who's like a, you know, he's a hop chemist. I mean, he worked in a mm. in a hop lab at one point in his past, and you know, these guys still don't know the ins and outs of hops. Yeah, and and right. so it's tricky. You, yeah, you don't. I, I just I'm a firm believer in not making too many changes too quick. You know, make a change and ride with it for yeah. a while. I mean, it's 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 been it's been tasting good. It's just we've I think we've made it taste better. Okay, uh, you know, and then the bottling line has has certainly helped. And um, so I've got some listener Pliny questions, of course. Yep. Uh, you've always been uh, really forthcoming with the Pliny recipe, and it's out there quite a bit. Anyone can search yep. for it. Yep. Um, so somebody says. Um, they're brewing their Pliny clone. It was out of, he says, Brewing Classic Styles, um, Jamil's book, um, was based on an early version of Pliny the Elder. Plus, there's a version at, more, at Beer Beer and More Beer. Yep. You had done a it's kit a there. Um, yeah. How does the, how has then, the Pliny recipe changed and then from more, then to now? More recently in uh, Zymergy, the Brewers Association's homebrew, uh, I wrote an article on making double IPAs, and I sort of gave a pseudo-updated version I think the biggest, the, but the biggest difference to answer your question between what we do now and what the homebrew recipe is the uh, extract. Okay, is that I, I'm not sure if uh, if there's the there's hop oils available to homebrewers. Yeah, and we don't use any hop oils in the aroma. Every everything you smell is is from uh, pellets. We don't use any flowers either right now. Okay, but um, but the bitterness. The first and second hop edition, so the 90-minute edition and the 45-minute edition, are all extract. It's a generic extract. 100% extract yeah. on those. Yeah, okay. so the so Pliny is a 90-minute boil. We don't, they don't actually, the Pliny recipe doesn't see hop pellets until 30 minutes to go in the boil. Got and it. And there's a 30-minute edition, end of the boil edition, and then two dry hops. So when you say it's a generic, that you mean it's not like Magnum. You don't now, know what it, it used is. To, I used to get CTZ, which is Columbus yeah. Tomahawk Zeus, uh, and Warrior, and so I would I would actually manipulate the recipe so like the bittering edition was eighty percent like Warrior and twenty percent CTZ or whatever it was, and then the forty five minute edition was CTZ. Uh, now they don't they don't you have to be pretty big to get a actual varietal. Uh, well, you don't extract. want a variety. You just want bitterness. You just want yeah. bitterness. You want Say it tasted like no. Chinook. You wouldn't want that. You just want bitterness and, and I think this is a good point in that sometimes it kind of goes back to what I was saying about the Eroica hop mm-hmm. that uh, you know I knew Anderson Valley and Lagunitas both loved. Sometimes you, as a brewer, have no control over the ingredients. You're getting what what your you know what the market is offering, and that was a perfect example. Um, we we are the largest purchaser of of hop extract from hop union. Wow. And yeah, I mean, we bought like almost a hundred thousand dollars worth of hop extract last year. Okay. And what, what does it come in? I've just never seen they're it. They're little when tins. You guys... They look like uh, large, you know, soup cans. Okay. The like, can of beans. Yeah. Like if you took the, uh, the, what I think are like a double can of beans, the baked beans. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's just a small, it's, it's take that same, like, Actually, Silver. more more like the diameter of like I don't do they still have like high C cola in the big? Uh, oh, I know what you're oh, talking yeah, about. Yeah. Like that, it's that same diameter but just smaller, and um, and it's super concentrated. How would that equate to yeah. equivalent pellets? For yeah, instance. that's 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 how we haze the uh, interns. You say here, taste this. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's what I wanted to know. <laughs> and then they, uh, what is it? I mean, it they, must be unbearable. Oh my right? God, you you taste bitterness. 
for a Til week. Till the next day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, that's uh, funnier. It's funnier than shit, though. Do you give them a shot so, of it? <laughs> like no, you just, oh, you got to taste this. Have just you a, a finger. Yeah. And then they, they just, I mean, it's just a dab. And that'll do it. And that's it. Yeah. That's pretty funny, though. <laughs> that's that's like, crazy. It's crazy. The distillers yeah, it's like it's beer hazing. Yeah. So. The distillers do that uh, to the new guys when they're Oh, with the, yeah. Uh, just, yeah, the first running, yeah. and, and, and they just they uh, take, hit their bathroom. Yeah, you know, like, like <laughs> yeah. a day. So, Vinny, I got to ask you, how many pounds of uh, CTC uh, CTZ pellets are in that? Uh, I I think uh, about a pound. I'm going to just guess. Um, it's rough because it depends how many gram, you know, grams of alpha acid. But uh, about a pound of extract is about ten pounds of pellets. Wow. Wow. It's pretty significant. Mm. I, may so, be, I may be slightly high there. But I mean, it's, it's a lot, main, though. And, like and that. that's why we use ex- we use extract for a couple of reasons. One is because it, the yield is we gain so much wart. Some of the knockoff. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, because, yeah, it doesn't volume. suck up from all the vegetable absorb, matter. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you don't get the vegetable flavor either. That's exactly the second reason is that vegetal uh, character it's is pretty- gone. And when we started making Pliny... Uh, it was done out at Corbell, and it was uh, when uh, Vic at the Vic and Cynthia at the Bistro over in Hayward did their first uh, double IPA fest. Yeah, and he came to me and said, "Have you ever thought about making a double IPA again?" Because he knew about the one we did at Blind Pig, and I, I said, "Sure, well, that'd be a lot of fun." And Corbell would let me brew whatever yeah. I wanted, and and when we started doing it, it was all pellets, and and it was super vegetal. And yeah. and then the extract thing came along, and we started using it at the ninety minute edition. And then uh, I don't think it was until we got to we Natalie and I took the brewery over ourselves in Santa Rosa in two thousand and four that we made the f- the forty five minute hop edition um, extract as well. Okay, and then a, a more recent edition, which is in this batch, and we've made the change now. Both breweries is we are throwing a little bit of Amarillo ah. uh, in. We've Nice. Uh, every once in a while, I add something to the Pliny recipe. Just, just to, to fuck with it? No, just to give it a little, you know. I feel like he's brewing. Just keep it up. <laughs> every, every time you give it away, you change it. So Exactly. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So so from a home brewer's perspective, it's, the extract thing is very difficult. Because even on a, on a professional scale, we used to get cans, a 450-gram can, and you'd split it between... You know, two batches. Yeah. And luckily, both batches were going in the same fermenter. Mm. But you can't do that if the batches were going to separate I was, tanks. I was going to ask even you how you the, measure this. It's the tiniest the, amount. You measure by yeah. Half ounce makes a big difference. Yeah, you measure we, by volume. We, and we, we use all whole cans now. So let's say, oh. let's say for the first top edition in Pliny, uh, now we're trying to get, and I'm kind of talking out of my ass because we don't, we don't measure BUs or anything yeah. like that. Let's say, for instance. Yeah, for instance. Yeah. Let's say you're going for. 50 bittering units and the 450 that's 450 grams of alpha acid not okay. not extract so they come in 150 300 um. 450 gram tins <laughs> and you're firing them in there and and they're you know they're just huge amounts of bitterness but let's say the 450 tin and one 150 tin will only give you 40 of your 50 BUs mm. will make up those 10 BUs with pellets oh, okay. because a hundred, another 150 gram tin maybe would take us to 60 up. or too big, far big. over. So we, we the first hop edition is a combination of, I, I said there's no pellets, but that's not true. Okay. There's a tiny bit of pellets to just to dial it in. And some years we don't need those pellets and some years we do. Depends on the, depending on, yeah. the, on the year. I was just and, thinking with, with uh, that concentrated... But, 
a milliliter one way or the other is gonna, it's a lot for, it's a, it's for a, a home brewer it's gonna be, make a lot it could be a huge deal and it's it's like molasses too of course so you gotta, not, you gotta not, rinse out do you rinse out the yeah, cans absolutely yeah because yeah, oh, if you do. leave it behind it's it's a difference it's a ton of uh yeah. and it's a lot of money left behind too so as a home brewer you know even if you had let's say a, a vial the size of of a yeast pitch, you know, yeah, like you yeah. get from white or, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever, yeah. you'd have to figure out a way to rinse it and because you'd be leaving a lot, not only yeah, money like behind, but it, yeah, yeah. It, would, it, like would, honey. it would affect yeah. your recipe. Yeah, just like honey as well. Yeah, so, be, so here's a specific question about this difference from a home brewer, and I think it assumes that maybe he can get hop right. extract, all right? And he says, um, between the older Pliny, Pliny recipe, which he says had mash hops, and a Chinook 90-minute edition. Right. And the newer recipe, which uh, he states is rumored to have uh, less dry hops and use hop extract, like you're confirming there. And what would you recommend home brewers yeah, brew? No, no, there's no less dry hops. There is no less. Yeah. That's yeah, still If the anything, same. we've gone the other way. Because, like I said, when we just started adding Amarillo, yeah. we didn't lower anything else. <laughs> okay. We just topped Amarillo. Well, thanks for that, Vinny. Thanks yeah. for that, Vinny. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, if it, it seems Tribute like if us. we could get the IBUs out of pellets, which right. you have more difficulty doing on a larger batch, right. wouldn't, would, it, would it taste the same if we just used pellets or if we could get this extract? It's hard to say because of the vegetal flavor. That's, right. that, that, leave, that changes things dramatically. Got it. But at the same time... Well, a couple things here. You, I mean, I never intended for when we put the Pliny recipe out there for it to taste exactly like Pliny does. I just always figured it was a good foundation for a home brewer to start, you know, making a double IPA. Got it. I mean, I'm I'm sure Mike's a yeah, I guess clone. It, well, yeah. It's not. You can tweak it exact. and actually get well, yeah. Yeah. Have people it, that yeah. want it exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 I mean, and, and in Mike's case... He made it to what he wanted. Right. Something I, mean, I, I moved like, in my direction rather than your, your direction. That's the. I mean, it's. I'm stating the obvious, but that's the yeah. beauty of homebrewing. Is, yeah. Is you can make. Yeah, but not for everyone, man. Want, Some people so. are like, I want and Vinny's beer. And, that's, <laughs> you know, yeah. and if and if that's the case, you know, I, I'd say the general guidelines is, you know, dry, and and that's probably something that um, we've been better at at the production breweries. We've been able to dry. Mm. Uh, the Pliny and the Pig. Yeah, I've noticed more. that. We've all noticed that. Yeah. And so it's more it's more Russian River because yeah. that's that's my yeah. thing is dry yeah. beer. Yeah. Um, you know the use of uh, sugar uh, helps with that. You know dryness. Um, you know not a lot of crystal malt, uh, mm-hmm. which which really stomps on some of the uh, you know the hop character. Crystal malt and American hops. That's there. There's a crazy. You know, thing why why does crystal malt meld really nicely with English hops, just like on the dead leaf green? But you know, with American hops, it's just a train wreck. Yeah, you know, and I don't, you know, you don't know the answer. You just know well, it I does. Mean, it's, just it's, don't do it's it. It's that the uh, I mean, a part of it is the myrcene, you know, which is one of the components of uh, the American hops. You know, they're high in myrcene, okay, which is the floral, citrusy. You know, obviously those just they don't meld well with the. Uh, you know, with crystal malt. Okay. Whereas, you know, the oils in English type hops, Styrian, Fuggles, Golding do you know, do better. But but going back to the Pliny thing, yeah, I mean, crystal, crystal malt is is I think for any hoppy beer with American hops, it's a train wreck if you get too much crystal malt and too much American hops. Yeah. 
So, and and you you can taste that. Even I can taste that. I wouldn't know how to describe it to you as a brewer, but I know when I talk to brewers and they and and they tell me how much crystal is in their beer, I can almost always know that I don't really want to try it. <laughs> part part of it, a part of it too, is is as the beer ages, it's 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 almost it's sometimes not even so much when it's fresh. It's when the hops start to drop out. Yeah, it's the oxidized hop flavor yeah. of a really hoppy beer like Pliny or. You know, blind pig or something similar. Uh, it's those oxidized hop flavors with the crystal malt that I see that are even do, worse. That do the beer disjustice. Okay. And what about carapils? You use carapils in the recipes? We do, yeah. And, and I always get a question. A lot of I always get it from homebrewers. So why? And I don't know. There's there's no answer to this. But why do we use carapils in the recipe and sugar? Yeah. You know, and the original reason for that was at Corbell when we created the Pliny the Elder recipe. The the size of the brew house wasn't big enough, so we needed to get we needed to get a certain yield, and even then it was short of what a normal batch would be. So instead of uh, shorting the batch even smaller with the, you know less with the volume of wort that we took from the mash tun to the kettle to have a certain gravity, we added sugar. And that's 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 why Pliny has sugar in the recipe. Was at the mash tun, we can only get so much volume out of it and so much sugar out of it to a certain gravity, Got and it. it still wasn't quite enough. And so instead of giving up volume to have a more concentrated wort, sort of like making barley wine, you know, taking just more first runnings, we added sugar to the recipe, and in the end, the sugar dried the beer out pretty nicely. But the carapils was still there, giving the body and leaving a little bit of mouthfeel. Now, your decision Behind. to add that sugar, that was done pretty much in a vacuum? Uh, I mean, did anybody tell you you should add sugar? No. no so you did own. invent the double yeah. IPA at uh, that point? That's what they said. <laughs> well, I, we had, we they had they made said. double IPA out at, at Blind Pig yeah. in 1994. But Back then, it was... That it wasn't was, as good as what we're getting as double IPA. I think it's better now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But the Pliny's, the Pliny's way better now oh. than the yeah first than, than the first uh, double IPA I made out at uh at blind pig nice. and i we we did not use sugar at uh did it get like like barley wine like or was no it, it no? was it was blonde it was the same color oh. it was way more bitter hmm. though really yeah the inaugural ale and then the second anniversary ale that we did at at blind pig mm-hmm. were really probably about the same color and seven percent alcohol wow our regular ipa that was blind pig ipa was six percent back then at 6.1 now so that's still the same got it but um but that was such a a lower mm. gravity than what pliny is right. but if you if you took the sugar out of pliny it's probably seven percent alcohol beer i think yeah. we get a, we get about a percent of alcohol so it from is. sugar so well, the alcohol you know, sweetness comes through too to help balance yeah it, so and I, and I, but the idea behind it was sort of thinking of Belgian beers. Yeah. You know, like Belgian beers, they use sugar, it adds alcohol, and, but not there's no mouthfeel. But not a lot of body. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it ferments through. And that was mm-hmm. the exact idea behind it. It's what you needed. Yeah. And you've probably said it, but at what point do you add it to sugar? Or sugar it? goes in at the beginning of the boil so that we can then check the gravity and uh, now that now that we're using bulk malt, we have sil- we have a silo, and we get a filled about every three to four weeks. The malt isn't as consistent as oh. it was back when we were all bagged malt. So we often do adjust the second recipe of, of the double brew at both breweries to get the um, the gravity right on the first For, use of the, the new silo malt. So you're adjusting it in the fermenter. 
uh, no, in the kettle. In the kettle, you're just yeah, okay. yes, too. So let's say the the first one uh, comes up low, you can bump up the second one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of home brewers are adding sugars in the fermenter. Uh, yeah, particularly Belgian beers, yep. but there's a reason you couldn't do it on uh, on IPAs as well. Yeah, no. We, what do you think about that? Could be it. It would work. You know, for us, we're just going for consistency. And so adding it at the beginning of the then you boil. Can measure it for it sooner. Yeah, because we, we always we run 90-minute boil, and we'll take a gravity 30 minutes into the boil <laughs> before the first mid-boil hop edition. Right, I'm laughing at it because we brewed at the brewery. That's right, you did it all day. Said, see, well, yeah. they, call, like at five, they call it at 5 o'clock. I guess this clock he has there. It's my this. internal clock. All all boils start at 4.30 at, at Russian 4, 3, River. Yeah. I see. If, if right. a brewer can't do that, they can't work at Russian right, River. Right, so your 60-minute yeah. wow. gravity reading is your 5 o'clock reading. Yeah. I'm looking at it. It's like 2 in the afternoon. I'm going, what the hell is this 5 o'clock thing? You know why, you know why it's like that? Because at Blind Pig, I, would, I had a clock. And it would it start would the brew something. day at, at 12. Okay. Like uh, We would set the mash at 12. Right. And then by the time it got – and we had a really slow um, – had a small burner. So it took a while to get it to a boil. Once right. it got to a boil, it was fine. And it would be 4.30 on this brew clock. And <laughs> so it's see. always stuck. I always have 4.30 on mine. So I make, I make our brewers. No, yeah. It was Eric and I were brewing when we brewed the yeah. Janice Brown. He kept talking about the 5 o'clock and the 5 But the reason – but oh, it sorry. works because uh, – any brewer can, any of our guys can sure. walk in. Know what you're talking. About. And and if even if if you were to go on by regular time, and you know you write it down on the brew log, if you right. forget, right. But you know all you got to do is set the clock to four thirty. Right. That's when the boil starts. That's your major points. And you know if there's a shift switch, you know. Eric's leaving. Guys coming. They all speak in, the same language. They all speak. Exactly. Who took the five o'clock? So, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Um, I got to get us to break. Oh. Let me do that. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more hops and Belgian beers. I do have a couple more uh, questions in front of me. I'll try to get everybody's questions answered. But we've got two more great topics to talk about with Vinny tonight. So stick with us. 888-401-BEER or join Bevo in the chat. Also the video, justin.tv slash brewing network. We'll be right back with more from Vinny. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewing Network. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Tasty, 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 tasty
changed over the years. Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Crack, 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 open a cold 21A in San Francisco. Crack, 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 21A. Crack, crack, 21A. IPA in Kansas. Crack, 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 longer in San Francisco. Longer, pressure, 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 longer, pressure, longer, pressure, longer. San Francisco. Brewmaster in San Francisco. Right cans. Cans. Tasty package. Local neighborhood group of. Hi, 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 hi. Well, I'm Sean O'Sullivan. Tasty crack cans. Tasty crack cans. Tasty crack cans. Tasty crack cans. Brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. San Francisco. Do you support the Brewing Network? Do you brew your own? Are you looking for any economical, fun, and legal way to do both? Subscribe to Brew Your Own magazine and do just that. All year long, Brew Your Own will surprise you, entertain you, and educate you with articles on beer and brewing from authors like the Brewing Network's very own Jamel Zedeshev and John Palmer. Each issue is a full pint of brewing techniques, homebrew stories, tips and photos, projects to make yourself, and recipes for the avid home brewer. Get your tough questions answered by Mr. Wizard and polish your style accuracy with Jamel. A portion of every subscription goes to the Brewing Network, so subscribe today at byo.com slash brewing network, or just click the BYO logo on the Brewing Network homepage and support a fantastic hobby and your favorite broadcaster. Brew your own, the how-to homebrew beer magazine. Have you ever noticed the pathetic look on the face of the Brewcaster poster boy? That's the look of a child that survives on ramen noodles and homebrew. Subprime Meltdown doesn't even begin to describe what this kid has been through. He lives this grim existence for his army, the Brewing Network Army. Times are tough for everybody. It's like getting stuck in time two days before payday. Cash is tighter than a post-it IOU stuck in a stripper's sweaty G-string. The unicorn's horn is limp and the rainbow has lost its color. But you can help change all that. If you were to take that sparkling change in your pocket and plop it on the table for the BN instead of that extra pint at happy hour, then the world could be a brighter place. When you buy a round for the BN, you buy a round for yourself and your fellow soldiers. And that's what it's all about. That and being entered into the reoccurring donor monthly raffle. So step up and start your own economic stimulus package. For just a few bucks a month, you can stimulate the unicorn, the rainbow, and a brewcaster. Hit that donate button just like you'd hit on that crazy bitch at the bar right after last call. You'll be really happy about it in the morning. Fuel, what's your fuel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. <laughs> it's the Brewing Network. Listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Yeah! 
Welcome back to the program. Lots more to get to, uh, even though we're pretty deep into the show already. We've got some more topics to talk about. 888-401-BEER if you want to use the number to talk to Vinny yourself or just hit the chat now button on the homepage. The Beave is passing over the questions to me. And uh, Vinny, I'll have you know you're the only uh, only brewer on earth, save maybe Jean if he ever comes over uh, from Cantillon, that I will allow to eat in my studio. I thought you were going to say that brought food. <laughs> that actually, too, you're the, which may, might be the reason you're allowed to eat in here. <laughs> you brought the food. Your pizza. <laughs> you brought, is that Russian River pizza you brought? No, I went to Costco and got it. I of love course that. it's Russian River <laughs> He's pizza. Sweet. He's on the way here. God, Shit. where can I get pizza? <laughs> pizza places? Huh, well, I'm I, getting beer at those. I wonder who makes good pizza, so pizza to bring. We're, uh, we're going solar right now at our production brewery. Are you? We're putting on 600 solar panels on the roof. And the uh, construction, the uh, crew that's doing it, the company that's doing it, that pizza delivered there the other day. Oh. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Though. Yeah. <laughs> at least it wasn't at the pub. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Really? That's fun. <laughs> yeah. That would be even better. Yeah. What a kick in the nuts that is. All right. Some things we need to get to with you, and I've got a few more questions from the chat. I'll try to get to everybody's questions as I can. Some of them, uh, you know, if it's stuff that's been covered a lot and that you can find uh, out there on the interwebs, I may skip a couple of them, guys. So, um just because we only get Vinny every now and then, and I want to cover as much as we can of the new stuff. Um, I want to start talking about hops and Belgian beers with you, uh, because there's not a lot of information out there about it, and I think that even Belgian breweries are really starting to experiment with it now. We were talking a little, about it, a little bit about it before the show, yeah. you and I, Vinny, where like uh, La Chouf, La Chouf, I don't know how the hell you say it, yeah. it's spelt La Chouf. <laughs> Uh, like they have their hop goblin, yeah, um, beer, and they just really tried to make a hoppy. In fact, I even th- I think they used Amarillo and things like that. Yeah, it's Columbus and Amarillo, and, yeah. and it was brewed for the American, for the United States market. Yeah, it okay. Wasn't, it, oh, not for there, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure if it's available there now, but I know initially that beer in spe- yeah, specific was for them. Yeah, for us. Well, uh, so I want to get into that in a second, uh, but, but that's really what I want to talk about. This segment is is using okay. hops and yep. Belgian. But first, I have a question to ask for Tasty, and I'm asking this for <laughs> Tasty because it comes up all the time. Tasty is our homebrew filter guru. All right, he filters almost everything, and and he's also obviously one of the best brewers in the room. He always is, and and his beer looks great, tastes great, the whole thing. But a question that we always encounter is. Does filtering strip a beer of hop character, flavor, aroma, any of these things? And being one of the experts that you are, I want to me. Or I'm tasty? asking you. I want to know it because tasty. <laughs> well, no, I we opinion. know tasty's. I was answer. at a homebrew club meeting the other night, and uh, somebody asked me about filtering. And what was your uh, answer? I says. I said. Uh, well, I, I, my pet answer is. Well, if you feel that your filtered beer is not as hoppy as you'd like it, I would add more hops. My other th- answer That's is awesome. <laughs> That's a really good That's answer, a great isn't answer. it? <laughs> right. you know, other answer is like I don't know what hop flavor, how big it is, but I don't think it's like you know that big that it wouldn't you know slip through a five or seven or one micron filter. Right. It's not like a glob of a hop of flavor or hop right. aroma. It's smaller than that. I think what what's more to the point is the yeast that you carry over, the proteins you carry over, grab onto that hop particulate to me give you sure they give you hop flavor but i don't think it's a pleasant hop flavor i think it's an annoying muddled uh get in the way of the rest of the taste of the beer kind of flavor so there you oh, go i'm sorry I did, i'm answering what do you think yeah. <laughs> well if, if you run a filter and you have filter pads you pull the pads out and there's color on there <laughs> 
So gooey you, stuff. You're you're removing stuff. You're removing something. Okay. So, um, I, you know, I mean, that's that's interesting because here here we are filtering at one brewery but not at the other. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, and I'm pretty upfront and honest about. You know, we're gelatining beers at the pub. Yeah. But um, but you're not <clears throat> filtering. Yeah. At at, at uh, the production brewery, we filter the pub we don't okay so i i think you do remove a certain you know element of flavor if you get too tight of a filtration okay do you but think you can uh, compensate for that on you the front know, side you, yeah, the yeah front thing, you, you know you want to filter yeah. and uh, and you know it's pulling something out of it right can you compensate by adding more on the uh-huh. front end you absolutely yeah. can mm-hmm. yeah but to kind of bring it all back home you know this is a homebrew show yeah I don't. I don't know why a home brewer, minus a yeast that just won't settle out. Yeah. I don't know why a home brewer would want to filter when you can just use gelatin. Yeah. I mean, if anyone that's been to our brew pub sees how bright, you know. I mean, even the rejection that's we're drinking now is it's dark, but you can see right through it. You know, with a light, and uh, it's 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 uh, you know gelatin is an mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, unless you're a vegan. Yeah. <laughs> you're vegetarian. Right. <laughs> unless you're not from Iceland. <laughs> so but uh but but gelatin does a great job and yeah, for like does. for five gallons I it's been a while since I've gelatin now, but I think it's a uh, Tablespoon? <laughs> Very it's not much. even that much. It's, yeah, a tea, couple I'm, teaspoons. I use a, a, you know, the packages that comes in. Yeah. Uh, it's really effective. Half, half a package per yeah. five gallons. And if you mix that in 150-degree water, add it. You can either do it one or two ways. If you have a kegerator at home and you're carbonating in the keg, maybe you're just putting top pressure, you're shaking the you know crap out of the corny keg, yeah. you can add the gelatin when you rack the beer, You know, get the CO2 in, however you do it. And as long as the keg doesn't move... Oh. You can just draw right off the uh, right the gelatin, and if you know if you ever made Jello, you know how tacky it stays in the it bottom, sticking stays in the bottom. Or you can gelatin and say a secondary, a carboy, or a bucket, and it's amazing. It only takes like twenty four to forty eight hours for it to really fall through, hmm. and and then you could rack off that into right. a tank. you know into your mm-hmm. bright tank keg. You could go to a bucket and bottle from it. Um, back when I was homebrewing, you know, before I went professional. I would add gelatin. So I, I did a primary fermentation. I would typically rack to a secondary. And then a, whatever after a secondary amount of time that was, I would go to a bottling bucket. And when I was adding the priming sugar, I was also adding gelatin mm-hmm. at the same time. And uh, and then the gelatin would fall to the bottom of the bottle. Or, yeah, with the, um, you know, with the yeast or whatever it was pulling out. Sure. And that was it. See, this is the general consensus that you get tasty from other great brewers, too, that they say, I don't know why a home brewer would filter. I personally have a hard time arguing with any of Tasty's methods, even though half of well, them are ridiculous. Plus it, plus it costs money. You know, the filtering filter costs yeah. money. Yeah, it costs me like $4 a I <laughs> No, I mean, that's not insignificant. I mean, oh, you know, minimizing. If I were, I to, if I were to go back and redesign <laughs> our production brewery, I would, uh, I would have built... At least one of our bright tanks in a different geometry, so that we wouldn't have to filter. So we wouldn't have to filter. I yeah. see. Gotcha. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay, and and who knows? Maybe we'll do that someday because our current bright tanks make great fermenters because they're so fat and squatty. Yeah, it's like having an open fermenter. I remember talking to you about those <laughs> so, while we were there. Yeah. Hey, Vinny, I got a couple questions about this rejection. 
Uh, one, can you pass it over here? <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and two, uh, is this a new beer? Uh, rejection is, this is the fourth year we've made oh, it. That's <clears throat> we make it uh, usually just, well, not usually, always, just once a year for Valentine's Day. Hmm. And uh, Notice it's black. Yeah, it is black. There's a reason <laughs> for Valentine's Day. You know, this you is know the one this, for the beer fest, right? This beer got started, though. Yeah, we're going to pour this at the... Great. At the, well, you should, it's really good. The... This beer got started, uh, a lot of our shun beers, which a lot of them have religious names, yeah. yep. um, come from Tommy Arthur at Lost Abbey. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because huh. he grew up Catholic. Okay, perfect. So, I, I, I knew so he was miserable for him, a reason. <laughs> well, it was his idea. <laughs> oh, I see. And like, we, we made Damnation first, and then Redemption was second. Uh, Chronicle in your life. Salvation and Temptation were the next two. Those were Tommy's ideas. Right. And several years ago, he called me and he goes, and it was about a month before Valentine's Day, and he goes, I just had a great idea. You should make a shun beer for Valentine's Day and call it Rejection. <laughs> so, we, so all we had was a Grundy, Perfect. little 200-gallon tank available. doesn't have any glycol on it or whatever, so it wouldn't chill. And I just took ingredients. I brewed it that next day. <clears throat> Leftover two-row malt, whatever was sitting around. Kitchen sink beer. Had some black malt. and uh, You had to buy that because you didn't have any black malt sitting around. Made it a black beer. and uh, I like it. It's got was, a little bit of Janice in it. That was I'm rejection. Big and, uh, yeah. and, and we ferment it with a Belgian yeast and with a 530, the Abbey Ale yeast from okay. white <clears throat> or something equivalent. Yeah. And this this year is probably the most subdued. In the past, yeah. we fermented it a lot warmer, and yeah. I like it now. It's a little softer. And I prefer it subdued also. And I could drink this online. This is really good. I'm a beer. Belgian fan, but yeah, when it gets too estery... It's, it's kind of like a Belgian-style porter. Yeah. And I'm glad we're getting this one. I will say this. <clears throat> this Everyone, you, you're going to enjoy this beer at the festival. It's, it's a great, it's really it's a nice. great yeah. session beer, and, and yet, how often do you drink a dark beer... Uh, that's Belgian yeast. Yeah, yeah. It's not, there aren't that, that many. Yeah. I will know. say this, of the list of beers that we got to, to have at the fest, now my, my first choice is that is that sour brown. Which one's is that? Supplication? The, the supplication. This beer. But here's... You mean this? Oh, yeah, that one. Thank you, thank you, With thank our you. new bottle. So we had the option of the, and I'm just going to be honest with the listeners at home, we had the option of the supplication. I'm looking at it, and my mouth is watering. <laughs> Did you look at the price? But the goddamn price on this thing. But I'm going to say this. Here's what I... And that, the listeners, I, you're, you're going to hate to even hear this. Here's how you're going to judge if our if our beer festival was a success, Chad. I'm getting that keg for home if we do well at the beer fest. <laughs> Perfect. We're, we are going to have this beer you on tap. profits if on a the, keg of that. Festival's going to be great. Well, the whole gonna, thing, huh? If the beer fest goes well and you hear us talking about supplication on tap, you know that, that we were Keep a huge in mind, success. that was a half-barrel price. I know. Yeah. So that's five gallons only a third of that. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, then... then I don't know. No, I'm going for the half barrel. <laughs> Might as well. I just... Uh, we I have love, a lot of work to do. I love this beer. It's a wonderful oh, it's, beer. It's, it's and one it's, of my top this, three uh, beers. This batch of supplications is the best batch we've ever made. Is that right? Yeah, batch four. It gets, it's getting released on February 4th or 5th, the same day as the Younger. Okay. So, And here's the other thing about this beer is... So I'm white trash. And I, this is how I've grown up. It's, it's who I am. <laughs> so I am a stickler about prices. I, I'm, just, I'm cheap. But in in your case and in other breweries' cases, it's it's a select few. I actually really get it now when the prices are high, when it's an expensive beer. I, I know the labor, the amount of time you had to sit on this beer, all of those things. So I actually never complain about the prices anymore. It doesn't mean I can afford them any better. Right. But it, with certain breweries, I get it. 
It bothers me when other breweries just kind of jump on the high price bandwagon. Right. And they spend a quarter of the time. Corky Cajun is that they Yeah, do. yeah, because they bought a nice bottle. Yeah. But uh, this is definitely. I'm just giving you respect yeah, that I, I definitely you. understand yeah. when when you know right. you're doing things to a beer that most breweries don't do. Yeah. It so. takes a long time to make those, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, even like the younger, where it's it's four fifty a half pint at <laughs> right. the pub. Right. It's thirty six dollars for a growler refill or 42 for it new wow and you can look on the surface and say well the hops are more but that actually has the least to do with it it's the fact that it takes six weeks to make and that we have two fermenters of of younger going at the pub right now yeah it's six weeks and elder though is a three-week beer so we've lost basically two tank (laughs) worths of beer because of the younger and that's really why it costs takes so that much of the overhead. Yeah, yeah. and that's a lot of up. money if you consider <clears throat> yeah. double it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to cost yeah. twice as much. I just see yeah. that blue label. I just kind of get oh, shivering. <laughs> okay, so. well, let's talk about hops and Belgian beers yeah. a little bit. Actually, and, I want to say one thing too about the rejection is that the uh, black malt in it is the Carafa Three Special oh, from uh-huh. Wireman, uh-huh. which uh, if if there's any homebrewers out there that are making, you can use it in. You know, to add a little bit of color, like the the new happy hops that we're coming out with, I, I needed a little bit of color. But for those that know me, you know, I I dislike crystal malt to a point. You know, little is good, and then beyond that, it can be too much. So we used a little bit of this Carafa Three Special to uh, give it a little color. And this beer, all the colors coming from the Carafa hmm. Three and Consecration and Salvation, all the color comes from the Carafa Three Special. And, and Wireman, the German malt company, makes. Regular Carafa malts, they have one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. One is uh, more of a brown color. Three is black. I don't, I don't know what the Lobby Bond level is. But then they have the special uh, versions of the three, and those are all de-husked. So oh, okay. there's, the husks aren't there to leave astringency behind. Right. And they are they are beautiful malts for adding just a tiny bit of color or going black. A lot, yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, keeping it super clean. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure if the first time we made this, we wouldn't have had that malt sitting around. We probably used chocolate malt the uh, first year when literally Tommy called me on a Tuesday with the idea. And I said, well, if, if it's going to be ready for Valentine's Day, Tomorrow. <laughs> we better brew it tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. And because we didn't have Carafa for three, that's how I learned about it, was after the fact. They said, okay, right. the first batch was good. Granted, we made it in a non refrigerated, it got really warm, but there was flavor things. It was like, there's got to be something out there. Mm-hmm. And. So the chocolate, what took it? Was this too astringent? Is that the. Yeah, that was. Yeah, because we were looking for something really clean. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Left some and, and this has that, that smooth character. So the, 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 Carafa, the Carafa 3 special is it's a beautiful dark malt. And, and it's rare to walk in the Russian River and see, you know, as you guys know, the OVL stout is on all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's rare to see anything more than that. Right now we have three black beers on. We have our porter cool. yeah. on and the rejection and the OVL. Well, when the Janice yeah. Brown was pouring there, it was kind of unique and yeah. it was dark. Yeah, and we don't do that. And we'll definitely brew the Janets again. Oh. So, you, you know, I was going to bring <laughs> You heard it here, folks. I was going to bring the um What do you got? The uh the the, no, no the the, the judges sheets. Oh, you had for it. Oh, yeah, I, I got it, and then uh, well, what did they say? What you, you remember? The, the the it ended up getting lost, and mm-hmm. you, you know we have cats at the production. We have Ferdinand oh, and Growler, and <laughs> I think I think one of them like paper it over it, and it it ended up just not 
Think this is a sign about your yeah. beer well, tasting? Gonna, uh, <laughs> we will have to make it again, <laughs> no. otherwise we. Won't no, be. it was. It was. Um, Are they good comments? Yeah, they were all good comments. <laughs> all right, and good. when you GABF judging, there's a the blue sheet, as it's called, and it has all these different um, criterias or suggestions that the judges can make for. And it's only during first round. After that, they don't have yeah, the blue just, sheet. Right. And one of them is um, great beer, but others are better. Basically, it's saying the beer is good, but it. You know, yeah, and I, I can't remember if it went on to the second round or not. But it didn't but, win. That's but, all we uh, care about. The losers. Yeah, yeah. it was I, a good beer. It was good. <laughs> That's all that we care is. I we, get, suge- we, we still get requests for it at the pub. Oh, Excellent. you do. Right. Uh, we well, get requests for it here. Let's <laughs> satisfy those requests. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Let's brew more. Yes. I have a marketing suggestion for you. Next time you're going to have so many black beers, uh, you're, you're early a month. You might as well have them in February next year. It's Black History Month, and you can do a whole thing out of it. It's Black I, Beer I, Month I, I at Russian know River. That. Yeah. You know, uh, why not uh, <laughs> yeah. cash in on yeah. these sorts of historical <laughs> events? Get Terrence to kick it off. <laughs> we'll have Terrence the Black come over, you know, our BN rep. He'll Either. legitimize us. Every Sunday, we'll get a phone Fools call from are. Terrence the Black at Russian River. <laughs> nice. Those right. bears are available for the holiday tomorrow. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah. They're available for Martin Luther the King Day. Yep. I said the King, Doc. Yeah, you did. All right, listen. You didn't have to correct That's you. right. That's tomorrow. It is tomorrow. <laughs> it's a big Three day. black it's a beers big day on tap for, uh, at Russian River. It's a big day for basketball. Daytime <laughs> basketball <laughs> that's games. Right. That's right. Warriors are on a one. It actually so, is. I yeah. just know i got to entertain my kids tomorrow because they're not I'm, going to school. I'm looking forward to the Lakers uh, magic game tomorrow night. Or maybe it's day. I don't know. So, Could be. Tebow. UConn got today. <laughs> it's all day yeah. nighttime for you. Their ass is kicked. It's a shame. Okay, hops and Belgian beers. And this is a good example of a nice beer with that Belgian Abbey yeast to it. And in my opinion, when uh, a brewer, you know, Le Chouf is just, is, is just my most prominent it's example. Easy, it's the easiest example to use. And I it's agree. an easy target for me. My palate does not enjoy the taste of big American bitterness and hops up against a Belgian yeast. Me too. They just don't, they don't a, mesh. I think, I think it's a train wreck. I can't wait for that to die away, that fad. Uh, me too. I, I can't. I I'm, I know who I'm knocking, and you're knocking them too. Yeah. I, I absolutely, there's there's tons of breweries doing that. With the rhyme. More American breweries. A lot of them on right. the West Coast. Doing it. Right. And, um, and there's a couple in Belgium. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and it rhymes uh, with? It doesn't, the, I mean, it, it was like I was saying earlier about crystal malt. And American hops will right. Most Belgian yeasts, it's a train wreck, and it and it all goes to that oxidative character. When American hops oxidize, the flavor is just it, it's terrible. Yeah, you know, I don't know what other adjective to use. It's it's well, just horrible. Not, it's not a, it's not a positive <laughs> thing. And it's, not a and, plus. and it's the it's the mercine again. It's those oils that give you that floral, citrusy type, you know. And you get some of those type of flavors or similar flavors, whether it's CTZ or Amarillo or Centennial, Cascade, Simcoe. I mean, all those things are you know they're pineapple, ca- uh, floral, citrus. And to, for me personally, you know, there's got to be some yeah. chemical just, conversions. Just my going opinion that, that the just, flavors don't meld. Still mesh. Well, yeah. now on the the flip side is. You know, redemption that we had earlier. It's certainly not an IPA, but that's that's steering Golding in there and some Sterling. And you know, that was a five-year or four and a half-year-old bottle of beer we had yeah. earlier. And yeah, but it's know, not a hop forward it's beer. Still, it's not super hop forward, but you know those those types of hops. And that's you know, as we we did a beer recently called Empirical Seven that was a blonde saisony type of Belgian beer. We used a saison type yeast. Mm-hmm. And it was all steering Golding all the way through. And we've we brewed a 
it and release part of the batch, and the rest of it's in barrels right now to make probably something new, a new beer or whatever it's going to be called. Oh, wow. But but like Styrian hops go age really well. Okay. And, you know, you think of Orval, for example. That's a right. really hoppy beer. Right. And if any of you have had Orval in Belgium, really fresh. The Brett is almost non-existent. Uh, but the the hops are just super forward. And sometimes you almost get a cascade floralness from – there's no cascade in Orval, of course. It's Styrian Golding and hmm. – I think some Hallertals or whatever else, but there's but a lot of you get that stereo. flowery. But but yeah, I mean there's a there's a or hop just the aroma that, level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just mm-hmm. the aroma level, and on a beer like that, you know, it ages. I've had 25 year old Orval, and it's it's beautiful. And yeah, it's still not an IPA, but sure. To me, to me, if if and we've done it before. We did a beer uh, for uh, the elections two years ago. And uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a um, it was an I, it was a Belgian IPA. But instead of using the uh, you know the floral citrus hops, you know it was it was all sterling and styrian golding, and, and it worked uh, better. Yeah, it was called defenestration. It means literally means <laughs> to throw a politician out a window. <laughs> so we did it for the elections two years or a year nice. ago, I guess, the presidential election. Didn't make the national media. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Actually, it did. Someone wrote about it once. But, uh, but but in that case, we were trying to make that type of beer, but we there was no way we were going to do it with Amarillo or sure. any of those hops. So you know, I, I guess it's personal preference. But yeah. there's a uh, there's a great beer bar in. Uh, Sebastopol called uh, the Hot Monk, and it's owned by Dean Biersch of Gordon yep. Biersch. It's his little side project, and Dean lives up in Sonoma County, and he has some of these beers on sometimes in draft or bottles, and they taste terrible after you know a couple months, okay, because the hops oxidize. And it's probably worse on a Belgian beer because it's got to travel all this way. It'd be like us selling Pliny in Belgium. <laughs> yeah. You know, you ship it all that the way. Japan. And it's got to, you know, it's on a ship for six weeks, well, a month probably, six yeah. weeks, whatever. It gets tied up in customs, sitting on a dock. It's warm. It's, yeah. Um, you know, there's probably someone out there going, well, I love those flavors. <laughs> and that's well, fine. Yeah. You know? Again, it's the beauty of homebrewing, but... You know, if 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 you're going to do that type of beer, it's my suggestion that you go with something like Styrian that has great flavor and great personality. Okay, but doesn't oxidize as much. It doesn't oxidize, and when it does oxidize, I mean, it can get really cheesy when like Styrian, for example, does oxidize, but it it doesn't have to me a, a rancid, it's not offen- offensive, offensive, yeah. offensive flavor, and and you and if then if you put that type of beer in conjunction with a little bit of Britannomyces, hmm. then it, it turns into a totally different okay. animal. Hmm. So okay, so here's a question then, as it kind of directly relates to you. I I think that they actually dry hop Orval. Orval is dry hopped. So here's one of your favorite beers. I will be at Orval in a month. I can't wait to drink it. You can see it. Check Uh, it out. You seem pretty excited about that, Vin. I am. I love Orval. Have you dry hopped? Do you have experience doing this with any of your beers? Uh, Your Belgian beers, of course. Um, We we did dry hop the uh, defenestration. You did that one. Okay. Um, The Empirical 7, which was this Saison yeast uh, blonde hoppy beer. Yeah. I call it a hoppy blonde beer. Some call it a Saison. That was not dry hopped, but we added a ton of hops to the finish. Okay. And it was probably a 50 BU 
yeah. beer, and it's still, I taste it from the barrels now, and it's been in the barrels for nine months now, some of the barrels, and it's still super fragrant wow. And, and, wow. and floral and orangey. Steering Golden gives a big orange peel, orange flavor. Okay. You know, mandarin orange sometimes. Because I guess I'm so, a little surprised with you know it being one of your favorite examples of a of a big beautiful Belgian beer yeah. that we're not seeing a lot of especially because you're a dry hopping guy with your yeah. other beers yeah. um, that we're not seeing you experiment too much with it with these Belgians. You know, it's it's probably a bit of respect for uh, for Jean Marie Rock at, at Orval the brewer. Okay, is that I'm you know i i'm not going to set out to try to copy sure orval yeah, yeah and a lot of that's my respect for for jean marie yeah, yeah is is that you know we've you know guess you'd say we're friends or whatever but yeah. you know I, I love orval um we're we're now messing around with brett finished beers not necessarily barrel aged or you know like the empirical was was brett finished yeah um of course, since I found out there was two other breweries that use Empirical in their name of a beer, so we've stopped I doing see. that. So it's going to kind of come back as a different name. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to get into a trademark. Sure. Just uh, change just instead of Sue. Uh, yeah. There's, Monster. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I eventually want to come out with a line of beers, like two or three beers that are just Brett Finish. They're primary fermented hmm. with cool. whatever the yeast is, and then finish them both in the bottle and in the keg with with Britannomyces and um, and, and kind of go in the Orval direction, but not copy Orval. And the redemption, the, the first beer we had tonight is is something. So we've we've been doing this over the years. We made a uh, a beer probably two or three years ago, a couple times called Deification. Mm-hmm. Of course, people would come in the pub and they'd see, I'll have a pint of Defecation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why would you order <laughs> that, by the way? But, it was yeah. like, it tastes like, it's, Travis, our old brewer, his, his thing would be like, Deification. Oh, I'll have a Defecation. It tastes like shit. It's <laughs> yeah. a brown beer. It's a good t-shirt. Uh, but, um, so we, we have been messing around with this type of beer okay. over the years. Hoppy, you know, Belgian yeast. I also think that it's yeast-driven, too. For instance, we've done it with the Abbey Ale yeast. We've made these types of beers with the Abbey Ale yeast. And that yeast just doesn't meld well with the big hop character. But the Saison yeast we use, uh, which was really spicy and peppery, and we didn't add any spice to it, it worked great with the big hops. So I, I, I wonder, too, if... It's it's yeast driven, so something like the Abbey Ale yeast or the Trappist Ale yeast, they're they're probably not right right for it as well. Okay, but but I still stand by American hops shouldn't be in. You, know, you do? Oh yeah, I, I stand mm-hmm. I stand behind the American American floral hops, like yeah, IPA okay. hops. Sterling's amazing in it because you have more saws and there's just a tiny bit of cascade. Yeah. Yeah. Bred into into it, but to me, steering is still the go-to. I can't Goldings, you know. I, I mm-hmm. think works well. Um, so what about I the? Keep, I, I want to start messing around with some Northern Brewer uh, mixed in there. I think the kind of rough, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of rough to me. It's not yeah. a clean flavor, no. and and I think that would um, some of that kind of rough. Uh, it's coarse earth, flavor, harshness, kind of coarse. Yeah, kinda, I, I think it would. Yeah. I think it would meld nice with some of the fruitiness you get out of the Belgian yeast, and and it could be that maybe like that fruitiness out of the Abiel yeast that yeah. I don't like. It might fix it. It may fix it right there. Yeah, and I, I keep thinking about Northern Brewer, and that's been a part. Of, we were talking about the hop crisis earlier. Um, 
Didn't they make a beer? Didn't someone make a beer? Didn't Twenty uh, First Amendment make Hop Crisis? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Did, it was two and a. Yeah. But but you know that was a part of the Hop Crisis too. Was you couldn't just buy like I want a box of Northern Brewer, right? Like, yeah. As a brewer, you need a contract. You, you just couldn't get, you couldn't yeah. do it, and it yeah. had to be all pre thought out and contracted. Yeah. And it's like oh my god, you know, you couldn't there even was no experiment. Spot, there was no spontaneity to it. You couldn't be spontaneous. Mm. And and there was a time when I was really pissed off because it was the hop brokers telling us what we could use yeah. and it's like you know that's the that's the tail wagging the dog right and that's not right it's like you, know, you want to paint a picture and you can't get blue yeah exactly <laughs> it's I, like yeah come on yeah it's a good point it's a good analogy so, limited palette all right so given that description about what hops to use i have another question about the freshness of hops in belgium so in you know my favorite beers, lambic, sour beers, yeah, things with aged. things with funk. It's aged. They're old yeah. hops. They're che- they are cheesy hops. Yeah. Are you uh, using all fresh hops in your beers, or are you aging hops as well? We use uh, aged hops in just our spontaneously just fermented those. beers. Yeah. Mm. So we uh, we make a beer called Beatification. That's our spontaneously fermented beer. Love that beer. And we <laughs> uh, Fuck, that's a good we beer. make a, the base beer to that. We call Synambic. And the Synambic is a contraction between Sonoma and Lambic. Okay. Because Lambic's a protected yeah. term in our respect yeah. to our Belgian friends that we shouldn't use the word. It's kind of like champagne and sparkling yeah. wine. Yeah. yeah. And um, so we use a, the word Synambic. And, uh, it's not as catchy. No, it's not. <laughs> Come up with something better. Anyway, so yeah. we, we use all aged hops. And uh, right now we've got a bale of, uh, I think they're spalt uh, hops mm. that we got from uh, Ralph. Olson from Hop Union, and then he sent me the very last bale, so he doesn't have any anymore. But we're now aging our own hops, too, for this. Okay. But we do not use aged hops in, say, supplication. You don't? No. Only your 100% just spontaneous? Our, yeah, I see. Kind of follow tradition. And, and uh, aged meaning they've just been, like, hanging out, room temperature. Yeah. Funky, yeah. funky. Where do you have them sitting? Just in a uh, they're closet? They're on the uh, rafter, 16 feet up in the uh, warehouse. Uh-huh. So they're at the hottest part of the uh, Okay. Of I've the got building. stuff that I've had that you know, I don't use all my hops every time. So yeah. they'll go in my freezer. I put them in a bag. I'll label them. I got stuff that's right. pretty old. Cheesy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that sound. Put a hole in the roof. <laughs> That's a hole that we will accept in Studio B. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Look, so, and, it didn't, and it didn't gush either. And uh, you know, go everywhere. <laughs> really still. That's yeah, beautiful too. Nice bottles too. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, cha, cha, cha. Point it so, at Chad next time. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, would you say that these, uh, the ones I have in the freezer, they're not going to be uh, cheesy old uh, from being. Hot and dry. It's a good question, but they're they they've been there. I've got some. Will they still really have that old, age character? I got some really old. To stuff. to a degree, they do because when I got these, uh, the first bale, well, both of the bales from Ralph Olson at Hop Union, he had them in one of his warehouses that yeah, you know, like zero well. degrees. Yeah. Or I mean, yeah. it's hmm. freaking cold. <laughs> and and they although they weren't as cheesy as I thought they would be, so the cold temperature really does uh, slow down the aging process. But it, it's not going to slow it down a hundred percent. I got but some it, things you, from two thousand one. You know, yeah. I see, got, that's I got some old. That's, so it's still it's been the freezer. It's been in you know uh, Ziplocs. But that's how the first bale was from Ralph, and then okay. we put it up in the rafters, and we're just about done with that bale. They're two hundred pound bales, so it takes a lot. For and they're just open up there. Yeah, we just cut the sack open, and yeah, they just sit open. If we we've, we've had hops where uh, we wanted to try pellets, yeah, and uh, we put the you know, we took a bus tub. From the 
kitchen, you know, cleaned it up. Yeah, yeah. And we just put pellets in it, put it in our boiler room for a week. <laughs> just, <laughs> just super, yeah, super quickly, oxidized quickly. it. Yeah. Of any so. of this bottle, I've never seen a bottle of this shape. It's got the the neck of a 750. Look, you can the just body. show the camera. Yeah. Uh, just, <laughs> it's a first, by the way. This is kind of unique. Uh, this is a brand this new bottle. This is actually the debut of the bottle. We wow. still haven't released it yet. This is our, our brand new bottle. Uh, we own this mold with two other breweries, huh? North Coast Brewery up in Fort Bragg mm-hmm. yeah. and Lost Abbey down in San Diego and San Marcos hmm. specifically. And we, uh, yeah, so, we, we, uh, we, for you guys may remember our original 375 yeah. bottles, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. sleek, sexy, yeah. champagne oh, yeah. expensive. bottle, really expensive. And, and when we, when we started with that bottle, it wasn't too expensive, but in time it little by little, they just kept creeping the price up. And we, we finally just said, when we opened the production brewery, we, we can't pay a dollar fifty just for the empty <laughs> bottle. And yeah. For some of the local home brewers, they, I know they were getting them at, at more beer. Yeah, you as took well. all my bottles. And, yeah. And, <laughs> I, I went in there to get some. So, oh, Vinny came in and took them all. Ah! Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so we we then started putting our sour barrel aged beers in seven fifties, just like the rest of our mm-hmm, Belgians. Yeah. And it was when we opened the new brewery that I started working on. This bottle with a glass manufacturer. So this and, is affordable. And then, yeah, it is. It's okay. affordable for us. And we own the mold, uh, the oh, three of perfect. us together. Yeah. Um, it's cor- it's just like a little mini-me version. Yeah, yeah of it the, is. Uh, yeah. Of the big the one. The capping will be the yeah. same, exactly. Yeah. They're really awesome. Now, now, the interesting part of it is that we own the mold. No one else can use it without... Well, one of two things can happen. A brewery can go out, if they wanted to, and spend the... What you twenty four thousand dollars that the three of us spent together? I think we each kicked in seven or eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars to buy the mold. So another brewery could do this, but they'd have to lay out the entire twenty four thousand. Yeah, the, the mold cost, or we as a group of brewers can let them in. Let them in to help pay for it, and and I'm not sure where that's going to go. I act, I actually have no. Um, feelings towards why we should keep it exclusive, but I, I know Tommy and Mark are a little more um, protective of it because it, it was a year project. Yeah. I mean, just us designing sure. it and so testing. Hours and this, sweat was a lot of time it. into it. They're um, awesome, but they're they're beautiful bottles. And this is we're releasing this, you know, in another few weeks here. The cherries the are really release. coming through this yeah. beer. Uh, I would I, I, sitting on a case of this beer for a couple years. Oh, good lord. This is going to be a just beautiful. Yeah, it's uh, like I said. It's I think it's my favorite yeah. batch of supplication. It's the fourth <laughs> bottling of it. So and, now uh, I've the cherries seen your... are really up. They're just they're bright right now in your face. The barrels were in. I mean, if you saw these barrels, they were they didn't even look used unless you put the flashlight inside and saw the red hmm. you know from the Pinot that was in there. Oh. The supplication is all it's one hundred percent Pinot Noir barrels and um, the new barrels. Well, new, new, new like, to us. Like, like one, uh, no, the winery used them for three years. Okay, and um, but so, it, so, it, it went from Pinot to you. Yeah, and, and you, that's, you haven't used them twice because because our our barrel program is temptation is all Chardonnay barrels. Okay, the supplication that we're drinking is all Pinot barrels, and consecration is all Cabernet barrels. And the consecration definitely needs to age more because the cab that's being contributed to the beer through the barrels it has so much tannins okay. in it that it actually does need to age almost like a Cabernet. 
needs mm-hmm. to age. Drop that out. Where the supplication is a little softer and more subtle, just like a Pinot Noir is softer mm-hmm. and subtle, and you get some of the cherry notes and the oak and you know yeah. uh, everything that's that's coming into the beer. You know, and, we uh, now vote a best beer here on the BN every year during the, our annual Brewing Network Awards. And two I Russian, two yeah, nobody does because it's a bullshit award. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, but two Russian River beers were nominated this year. Really, uh, Janet's Brown, yeah, and Consecration. That's cool. And it, there was five beers on the list. What else was on there? Uh, Firestone Walker Thirteen. That's cool. Fifteen. Wasn't it? Whatever. Whatever. No, it's it's, it's yeah. thirteen. Pretty sure it's thirteen. Oh, yeah. Um, Monk's blood. And Monk's, Monk's Blood. Blood. So yeah. f- that's right. So four. So you made up half the list. What's Monk's Blood is... Uh, 2-1-A. 2-1-A, yeah, I thought. And uh, Firestone won. 13 yeah. is an unbelievable yeah. blend of beers. But yeah. it was a tough... Between- I, taught, I taught Matt everything he knows. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, the, the debate, the whole debate was between Consecration and, and Firestone. Yeah. It was those two beers. I've, I've done some tastings before where I used... It wasn't the 13, it was the 11 or yeah, 12 yeah. or whatever. But yeah, those blends that... Uh, that Matt does yeah. Uh, when he brings in the, the the vintners to help yeah. him do it. I mean, yeah. I think it's a smart move. Yeah, guys who really he's know. he's invited me down to do that, and you know, I mean, it's not just a one hour drive. Like no, it's not. Here. It's yeah. a bit of a haul to get to like four hours. Probably from your house, yeah, probably. Yeah, and uh, you know, that's with no traffic. And you have to drive back. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll have to keep. But this, I will. Uh, I will do it. Uh, I will do it sometime because that that would be a lot of fun to be able to be a part oh, of that yeah. blend. It's the the Firestone anniversary beers are such a beautiful. Yeah, and you know, and he's won two years in a row now too. His uh, Union Jack won last year. Yeah. Love that idea. I taught him everything he knows about that. <laughs> about that. Yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> you taught the hop chemist everything he knows about the... What do you think of that beer? Yeah, he uh, he said to me after he uh, beat me at the GABF the last two years, <laughs> <laughs> you taught me too much. Ah, yeah. <laughs> he does. The, the guy's making amazing beer. Yeah, and he's he always stroking it. his little beard. That's, yeah. that's, I think that's, that's a secret. conniving thing. You, you know? might have to grow yeah. a beard to get back uh, on top. Yeah, I think that's, that's okay. Yeah, one time, one time <laughs> I, he was tasting my beer. And doing that, and I knew <laughs> at that time he was stealing something from me. Ah, <laughs> it's his theft I, move. I just knew he was something was <laughs> something, something I'm doing. He was getting it's that uh, devil uh, move. Yeah. It is. It, it is kind of devilish the way <laughs> yeah, he does yes. it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty funny. We must have a hat on stuff. so we don't see the horns. Yeah, <laughs> that's why he always wears a hat. Yeah, that, no that horns. explains it. Yeah. All right, so here's a good question. I, I, I just got to finish it. Matt's one of my favorite and my brewers in America. Ours also. Uh, we love the kid. A, oh, yeah. He's a good We're big guy. Fans of Matt. Yeah. So with hops and, and funky beers, uh, there's kind of an issue there. We said that, that, that you know, in, in Belgium they're using older hops. Right. but For Lambic. In some of your talks, you've talked about um, that the presence of certain hop acids will actually slow the growth of something like a lactobacillus. Yeah, lacto, and lacto specifically, but not pedio. Okay. So PDO can deal with uh, hops, and but lacto cannot, and that's and that's why when you uh, research or talk about lambics, that there's rarely any lactobacillus involved in the acidification of the beer. So how is it? It's it, the it's mash. All, it's it's all through the PDO that lambic beer in specific okay. is getting its sourness. So it's the lact it's the lactic production from PDO. From PDO, not I lactobacillus. See. And the difference in flavor is that lactobacillus is cleaner and a more crisp uh, type acidity. And PDO is tends to be more complex and have more depth. 
And and to me, the best way to taste that is in a good Berliner Weiss. A, a Berliner Weiss is made using lactobacillus as the acidifying agent. Okay, that's a good and example. When you, and when yeah. you drink a good, like to me, if you're ever back in Philly, um, Nodding Head Brewery makes a phenomenal. I had it. That's it's it amazing. It's very yeah. good. I mean, and that's a. If, if I'm in Philly and I had a go-to beer, a local brewery, it'd be Nodding Heads. Uh, Berliner Weiss. Uh, Berliner Weiss. It's amazing. Okay. Um, I think um, I just had one from New Glarus. We did a, a an exchange with Dan Carey where we sent him a case of beer, and then he sent us a case back for our Christmas party. And uh, their Berliner Weiss is aged in barrels, I think, and has some wine grapes. It was a little more complex. But, but anyways, a good Berliner Weiss. You can taste that really clean acidity, and when it hits your palate, it's there, and then poof, it's gone. So it's real one-dimensional. It's yeah, like, it's one-dimensional. Gone. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. especially especially in like a Berliner Weiss where it's low alcohol and it's thirst quenching. Yeah, I mean, God, there's nothing better than a summer. Yeah. Um, a summer. That, that's a beer I've never brewed before, and I, I would love to someday. You should do. Um, well, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get Kurt Decker drunk one night on Blind Pig <laughs> from Nodding Head because he loves Blind Pig. Yeah. I'm gonna steal the recipe. From him, you know? <laughs> we but, had a but, home but, brewer, but, but Icky, then, do a great version. In fact, he did a talk at NHC a couple years ago about Berliner Weiss, and he had some really nice ones. And he actually. He really turned me onto the style with his homebrews. Yeah. Um, that I just because uh, I agree with you, it's just so refreshing. Yeah. But it has that sour quality, yeah. that uh, a little bit of acid that yeah. I really enjoy. If if and I I think that's a great starter beer. As a, it's not a barrel beer per se. Yeah. But if you're a homebrewer, you want to kick around using you know making a sour beer. I think Berliner Weiss is a great way to start. You know because it's. It, you can buy a pitch of lactobacillus mm-hmm. from, yeah. you know, through Y yeast or white or whoever. And, um, and do it's that. A, it's a good way to start, yeah. But, but so, PDO, PDO leaves more depth and more mouthfeel, and it, it's more complex, uh, acidic. So give sour me an example. Flavor. So, beatification, possibly my favorite sour beer in America. Is I that a PDO that. beer? More PDO than lacto on all of our beers. All of our sour beers are more PDO. You can, but there is lacto them, also. There is, but if you put it under a microscope, um, you'll see that the PDO is dominant and the lacto is almost non-existent. Okay, because we are using a fair amount of hops in the beer, and plus our house culture um, that, that we call yeast gone wild. Yeah, um, is, <laughs> nice. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah, is two payments in nineteen ninety nine. <laughs> but it keeps coming yeah. every month <laughs> until you cancel. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's. I mean, if you put it under a microscope, and we've sent it to Y yeast, and they've they've told us the same thing. Like, okay, it's mostly got PDO in it. The lacto has just been dominated out. But um, so they do compete. Uh, well, I, I it started out there more because probably different parts of the beer different. Earlier in the fermentation, yeah, and, we pitched early yeah. on. We pitched them separately. Yeah. Now we have this "quote unquote" house culture, okay, um, that is mostly PDO, and but it's got some other, you know, it's got bread in it, how, and other. Okay. It has some Saccharomyces in it too, okay. But um, but we're not trying to keep it consistent or anything. So yeah. So but putting that aside, because um, we are using aged hops there, but it's still a, it's a quantity of aged hops. But on our more mainline sour beers, the temptation, the supplication that we're drinking or the consecration, we're using a lot of hops in them. 
and so the lactose won't survive that or not much of it. I see. But also, it's a it's a flavor uh, contribution in that if you have too hoppy of a beer, uh, it's it's going to be fighting the acidity because you have bitterness fighting acidity. Right. And then if you bottle it and you throw on you throw on it the carbonic acid from the CO2, now you have three things that are all acidic, acidic yeah. and, and sharp on the palate. Yeah. So the um, the most recent batch of consecration, I was going to pop one of those next, we actually lowered the CO2 by like 20% on it because we, we saw that the tasting it, um, I just we just emptied 66 consecration barrels the other day. It's about 100 beer barrels, 3,000 gallons of consecration, 3,100 gallons to be exact. Wow! And I taste there. it. Thank you. I taste every barrel. It's it's the sure. I always go home drunk. Oh, you days. must. It's about it's about half an ounce per barrel. I used to be an ounce, and then I was <laughs> uh, I couldn't function after like <laughs> yeah. noon. Right. But, um, so I taste every barrel, and okay. and after the first two bottlings of consecration. I said to myself, you know, I mean, it was rhetorical. Why is it that I like the beer better on barrel days and not as much in the bottle? I mean, the bottles are still good. Yeah. But they weren't as good. And I, I associated it to the acid. CO2, the so carbonic flavor acid. Component acid. The addition yeah. of the yeah. more acidic. And, Interesting. And, and this batch, we've lowered the, the amount of priming sugar, which lowered the carbonation, and I, I think it's a better beer now because more of the flavors are they're rounded, and you don't have the sharp, you know, acidity fighting the CO two and then some hops mixed in there. So somewhere. what is a lot of hops? You you said a couple times that these beers have a, a lot of hops, and it's not something I would expect to hear out of you it's, with these beers. For the sour beers, we're talking only in the high twenty bittering units. Okay, because a, a lambic is going to be in the teens. Right, yeah, or, you know, or lower, or even lower. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know the it's exact. Lo- yeah, I've got a question about the the lacto versus the pedio. As a home brewer, how can we manipulate that? Um, we want lacto. Probably we want to deal with it in the in the first part of the fermentation, and then the the pedio maybe later. Do we yeah, want and you want to different? You want to make sure like? that. Um, I mean, I guess it depends how you want to do it. If you want it to be subtle, uh, you could pitch it. Right initially, but keep in mind that um, uh, they're not real big fans of oxygen. Yeah. So if you add it when you add your primary yeast um, and there's all that oxygen there from wort aeration, you can have some issues there. So we our our program is, and I guess we'll call it the Russian River Way, is you primary ferment a beer, say with some Belgian yeast, whatever it is. Yeah. It could even be. Uh, uh, Cal yeast, it could whatever. be anything. anything the, right. uh, I, don't, I don't know. Primary if you ever, yeast. Yeah. Do you ever have the uh, Isabella Proximus? It was a collaborative oh, yeah. beer we did with Dogfish Avery. Oh, yeah. Next next oh, time yeah. I come, sure. I can bring some. Um, but that was fermented with a. And that was we did that at Port Bruin at Lost Abbey. Mm-hmm. That was fermented. I think I think we used their lager yeast. Really, <laughs> and it turned into a sour beer. <laughs> so it, that beer in particular goes to show that you you really could use anything mm-hmm. for the primary yeast. I mean, yeah. For God's sakes, we use a lager yeast for it, and I can't remember what Tommy fermented it. As long as it gets all the sugars, what's the matter? Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, but you know, at that point, uh, you know, we then go whatever the primary yeast is. We then find out most of the yeast, go into the barrel with Brett, 
and let the beer sit with Brett for two months so that the Brett can do its thing, kick into work, create the secondary fermentation. And then at two months, we top the barrels with a combination of lacto, but it's mostly PDO. Okay. And lacto and PDO. But that we do that specifically so that the the Brett can grow. Because if, if we add the Brett, or excuse me, the lacto and the PDO at the same time we add the Brett when we fill the barrels, in some cases it'll dominate. They'll take over. Yeah. It'll take over and the pH will drop too fast. Mm. And then the Brett can't work at a certain pH. Yeah. And so you have the and that the first time we made the spontaneous beer, the Sonambic, which becomes beatification, that's exactly what happened. We had this beer that was so tart. I mean, it was yeah, it I was like biting into a lemon. I love yeah. that. And ah. and it was too it was too tart, and yet and there wasn't any of the Brett funk there from the Britannomyces, and that was because the the pH just dropped so fast, mm. and that was because specifically we had the wort too warm in the initial mm. fermentation. And and in doing, uh, in doing the spontaneous fermentation with the pH dropping too fast, the yeast couldn't survive because yeah. it was just the wrong pH level. Well, th- this so. is exactly what I like to do. I like to, you know you know, the more complex and the more timing I have to do, and it's that just, challenge it, that you it's like. It's a challenge. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we we ferment it first. You know, when you throw in the Brett, the, the Brett do its work. And then, oh, I want to have, you know, it's got, oxygen's gone. So yep. now I can uh, introduce the lacto yep. and then the pedo at the yep. end and just work it that way. And, and I, 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 like, I like these beers, too, because of the unknown. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as professional brewers and as home brewers, sometimes we get too wrapped up in the precision yeah. of things. And Justin, you just got back from Cantillon. Yeah. You know, I don't think, you know, where's the lab at Cantillon? No. <laughs> you know, it's the, on the lab, wall, isn't the it? lab is, is, is his, John, is, Jean's palette. Is Jean and his, and, and Jean Pierre. Jean Pierre's yeah. palette. You know, um, one of the greatest compliments I've ever been given. And I mean, if it wasn't that I had to do it, I would rather just be a hermit and stay at home in the brewery and, you know, not go out and whatever. But <laughs> I, I took a trip once to Belgium. It was about three years ago with Dave Keen from the Tornado. And uh, I had met the Van Roy family at Cantillon on previous trips. And so I emailed Jean and told him I was coming. And he knew I was brewing spontaneous beer. Okay. And he called it American Lambic. Really? And you know how sacred that term Lambic is. But here these are, <laughs> I mean, arguably the godfather of yeah. lambic and yeah. jean pierre jean jr's father yeah and um and and they all you know call it american oh what, you bring in your american lambic so, <laughs> so dave and i showed up the day That's before the open brew day and <clears throat> so i you know jean sees me oh i can't wait to taste your american lambic <laughs> then his dad oh. jean pierre who is <laughs> you know i mean like i said he's like the godfather of yeah. lambic beer yeah. he's like i can't wait to taste your american lambic he said that and too the, huh? yeah <laughs> and then and then jean pierre's wife uh claude said the same thing she's like i hear you brought some american lambic oh, to taste that's so cool and, that's and not that a was like that was like taking the pope holy water <laughs> i guess yeah, yeah so really. and and are your ring to kiss they didn't they i mean that was the first batch wow. we'd ever done, and that was the batch that I'd said was too acidic because of the, the processing, and and so their their criticism was just what I knew it would probably be. Probably more than criticism, yeah, but um, yeah. It was certainly constructive, yeah. and positive, but but taking spontaneous beer to those guys is like taking the Pope 
Holy water. It is. You know? well, Last think night, about it, they're in, from another country. I mean, they, you know, and, what they're and, getting and there. How many, well, they, you know, they've been doing it for a hundred yeah. and... Exactly. You know, Jean is now... What, they own fourth. it, as far as I'm concerned. And, and even <laughs> if you look at the history, they actually own it. Like, this brewery now can... They're the ones who can decide what is a Lambic and what is not. And what is a goose and what is not. Hmm. Uh, and and it's, it's by history. It's by f- handing it down. And it's just when you talk to these guys, like when you talk to Jean now, and like you said, his his lab is his palate. Yep. And when you hear him describe mixing, you know, blending a beer and how excited he is about the process he makes, you just can't argue with it. <laughs> I don't. I'm not very. I'm not a very sure. starstruck guy, especially in the beer world. I get to meet a lot of you great brewers, amazing people, and it's why we do the show so that so that the BNers can listen to you. I stood there like an in sync little sissy girl fan in front of just just listening <laughs> to John. Good thing you wore a diaper uh, that day. I mean, I, I <laughs> me. like I I just <laughs> I just I literally Justin get uh, Timberlake. <laughs> yeah. I think so. One of these, but that's how it started. You know, because to me, the they just their beer speaks to me in, sure. in a way, and and there's so much history behind it. Like you're saying, this this kind of family thing. Yeah, blows yeah I mean, me away. a lot of days you'll see uh, Jean's wife' name is Natalie. Uh, and you'll see Amazing. coincidence. Yeah. You'll see John and Natalie's boys there, you know, hanging out at the brewery. And, oh yeah, he talked know, to me about those and, guys, saying yeah. that uh, they're probably going to take on the brewery. Because yeah. I asked him, I said, John, is is this it? What's going to happen? Yeah. And he said, he's, No, I think yeah. my boys. Gonna... He's got two two yeah. boys, I think. Yeah, and uh, it, it's a special yeah. place, and you know, I mean, it's it's brewing history and heritage, and uh, that's right. I also yeah. love that it's the only place you can buy a Cantillon shirt. Ah. They, you right. don't, they don't have a website selling shirts. Uh, I love that. You, if you want, you want a Cantillon gotta shirt, go there. you got to go there. Wow. Your friend has to bring it back for you. you My know friend I mean? brought one back. I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that about yeah. about Cantillon. Yeah. You know, too. It's not commercialized, and I mean, I've been there with buses have come through and stuff. Sure. But you know, they're. Yeah, the, the, thing, the best thing we can say is their, you know, his palate is is their lab, and uh, and he'll be the first one to say thank you, America, too, that uh, we've really kept him in business over the last few years, or at least we've let him thrive oh, over the last because it so much. because five years ago it really wasn't the case. He was in a lot of trouble, and they were having trouble keeping. You know, they they registered as a museum. It's a brewery yeah, museum. It's a museum. And uh, anyway, uh, he he'll be he'll be the first to say thank wow. you to the U.S. market for accepting spear. I got a caller for you, Vinny. Um, Philly beer geeks on the line. He's got a question about bugs for you. What's happening, brother? Hey, man. You got a question for Vin? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. I'm first. First off, um, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh yeah. Hello. Oh. Um. First off, I was at the De La Sen Cantillon beer dinner in at Monks in Philly, and yeah. you're right. Um, he thanked every single person there for buying his beer. Yeah. He's, was uh, he Yvonne, Yvonne was there as well then? Yvonne DeBates from yeah. De La Sen? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yep. he's opening a uh, brewery right now for anyone that doesn't know the De La Sen beers, the Taurus Bulba is their main beer. And De La Sen, you'll you will hear about hear about them. They're building a brewery in Brussels right now. Yvonne and Bernard are dear friends and great. They're great stuff. There hasn't been a brewery in Brussels built in years. Is that right? So, we yeah. need that. But um, I, um, I was going to ask. Uh, we we do a big group brew every year where where we fill fifty five gallon wood casks with with our beer, and um, every now and then because we're brewing lambics on site, it's it's our uh, our basically our our friend in the homebrew club, the biggest basin gets all these casks, and um, 
we fill all these casks up, and every now and then, since we have lambics going on site, one gets infected. And a scotch ale got infected with PDO one year. It's like a nutty, acetic sweetness, uh, very sour. And um, everybody else decided to chuck theirs, and one home brewer decided to, to pitch in bread. <laughs> and the bread, with he, he added some blueberries, too. It, it tasted like a lambic by the time he was done. Everybody else's beer tasted like vinegar, but uh, the only thing I can think of is the Brett decided to eat up the diacetyl and and everything else and kind of rounded it out. Did, do you think that's what happened there? Or? Yeah, they, that's an important uh, component. If you are using Pediococcus, you absolutely have to use Britannomyces because the Pedio is major diacetyl building, mm-hmm. and and so the only way to get rid of diacetyl is to have some sort of yeast reduce it, and the Britannomyces is the perfect, uh, you know, engine to do that. And so it'll start breaking down the diacetyl, and then in time, the diacetyl will go away, and yet you'll be left with this beautiful, complex, uh, acidic, not acetic, but acidic character. Yeah. And um, now if if some of the others had an acetobacter or vinegar, yeah. that's that's more oxidative in that you've got some sort of oxygen coming in contact with the alcohol creating vinegar because that's that's how acetic acid or vinegar is created is is the presence of, of my, oxygen in conjunction with with o2 one of my least favorite well, flavors me too i i is i the only thing i probably hate more than diacetyl which i hate <laughs> me too pretty strongly yeah. is acetobacter and and brett will Make a tiny, tiny little bit of acetobacter, but it's 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 pleasant. But you know, you leave you leave something a barrel half full or not topped, and you'll yeah. end up with with acetobacter. And another another reason was this in a barrel or a carboy? Oh no, um, uh, we we brew in uh, well our big brew. We basically purchase a bunch of bourbon barrels, rack into them. Right. A couple of years ago, we decided to start doing lambics and, right. and doing like Solera method. So, like, if you go in this cellar at this place, we've we've got like white mold growing on the ceiling and everything. Right. But um, so so every year we go after maybe seven months after we brew, and we go back and, and grab everything out and rack into kegs. And normally the kegs are fine, and then lately they they've started picking up some bugs. But all of us started getting this acetobacter type thing, but. It's not just this harsh acid, which made me think uh, with our scotch ale. I mean, it was like butterscotch, vinegar, and and peanuts, or, right. or like. But the butter, the butterscotch. If there's no brett, that's where that's coming from. The other, the other thing is, um, you know, if you're picking up oxidation, uh, sometimes the brett will help reduce that because the brett can, depending what container it's in, if you're in kegs, it's probably not the case, but if you're in a barrel, the brett will create a pellicle, the film yeast, which will protect the beer from too much oxidation. Are, are you guys topping up the barrels? No, we pretty much, um, when we, we rack into the barrel with bourbon in the bottom, and then we let it ferment out, and then completely kill it, and then throw out the barrel after we're done. Um, the guys that live there, they are doing a solera, but the rest of us, we're just pretty much empty the barrel and keep moving on, and we rack in the kegs and decide to finish it how we how we want to, right. and we all chucked it this year, but um, the one guy decided to 
rack in some of that blueberry Oregon puree and and then put some bread in and I tasted it uh, a couple months back in the bottle and it tasted like a lambic. So did you throw yours away? Um, no, no. I pulled uh, <laughs> it down real hard and then gave it to some friends. <laughs> oh. boy. You wishing you wouldn't have given away, huh? Yeah, now. Could have fixed yeah, it. Yeah, I wish I would have pitched Brett. <laughs> yeah, Brett's, Brett's an amazing uh, yeast. And, uh, you know, it's you have to be patient, though. That's the... That's the thing is uh, you need to be diligent with it, but you have to forget about it yeah. almost too, and 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 let it create that film yeast in the barrel to protect it, uh, you know, from oxidation. See, I have to get over this uh, patience hump now because it's the beer that I've become most passionate about. Yeah. Uh, they take of, the longest to make, and they take the longest to make. Yeah, so I got to get so over this. Gonna, uh, no, I, I've just done two two-year-old lambics at home. And uh, but I just didn't think of it for this one to yeah. you know give it a second chance. Right. So all right, Philly. Thanks for the call, brother. So so Vinny, that's interesting. Yep. Um, the two flavors I hate in beer are diacetyl and acetobacter. I, I just cannot stand yeah, them, and I, I've got a really low threshold for yep. these two. I'm I'm working on this project right now that I will talk broadly about because it's it's not official and public, but. Um, we're going to be making some English style type beers on this project. Let's okay. just say All right. I, and I'm working with some other brewers on it. And I was like, okay, I just got to throw this out. <laughs> there could be no diacetyl, absolutely no none in this, in this thing. No but it. in some English styles, it's expected, isn't it? I don't care. You want it out anyway. It's acceptable. It's not acceptable. Yeah, I, I really see. thought it was just me. I, I hate both those two. And my mom taught me, that hates a strong word. A, yeah. So you can't eat microwave popcorn anymore. I can't. Just no. yeah, and I love popcorn. Yeah. I love popcorn. I'm the yeah. popcorn fucking master, man. So, <laughs> Is that right? I'm going to go in your kitchen right now and make you popcorn. <laughs> but I, you use real uh, butter and, uh, oh, yeah, and real I walked oil into my and, office yeah, yeah. on Friday at, after lunch and somebody had made popcorn. Uh, yeah. and I bought In the microwave. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I can deal with that. I just don't like it in my beer. Got you it. know what? Um, it just carries over. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, but, going back to that question about acetobacter, would it be an appropriate time to talk about like barrel size? Like you were talking about the thinner stages. Yeah, yeah. We barrel, were talking so. before uh, before we came on the air, and um, yeah, I mean, barrels are such a great like media to work with. But as a home brewer, you know, what do you do? The guy from Philly that just called is a good example of what you can do. You get a bunch of buddies together or home brewers together and you do a club brew or you know whatever just to brew amongst your friends and then you can fill a 60 gallon barrel but the reality of that is it's not that realistic so you know you're coming up with ways to deal with it and even a an eight gallon or five gallon barrel which uh you know are available you're you're gonna have two issues with with that one is that you're going to get a brand new, yeah, brand new, yeah. and then you're going to have tons of oak flavor. Might <laughs> yeah. be exactly where I was going yeah, with a it. Small amount of beer. So you have to, so you have to strip. You have to first strip the barrels of oak. Can you do that? Like just with, wasting beer? Can you, hot water? Uh, you, you know, you can do it with hot water. Yeah, but it, it'll take a while. Even Just then. buy some cheap wine. You, you know, yeah, or, or or put a beer in it that you want to oak. You know, I mean. <sighs> Uh, that much a big big old or blending beer maybe for uh, yeah I mean I porter I, I think like a porter or a, yeah. exactly I mm-hmm. I one of these days want to do a um, it's not oak but um, 
there's some other woods that I'd like to, you know, run our porter through, um, you know, that I think would have nice flavors. But uh, but to get back to the barrel thing, so then once you have a barrel that is usable, let's say it's a five or eight gallon barrel that's had the flavor, you know, removed or the oak flavor removed, the first run at least, yeah, whatever it is. Well, then you're stuck with the problem that the staves of a five or eight gallon barrel are so much thinner than a 60 gallon barrel uh-huh. that you're going to have too much oxygen diffusion over time. Mm-hmm. So you have to come up with some sort of program. And some of the and some of the presentations I've done, like at the AHA conference this past year, you know, I've talked about maybe you start out in the oak barrel for the first six months, and then at that point, in, and you're going to have to taste it along the way to see. Um, but then at that point, maybe go to a carboy mm-hmm. or something. You know, and then do or, another beer in there, and then maybe yeah, you start blending yeah, like back. Yeah, and blend that. it in. But the trick, the key to a barrel, though, whatever it is, mm-hmm. is after you empty it, I mean, and if and if you like Acetobacter, don't rinse the barrel. Don't clean the barrel. Just put beer right on top of it, and eventually you'll develop that acetic vinegar flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you don't like that flavor, rinse the barrel really good. If you don't, if you're a home brewer, just fill it half full with with 150, 160 degree water, and just shake it. You know, put it on the ground half full and just roll it. And if you really want to get crazy and in the Cantillon, you know that they use chains in their barrels yeah. to clean them, and they have this medieval torture device that's the coolest freaking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it is and, cool. And to see that thing work is amazing. It twists the barrels in all directions, and they put these long, like, 10-foot stainless steel chains mm. in there that have kind of sharp edges. It's not your, you know, uh, regular old chain. Medieval's been adjusted. Home it's yeah. like torture. It, it beats the shit out of these things. Yeah. And you hear it rumbling. What are they knocking off out of there? What's in there? They're they're knocking off uh, just some of the buildup of the uh, you know like beer stone or something. Yeah, something. yeah. And, and they don't uh, use any chemicals, so it's just it's a method oh, of just it's mechanical. Old the same thing you would use PBW for steel yeah. and elbow grease. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then they're they're hitting it with some hot water and steam to get really deep into the pores of the mm. of All the right. wood. So as a home brewer, you're going to have to improvise and come up with ways. So hot water and just rolling it. Uh, you know, around trying to get it cleaned up, get some of the yeast out of there. Um, all those things, you know, are going to be usable methods. And and in some cases, you're not going to be able to replicate. You know, homebrewer is not going to be able to replicate what we do, just yeah. because our barrel cleaner yeah. is what it is. I mean, it's our our barrel cleaner is fifteen hundred psi one five zero zero. You know, at one hundred and fifty degrees, and it can go up to one hundred and eighty degrees. It's the same barrel washer that Firestone Walker uses, yeah. and they clean their barrels to as close to sterile as you can get. Wow. Where we're just trying to knock out a good part of the population. I would kill myself with this device. <laughs> this is, yeah. Launch a barrel. Yeah. Leave it to I, you. I think I'd be more worried about uh, you know I got a new barrel and I'm going to ruin sixty gallons of beer. Well, let's take a quick break. Uh, We've got a lot of barrel questions, and this is a great topic to get into. So uh, what we can do to use barrels at home. I've got a comparison from Matt Brynelson for you, Vinny, that we'll talk about when we get back about wood chips or barrels. So a lot more barrel stuff. 888-401-BEER is the number, or join the beeve in the chat, and you can get your questions that way. Hang in there. It's the session with Vinny. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Ooh, baby, 
where were we? You stole an oak barrel from the mist of Ravenwood, and Lord Zinfandel the Avenger is in pursuit. Do you drop the barrel and run? Hells no. We need it for a Flinders Red. I'm going to cast Pediacocket's Damnethus on the barrel. Sorry, your ghosts are imprisoned in his winery forever. Ugh, I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. This sucks! What do we have here? Orville Rodenbach? Buzz off, guy! We got a brew session going. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Do you get a long-lasting foam stand when you think about wheat malt? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the pre-prohibition lager. Perfect for steampunk. And the single hop best bitter. Now on cast in 10 forward. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Attention homebrew shop owners at Fermentap. They know you're tired of buying the same old gear that everyone else has. That's why Fermentap offers the newest and most cutting-edge brewing equipment known to man. Since 1998, Fermentap has been leading the fight against the boring and mundane by offering strange, unique, and just plain smart equipment. Like their stainless-domed false bottoms. Never deal with the floating plastic hassle of other false bottoms again. And since they're made from stainless steel, they'll last a lifetime. Fermentap's line of copper Wort chillers are the best on the market, designed to cool your wort faster and more efficiently than other immersion chillers. They actually invented the equipment to make these chillers not only work great, but look great too. How about a fantastic line of ingredients, including vanilla beans, sorghum extract, blue agave extract, hop bitterness extract, unique wine yeasts, green coffee beans, sake kits, all stuff you can't find anywhere else. Fermentap carries all the standard products and equipment you need as well, such as all-grain systems, stainless hardware, kettles, carbonation stones, you name it, they've got it. Fermentap's entire line of products has been helping retail shops meet the demands of their customers for nearly 10 years, and they want to help you too. For more information, see them on the web at Fermentap.com or call Jason at 1-800-942-2750. Fermentap, better beer through innovation. Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. The new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew sand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. 
and that sweet Guinness cap. Let me guess. The, the more beer, beer deal, deal of the day. day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the more beer deal of the day at morebeer.com. Celebrity voices impersonated. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And, and it's stuff. just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Welcome back to the program. Still hanging out with Vinny from Russian River Brewing Company, of course. Guy only needs one name now, as far as I'm concerned. You, you reach a certain level and you become like Cher. And yeah, we, we start mispronouncing the last name. Just go with one name. Go, it's Vinny. Yeah. There's not another Vinny. No. I mean, there's one. Not there's, my world. There's two black brewers, but there's only one Vinny. You know, you, you've got. You see what I'm saying? I don't see. There's there is a second Vinny though. Oh, there uh, is Vince Marsaglia from Pizza Port. Oh, that's yeah. right. But he's not, he's Vince. Who did well this year, by you the say, way. He doesn't go by Vinny, though. He's Vince. Uh, well, if you talk to Tommy, though, they call him Vinny. Uh-huh. The only is this respect. We don't. See, Vince, Vince and I once uh, had this this discussion that we should open a uh, a brewery together, and it'll be two Vinces will brew for you. <laughs> nice. And he would do the food, and I would do the brewing. And uh, yeah. he's, a, he's an awesome cook, if you've really? ever had Vince's. Vinny uh, and Vinny. So. See, of all the copyright battles you've avoided, the trademark battles yeah. you could have gotten into, I yeah. say you get into the Vinny one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. one. This, this one you protect. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, so we are drinking the Consecration now from Vinny, too. Yep. And this is the newer batch. This is batch three, which uh, we've, we released a couple months ago. It's nice so. to have it side by side with the supplication, and and I know they're 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 a different process, yeah. but so a lot more wood character since we're talking about barrel and stuff now in the in the consecration. Absolutely, because they're always new to us barrels, new new barrels to us. Oh, we we okay. try to turn them every time. I see, and uh, so I have I always have Cabernet barrels coming out of my ears. Got it. So, <laughs> it's a surplus. Uh, after yeah, there's always a surplus of them. So I'm going to start selling them as planters on Craigslist. <laughs> I'm serious. Really? You should. Try to recoup some They're of They're stacking up them. out there. Yeah, they are. Get the intern we, with the we, yeah, we, just, we just emptied uh, 60, six of them, as I said earlier, oh, and wow. we're filling 60 new barrels well, you know, and you, next week. You mentioned the because they're Cabernet barrels, the tannins and the things yeah. you have to deal with there. Yeah. You also mentioned the acidity in, in the consecration. Those two things actually go nicely together. Some of that wood and tannin character. It's the sharpness that's. It really still nice. has the sharpness. Yeah. I know you said you dropped down the the, the CO2, carbonation, yeah, but it's still there. One of the one of the things that uh, you'll come across on the uh, consecration is that the beer is ten percent alcohol, mm-hmm. and PDO doesn't like to work in the presence of a lot of alcohol. Oh, is that right? And so you'll get softer, more subtle. Uh, acidic, sour, tart flavors from a higher alcohol sour beer. So it will we work. Did, we but... did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. We so the flavors are softer, and we ferment it really warm, like in the eighties, yeah. and oh, so wow. you get a big fruity character from the beer. And and it's what's amazing is tasting consecration before it goes into the barrels, and then you taste it after. Yeah, and 
even if you can imagine getting and stripping out all the sour tart flavor, the just the general flavors, the currants, the cab, the tannins, everything. Yeah, it, it, they're you wouldn't even know. It, it's amazing, and and the base beer for consecration is almost salvation. Our Belgian style strong dark. Okay, very similar. So it still has. So your base beer has a Belgian yeast. It's not like yeah. some mild or yeah, something like that. Yeah, this is this is the five thirty okay. Abbey Ale yeast okay. is the base yeast for consecration. But this was the batch that we lowered the uh, priming sugar by mm-hmm. I don't know, ten twenty percent, whatever it was. <laughs> so the carbonation isn't as upfront. But I think it. I think the beer is more oh, rounded Mark, now. It's, it's softer. Fine. It's it was everything that was wrong. If there was anything wrong with the first two batches, you know, I mean, it's splitting hairs. I mean, <laughs> it is splitting hairs. So did you raise the alcohol in the third batch no. to, to yeah, uh, cut been, off the PDO? Yeah, it's been the same ever. It's always been about ten percent in try, the bottle. Trying to, try yeah. to cut the PDO off. Yeah, yeah, and that the way that it came about was when we made the uh, Toronado's twentieth anniversary beer a few years back. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, that was five different beers blended together. And the base, the first of the base beers was done in uh, Firestone Walker mm-hmm. double barrel ale barrels that Matt had given me. And that beer was like 12% alcohol. And then we did two other base beers that were, I don't know, the 9, 10, <clears throat> excuse me, 10% range. Yeah. And they were so soft in acidity. And as we started to experiment more, it was because of the alcohol. Is that right? So I had another a question come through actually about the uh, Brett tolerance in alcohol also, and um, it was actually and Nathan Smith uh, yep. helps us out on the show quite a bit. He said, you know, the, that he found the Brett tolerance is typically about twelve uh, percent, according to Y yeast. We'll actually kind of write that on right. there. Um, have you found instances um, where Brett can go beyond this? You have any we, bigger beers? We haven't really gone beyond it, other than in the. Component number one of the Toronado beer that was about 12% alcohol. Yeah. That was the one that went into the Firestone barrels. And the Brett was still working. It was. At that level. Mm-hmm. And, but if you think about it, so I, this is all kind of secondary, but if you think about wine and how freaked out winemakers are with Britannomyces, and you think about alcohol levels of wine, 12%, you know, that's like, what are you trying to do, tickle me? Yeah. You know, in, yeah. in California winemaking like now, yeah. I mean, everything in California is 14, 15%. Yeah. It's absurd what, what wineries are doing. And winemakers barely even check for, um, you know, sugar content. They're doing it all on flavor and acidity, you know, pH and, you know, yeah. acidic levels. But putting that aside, you know, wine can pick up bread at 14, 15% alcohol. So okay, good the, point. Limit, the limit that it's... I have no firsthand experience, but I know from the wine industry, I just I just got a bunch of barrels from a winery that were full of Brett, <laughs> and their wine is thirteen and a half percent alcohol. Got it. So, so we, we get barrels. All, we get barrels all the time from wineries that are full of Brett, and mm-hmm. and we are under like secret. Lock and key. Yeah, we, we can't say who that winery is. <laughs> but they're glad to sure. get rid of them. Yeah, they're glad to get rid of them. In most cases, they just give them to us. They don't uh, even know. They don't. They are, do they know? No, they know. They know. Yeah, yeah. There's some pretty prominent wineries, um, you know, or deal with Brett. Sure. But but it Brett's in wood to begin with in the barrels. Matt Matt Brennelson learned that that new barrels even come with Brett. He learned that from me. It's probably the greatest thing I've ever taught him because it freaked the <laughs> shit out of him. Really? He's like la 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 la. So right, but um, well, he does listen. Which to is why is, you mentioned they try to almost sterilize their barrels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and but wineries, Brett's. I mean, it's in the wood, and and even if you have beer in a barrel, and 
let's say, you know, hypothetically, because I've never heard it happen, that it it eats through all of the sugar in the beer, yeah, or it eats through all the sugars it can, and the selbios, which is created, it's the sugar that's created when the barrels are being toasted. Yeah, yeah. It can eat through that sugar too, so it can eat through the sugar in the wood. So if that's the simpler sugar to the Brett, it'll choose that over. I don't know. Let's say you know whatever Dexter, complex whatever, sugars, yeah, yeah, whatever complex in sugar the beer. in the beer. Interesting. If that is a simpler sugar, it'll go that direction. So so Brett can eat through. I mean, literally anything. It'll get a wow. quarter inch into the wood itself, and we we have this technique where we... It's the cockroach drill. of... Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we drill a little nail hole into all the barrels. It's a little it's a one. 764 diameter uh, drill bit, and then we have these stainless steel nails. That's where we get samples out, but then at the head of the barrel at 6 o'clock, so if we're looking at the barrel straight mm-hmm. on at the bottom, that's how we empty the barrels, and our corks you know, from the bottles before they've been used, fit in. It's a 15 sixteenths drilled hole. Okay. And that, that cork goes in, and then when we empty the barrels, we pull the cork out and stick a 15 sixteenths OD tubing in, and that goes into a strainer. And some of these barrels that have come from wineries where they're aging wine for like 36 months, the yeah. wine is like, let's say the wood is an inch thick. The wine sometimes is like three quarter inch because you can see the red yeah. color is three quarter inches deep into the. Wow. So if the wine's that deep, I think quarter inch is actually conservative <laughs> yeah. on how deep Brett can go. Obviously, it depends how long the well, wine. Why wouldn't it go as beer. far? Yeah. So, um, and and we when we started doing the barrels at at the pub at Fourth Street, we brought like eight or ten barrels from Corbell, and started them up and at that point it was just Brett. We hadn't started using Lacto and PDO. When we started making supplication, we introduced Lacto and PDO into the mix and about a year later the temptation in the barrel room that still only had Brett in it had Lacto and PDO in it. <laughs> so the the bacteria had gone through the wood. Wow. Outside in and it's amazing. And, wow. and then at that point, Temptation always had lactone video in it. Yeah. So, <laughs> meant to do that. like it or not. Yeah. I meant to do that. So. that well, here's a good question about uh, the use of, of barrels, uh, and, and it does pertain to Matt. Uh, Brittleson was uh, once made the comparison that aging on oak chips or cubes, like a homebrewer is more want to do, um, in stainless steel compared to an oak barrel, is like using malt extract as opposed to all grain. Um, you've used both over the years. I thought Matt was going to say, like, you know, it'd be like, you know, masturbating instead of making love or something. <laughs> yeah, he might use something. It might have, we might have cleaned it up, uh, actually. It's been clean. Yeah. But now you've done both. You've used, chi- in fact, you handed out some nice, <laughs> you got, uh, wood- dime, dime bag of oak chips. Of oak chips. Those are famous. Yeah. So yeah. I was looking at my, I have a dime bag. Oh, you do home. have it. Yeah. Yes, I do. I've seen I've, I think I saw those on eBay, actually. I was yeah. playing with that today. So yeah. what do you think about the difference between a barrel or uh, or using oak I, chips? I mean, I, I understand what Matt's saying, and, uh, you know, to a degree, it's totally different. I mean, not to a degree, it is. It's totally different because you don't have the oxygen diffusion through the wood, which goes back to the last segment where I was talking about how thick the stave is. Yeah. And if it's thinner, you have too much oxygen 
diffusing through the wood on the alcohol, which makes acetobacter vinegar. So that's why a thicker stave is important. Um, and so the bigger the barrel, you have less contact of beer with the wood. And then you go to a place like New Belgium or Rodenbach, where they have the big fooders, the upright tanks. Yeah. But then at that point, you how do you clean those things? You can you could you could go the other direction with a fooder, where you don't do a good enough job cleaning. You leave beer behind that's stuck in the wood. The fooder sits empty for you know week, two weeks, and suddenly you have acetobacter growing yeah so that could happen so so going back to you know your question it's give and take it's it's a give and take because you can i i think you can create a sour beer as a home brewer and and i talked about this at the aha conference yeah my presentation you can come up with some sort of program that say you start out you have oak chips that are infected with or impregnated with brett and lactone pedione whatever and you throw that in to say a bucket of beer you know five or six gallon homebrew bucket and i i don't know the exact numbers but in um uh sparrow jeff sparrow's book mm-hmm. he's got a graph or a, a table in there of the oxygen diffusion through plastic buckets through mm-hmm. glass carboys through a five-gallon barrel, a 60-gallon barrel, and a punch-in, which is 120, and then a fooder, the 2,000-gallon or so. And he has a a table in there that graphs out all the different oxygen diffusion you'll get. And it's amazing how much oxygen gets into a six-gallon homebrew bucket You know that you buy at your local homebrew store. So I I think you can easily take oak chips that are infected. And And the oak, you know, to a degree, you don't necessarily need it, but oak is a component of of these beers, you know, whether you're trying to make a lambic Absolutely. or like in our beers, we're trying to get not just the wine flavor out of the barrel, but some tannins and some different oak flavors as well. Yeah. So, you, and it goes back to the segment or two back where we were talking about precision. You know, some of these beers aren't precision oriented. Right. You know, you're going to have to figure it out on your own and it's not as easy as just following a recipe and that's the excitement of barrel aged beers. It's 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 definitely philosophical. I mean, sure. I'm, I'm but it sounds like you. Now about, but you have a great you 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 you're very optimistic about us using cubes yeah. and, and and saying that it's not like making some you know, it's kind not, of half. It's not a half ass way for yeah, us. It's to not do the it. end of the world. The, yeah. I think the biggest thing is if you're using a bucket and say you're using cubes or chips or whatever, it's tasting the beer, say at three months. And deciding, like, well, maybe it's getting too much oxygen, and maybe at this point you move it to a carboy and then finish it off in the carboy. I don't know what that what the exact answer is or what the exact formula is. Right. But you have I th- to have a really good palate and know what you're doing to, yeah. at that point, yeah. it seems like. But what but, about but the- like going back to Cantillon, if you talk to and not even Cantillon, you go Cantillon, you could talk to Armand at, at Dreyfontaine or Frank Boone, you know, I mean those are three of the most well known lambic producers or blenders you know those guys talk about you know and, and Armand from Dreyfontaine and uh, and Jean at Cantillon like they've been doing it for how long you know Armand's dad was a blender and of Lambic and then Jean grew up with his father Jean-Pierre and Jean-Pierre has been doing it for like 20 some years and he's still learning yeah. the art of blending yeah. and so you know I, I feel like a a baby compared to you know these guys in Belgium. <laughs> well, you are probably <laughs> that, that have been doing it for like twenty years, exactly. thirty years, and I've been doing it for well, what soon ten barely. Be twenty. You know? soon, so, but you're an American. Yeah. What about spirals? 
Have, have you had any experience I've, with those? I've never messed around with them. Um, they would certainly work, but I, I think they're too big for a home brewer. Um, they fit in the bung, they're too, and, and they yeah. have a lot of surface area, yeah. so they would work okay. I, 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 I think cubes or chips or whatever are just as good, okay. you know, or dregs, just dregs from a bottle um, would, would work just fine. But, but I, I, think, I think a home brewer can make a good sour beer in some combination of a bucket or you know, right. cubes and then to a carboy or even if it's a five or eight gallon barrel that the staves are super, you know, thin, maybe you only go six months in the barrel and then you rack it to a carboy and then you you put another batch right in. And like McDowell was saying, you just start blending and blending is the funnest part of these beers. It's yeah. scary. It's scary. You mentioned that really but. sour beer that you... you- Maybe almost accidentally made. You use that to blend back. That we it? we often now keep uh, a hard sour beer that's almost undrinkable. I would. Uh, yeah, I mean parts, and there's usually the spontaneous beers that are. Oh. I would like to try that. Damn it, near undrinkable. She says he can drink. It. I, well, <laughs> I don't sure. know. I've only had one beer ever that was too much of, and actually it was a home brewer from one of our longtime listeners, Bug Eater, right. and he and he sent it out to us, and he said. You're always saying that you that no beer is too right. sour for you, and he was right. This motherfucker, it was like uh, uh, thinner. I yeah. mean, it was amazing, yeah. like acetone. But I still, I'm curious to taste that uh, yeah. uh, and how you blend with that. Well, is this consecration blended? Uh, this consecration is typically not blended. What we're looking for more in consecration is good barrels or bad barrels. Mm. So I taste every barrel yeah. when we empty barrels. And on consecration, it's looking for a barrel that's got acetobacter is really what we're looking for. If it's got acetobacter, any trace amounts, it'll just go down the drain. Got it. We'll just dump it. If, if How long does it take for you to know that? Uh, it, how long has that barrel been sitting around before um, you know? It's Consecration's it? four to eight months. Okay. And we typically, I'm just tasting it as we're emptying them. So it's so, not till bottling day or? or uh, yeah, or blending day. We'll, yeah, yeah. we'll go through and taste the barrels along the way. And if we taste them, um, uh, we just chalk the barrel uh you know, check for aceto, okay, you know, whatever it is that we say. Okay, so we'll mark the barrels. The barrels are written up, um, and and the flip side to that is you taste through these barrels, and you find barrels that are magical, yeah, that are just slightly better. <laughs> yeah, oh. Your favorites, and and up until now, we still just blend them into the total blend. We don't, sure. we don't have a reserve. Doesn't it hurt? Yeah, what's your magical no. mark? You you if you check is aceto, well, you mark for magical. Uh, two, you get that one magical one. Doesn't it hurt? To our, blend that our, back in? our our thing is uh, pluses. So like, <laughs> um, two pluses are, you know, absolutely phenomenal. One plus is probably normal. I see. A negative is. One one you know negative or dash is yeah, it's 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 probably passable, but we should taste it. Two neg you know two dashes or two minus signs is um, maybe not. Like we really need to think about this barrel. <laughs> and if I if I taste a barrel before we're emptying it and I and I actually chalk it, you know check check for aceto. Yeah, it's probably going to get dumped. You're I see. So, yeah, yeah. I want to. Uh, this is a little off topic, but it, it has to do with how uh, how precise and wonderful the consecration is. The cork that I just popped that bounced off the ceiling actually turned off the webcam. It landed on the one spot <laughs> in, the in, in the entire studio that could stuff. turn off the webcam, uh, and it did that. So that's uh, great. Good what stuff. A, it's a good. Uh, so is it back on? It's a good omen. I I, I put it back on. All right, I put her pants back on. <laughs> so yeah. just just to kind of you know backtrack. So you're saying so basically for a home brewer. Oak chips are 
going to kind of give you benefit of the doubt that you have the good bugs that you want in there versus having to decide. So chips if, are a better way of keeping that certain strain of yeah, and bugs. I, I kind of like the yolk chips, too, because they can go forever. I mean, you, you literally could probably sit on those things for a long time. In a car and you know what they, you have in those. Versus, yeah, well, even dry. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, like you the only the how do you, only how do you might mean have been that? sitting mean, in my drawer for a we, long time. We, now those those chips that we use, that we gave out, we've done it twice. We've given them out at the this is Denver, at maybe? Denver, yeah. and then we did it at the Northern California Homebrewers. Right. Right. The only thing that, from a homebrewer standpoint, that I think you have to be careful of in reusing them is that it goes back to the whole acetobacter yeah. thing. Yeah. If you don't if you don't clean them with hot water um, and soak them with some hot water. And I don't have a lot of experience dealing with the oak chips on the cleaning side, but if you don't clean them and there's still beer impregnated into the oak chips, uh, then at that point you can have the oxygen working on the oak chips, and then Acetobacter is going to develop. So they're not they're not void of interesting of of Acetobacter. And but they do become void of oak flavor, don't they? Yeah, in time they do, yeah. and and so for us. You know, we're we're using the barrels to contribute some oak flavor, and and we're always calling barrels out and bringing fresh ones in. Yeah. You know, and with this you know. dime bag, I'm not looking for oak flavor. I can <laughs> right. buy oak chips. Right. right. I can yeah. buy oak cubes. It's the, it's certain the, strain. It's, it's, it's the yeah. Vinny yeah. the, the flavor. It's our, it's our household strains. Yeah. Yeah. So, and for that matter, if you have a bottle of beatification, Just which one in only comes out every once in a while, that's the house bugs of our brewery. But I don't know. There, I, I think there's something about the oak chips too. They're, they are adding some oak flavor, and there is a little bit of oak flavor that you get, and it, you know, it comes down to personal. Would you say a culture? Of your buckle mucosa. Put <laughs> <laughs> that in there. So, uh, in terms of bugs, what about the ones that we can buy in in the vials? Right. Keeping in mind that White Labs is a sponsor. Right. No, I want you. To, I, they don't care. I want you to answer honestly. I mean, we're t- stealing your bugs is is such a wonderful thing for yeah. homebrewers. Cause it's fun. Not only because yeah. we can taste it in your beer, but what do you think about the vials? And we're, it's and it's not just our stuff. I mean, you can you can get Orval's Brett, you can get Cantillon, Dre Fontaine, Boone, Jardin. Yeah. I mean, all these guys. It's in their bottle. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you if are you, these the uh, bottling strains. Well, it's it, in lambic. It's not so much that it's the bottling strain. Well, I mean, it's like, just like, that it's in the beer like and it boom. settles if out. I, if I yeah. can take the dregs yeah. of boon, I dump yeah. it into something. I'm gonna get close. You're, you're gonna get. You're gonna get their okay. Good um, bacteria and brett mm-hmm. and whatever else. Uh, good. Yeah, I mean this. The beer that I'm about to open, sanctification. Thank you. Is our 100 percent Britannomyces beer, mm. and that is fermented with a brett strain that Avery Brewery cultured from a. Dre Fontaine okay. bottle when Adam and I went to Belgium together with, with hmm. Sam and Tommy and Rob. And he, he just was enamored with Dre Fontaine that he brought back these bottles and then they isolated the Brett out of the uh, <laughs> nice you know, out of the beer, out wow. of the yeast slurry, and then now he's uh they're, all available. they're 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 making their hundred percent Brett beer with it, the one they did for their anniversary beer, and then I've since used it a few times. Now this this isn't quite ready to Get released when I open the well, bottle. Don't open this, it. With this, uh... <laughs> you pointed at me for. It. I told you to point it at Chad. Dude. Uh, that's Bowman, though. What's going on around so, here? <laughs> uh, but this this was sick uh, when I tasted it two weeks ago. Uh, uh, and, uh, bottle shock. Sick. Is that yeah, what you mean? Sick. Sick is a uh, is a Belgian term. 
meaning that the PDOC, when I'm pouring it, it's still almost like lava lamp like when you pour it in L- lumpy lumpy and it's, yeah, yeah and that's weird. that's the pdo still working so oh. this we were hoping to release this on february 5th with the uh Guess still not. finishing my consecration with the uh the on. younger and and supplication wow. but i i don't think it'll be ready so this is not on the shelf yet no not on the shelf so I'm this is hold this up to the microphone so i can smell it batch four <laughs> sanctification. Yeah. we haven't bottled this in probably two years <laughs> but uh, but if you wow. if you take a little bit on your finger and then you put it together and see how it's sticky it oh, almost, yeah. it's it, that's the ropiness of what when it's when they talk there. when they talk oh. about ropiness yeah. that's it so i i brought this specifically figuring that we'd be talking about it's, it tastes great, but it's kind of a weird consistency in your mouth when you drink a beer that's ropey. And in Belgium, the Lambic brewers will talk about sick beers, or someone once told me a beer with demons. Um, but, <laughs> but sick is the more appropriate term, and it just basically means that the the PDO is 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 kicked up, and it's it's creating ropiness, and it goes away. And and in time, it gets broken down, so the long chains get broken down right. and get shorter okay. and shorter and shorter, and eventually they go away. Hmm. So in this case, the beer uh, is the second time it's been sick, and it, it bloomed up hmm. as because there was fresh sugar. Added to it for bottle conditioning. It's got so, a really creepy mouthfeel to isn't it. Isn't it? Also. Yeah. yeah. It's a, creepy is a great way yeah, to describe it. Yeah. It's kind of creepy. It's it's oh, not yeah. as if there's something wrong with That's it. That's like but a it's, false mouthfeel. It's, it's, it's creepy. It's, it's slickery. It's it presents slickery. itself yeah. it's gone. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that weird? It is weird. It's, it's weird, slickery. Yeah. We, were, we were at Cantillon once, and uh, Natalie and I were there, and it was just like a month or two after I had been there with Sam and Rob and and uh, Adam and Tommy and and I had never we had just really were getting into the barrel stuff at that point and we had beers getting sick and I didn't know what the hell was going on I'd never heard of this term sick or noose I mean I've heard of ropiness but I didn't know okay. I'd never seen it in beer and 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 Jean had was he talked about sick and I'm like what does that mean? Yeah, and, and he, good or he bad, described it yeah. to me, and I'm like, "Oh my god, my beers are sick." <laughs> and, yeah, and he says, "Oh, it's a good thing. You know, all beers that are sick will get a more depth of sourness and more Got richness." And, and but then, like later in the week, we went to Boone and Dre Fontaine and, and Frank Boone and Armand from Dre Fontaine were like, "Oh, the beer should never be sick." You know, they oh, were really? talking about so it, it goes back to. You know, personal preference. Yeah, but I. But then two months later, Natalie and I were back in Belgium just for our own vacation, and we went to Cantillon. Natalie had never been, and so Jean started pouring us beers out of barrels, and and the you know tasting of. We were like comparing stories. We we're like, well, my beer's been this sick, and he he had one where he took a glass and he like poured it. And it was about a maybe six or nine inches apart. Yeah. And it was one long string. It looked <laughs> oh, like snot. It looked like snot. Oh, and then Natalie really threw it. up. Natalie took it and tasted it, and she's like, yeah. <laughs> "It even it, it smells different too. It actually doesn't have that nice uh, kind of clean soury it's not smell. A, it's not yeah. a sharp. Taste. It's just yeah. not a sharp. That's all. It doesn't smell bad, this, but it's this, not sharp. And this, yeah. we we've changed sanctification. Our hundred percent Brett beer. We've made it less acidic. We're adding less lacto and PDO to the um, 
beer when it's aging. We now have all these barrel beers. I mean, if you live in the Bay Area, Temptation and Consecration are both year-round beers. Sure. Mm. Your local bottle shop will have both those sour beers year-round. We have them on tap at the pub almost year-round. Mm. Consecration, for sure. Temptation, we're trying to. Yeah. And we're going to do the same with Supplication. We, we're holding enough back, so hopefully it's on the shelves in the Bay Area year-round, too. So when someone comes and visits us... You know, at least they can find these sour beers. It's not just a one-off random. That's, that's a really, great. you know, yeah. and it's, um, it's got to be difficult to do. Cool. I guess now that you yeah. have, I, I've seen your barrel room. Yeah, which I don't even understand how you get around in that thing to figure out how everything is doing and keeping track of it. It's now a huge. Uh, compared to the brew pub, you now yeah. have a big ass barrel room with a giant ass roll up door, and you have to be like uh, Cirque du Soleil to get around the thing. Yes, uh, you got to climb up on that. Yeah, it's a maze yeah. of. Uh, and now we're now we've uh, we have another warehouse next door, another five thousand square foot oh, warehouse, and we're we've we've now got another thousand square foot of barrels. Over wow. there now, too. So uh, cool. So that's so how you're able to keep them rotating. That's why I'm going to find it yeah. on the shelves. Okay, good. Yeah. So Thank we're, you. I mean, we're, we now, we now own five, probably 600, 650 barrels are in wow. our program mm. now. And, uh, okay. it's, it's getting to be a, I, I, you know, it's a figure of speech, but a full time job. <laughs> but it's getting to be a pretty, <laughs> gonna have your own barrels pretty, on. pretty busy, uh, job. And that's, that's my, you know, I'll I'll give up brewing and you know day to day operation. You know, brewing transfers. Yeah, keg cleaning. Bottling. Sure. Yeah, keg yeah. cleaning. Of course. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the barrels are something that are you know because I, I I have a lot of brewer friends that expanded. Like say they built a second brewery or they grew, and then they couldn't brew anymore, and they became um, a bean counter. Uh, yeah, or almost like a dysfunctional brewery owner because they weren't involved day to day anymore. Because <laughs> they missed. I know some guys that did that. I'm not going to mention their yeah. names. So. I mean, you know them then. And it's my goal for the BN. <laughs> one day I, I can't <laughs> host shows anymore. I'm just a, I'm just a retard you're in the gonna, corner. You're going to make yourself obsolete. Absolutely. So, I would but, love it. But like the barrel beers. knobs is all you're going to be doing. <laughs> the barrel beers to me are the stuff I You're never going to leave you that. Want. Yeah, that's well, what I, I love. I hate, to do, I hate to always bring uh, it back to Cantillon. But, I don't really hate to do it. But to understand it and to be a part of that... You don't feel comfortable just handing it off to somebody else who hasn't grown up with those yeah. barrels. I mean, those yeah. are part yeah. of your whole thing. I was on jury or jury duty call last week. I didn't actually get called in, oh, but I kept dreaming about and I and I'd put it off for like a year. <laughs> so they finally were like, uh, "You yeah. at least have to." You be ran on out of call. excuses, yeah. sir. Yeah. yeah. So, but and so so that started last Monday. So a week ago tomorrow, and uh, I was thinking about okay, what am I going to say? Like because. Friday, we emptied consecration barrels. Okay. So, like, what am I going to tell the judge? Like, I mean, it's my palate. It's, <laughs> yeah. These beers are based on what I taste. That's right. And I still haven't given them up. That's right. right. That's the one part of the business. Like, you know, our, our brewing crew, it's Eric or Guy or Al or, or Mike, they can do everything in the brewery without me. Yeah. yeah. But you're, the one you're the thing... Guy with the, you're, you're the guy with the chalk. No, it's, can yeah. put two X's. Yeah. Plus, plus, minus, two pluses minus. or two minuses. <laughs> two pluses yeah. two minuses, man. But that's something that I, I won't give up yet. <laughs> no, you never you do anything you. else. <laughs> you want to do that. So, there's something about... No, that's, it's that's that, how it should be. I mean, those... Well, that, I mean, that, it, but, and, and it seems absurd on the surface, but when you think about it, you think about a winemaker... That's, that's like, the whole year. Yeah. That's the whole year yeah. on out. Yeah. You know, eventually we need you to have a protege, right? Because what's going to happen, Vinny? I mean, you're going to get old. Yeah, I don't know. 
have to, you have to yeah. put it out. You can to, lose your palate. Yeah. You put it out to the point where you know your your low season. Maybe it could be a BN contest. Yeah. Who's who will be v, yeah. Vinny's next protege? <laughs> you know, oh, you know, Vinny's puppet. Jeez, <laughs> oh, don't bring that up. Just like The Apprentice. <laughs> yeah. We can make oh, okay. it just like The Apprentice. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're fired. <laughs> Is that what he says? Uh, yeah, you're fired. The yeah, BN could produce that show for you, yeah. Vinny. You yeah. can be yeah, hardcore. You can sit yeah. up there and just... Vinny, it's going to have to happen. <laughs> Sooner or later. You know what? You're not thinking about that yet, are you? No, I'm not. You're in denial. <laughs> That's good. You're very optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. I think about death too much not to think yeah. about that, Vinny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm worried about your beer coming out. Yeah, uh, what, you know, I mean, uh, in all honesty, I, it'll happen organically. At some point, we'll, our business will be to a point yeah. where... You know, the crew isn't just, all right, we're filtering today. We're, you know, we're racking, we're kegging, we're bottling. They will know. get it. They're and, creating beer. Vinny doesn't know what day it is. And, no, because it'll happen organically. You know, and one of the guys will be that person that yeah. knows be that guy. the barrels and, and you know, not not necessarily he gets a piece appreciates of them. Yeah, Paco exactly. with the chalk. <laughs> it's actually yeah. part of the, uh, the janitor that's got the best palate. It's actually part of the BN business plan that eventually we will plant Chad in some position and he will he will take over. It's all in the works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've started already. You yeah. just haven't. You don't even scheme. know it. Interesting strategy. Yeah, <laughs> it started with Tasty infiltrating with a, oh, yeah, with a nice a beer, yep. yeah, exactly. and and Chad just sort of follows along. Yeah, and, uh, yeah he's taking pictures. Before yeah. you know it, man, he'll yeah. be running the show. Yeah, or at least. The centrifuge. And his dad. It'll just happen organically. That's <laughs> yeah. uh, that's how it should be. All right. Uh, I'm going to take our last break. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap things up with Vinny. We will now take your Drunk of the Week calls. I know it's a holiday tomorrow, so there's probably some good Drunk of the Week calls oh, yeah, out there. Be. Any last questions for Vinny? Get them in now. I've got a few in front of me, so we'll answer everything and we'll get out of here as soon as we can. Vinny's got a long drive, so hang in cha, there. Cha, cha. We'll be back in a few. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmasters Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmasters database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmasters Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your 
pot, and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, special rotating taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. What's going on, man? Oh, my God. It was the best time. We hit, like, more than 30 breweries and uh, totally the best of the best, you know. Russian River, uh, Firestone, the, the brewery dudes, uh, 21st Amendment, Lagunitas, friggin' Triple Rock, uh, the Double Daddy guy, Speakeasy, Linden, and uh, Firehouse, Gordon Bees, Drake's, dude, on and on. Ale Industries, Moonlight. It was totally awesome. And, and it was the uh, and it was the first annual. You know, I got to be at the birth, the inception. You only get one first time, baby. What's that? Oh, it was the uh, it was the Brewing Network's first annual Winter Brews Festival. Live music, great food. Ah, oh, man, it was uh, Saturday, January thirtieth. You really should have gone. Check out thebrewingnetwork.com on tap to see what you missed, or did you? The first annual Brewing Network Winter Brews Festival is coming up January thirtieth. Don't miss it. What's funny is Bruce will say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. Sports beer. The home of Lodge Beer Radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, Radio shouldn't suck. Alright, welcome back. Wrapping things up. Couple things left to do. Yeah, I drink some more drunk beer. Drunk of the week phone calls. We're gonna be doing that here. And uh, Chad's got more information about our winner of the Best in Show deal. I, I did hear one of uh, you know which beer it was from Donnie that won, and it was the Imperial Rye Red named Red Velvet. Uh-huh. Ooh, the the winner of the Rye Doug Rye. King Memorial um, I like competition. The Red Velvet. By the Maltos Falcons, right? Put on by the Maltos Falcons. Red Velvet cupcakes. They're delicious. Ah. Where's that right? Totally off topic. Yeah. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> explains that explains that big ass, Bevo. Shut up, boss. <laughs> Wait, jerk. I'm not, Sorry, let, I totally noticed. That would be fine face. ass to you. <laughs> yeah, 
888-401-BEER. We'll take DOTW phone calls. Don't forget, every DOTW puts you in the running for Drunk of the Year, which we just did. Uh, we had our last last week's show was our Brewing Network Awards. How do you pick the Drunk of the Year? Well, it's usually based <laughs> upon tough. the comedy of their phone call uh, is what happens. I should be a judge on that. I can find my own Drunk of the Year. <laughs> well, not like that. You must get to meet a lot of Drunk of the Years, especially yeah, really. BN Drunk of the Years as you travel. We apologize for them, by the way. You get a lot of BNers come up to you when you show up to events? Um, we get a lot of drunk people anywhere. <laughs> In general. At the pub. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. boy, the, Natalie and I should write a book on. Uh, <laughs> you should, yeah. We once we once had a deal where uh, this guy was picking up on a girl. We knew we knew both of the customers. Uh, he was profoundly drunk, probably more intoxicated <laughs> than he should than he should have been in our pub. Yeah, and uh, she didn't want to have anything to do with him. She said, "Get away." He didn't. Okay. You know, no means no. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she took a pint glass and oh. broke it on the side of his head. Oh, shit. Oh. Uh, like a full-ass pint uh, glass? Yeah. Like, was she yeah. drunk, too? Or oh, yeah, that was she just was her drunk. being... Okay. But yeah. that wasn't the end of it. Then she WWF'd him with a chair, took a stool, and <laughs> hit him a bunch of <laughs> Bravo! She is truly my hero. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And we, oh, and we had this on the surveillance camera so natalie and i like watched it over and over again <laughs> like it was a bad car accident you gotta oh, you youtube that, that shit man <laughs> mr. Tape mr no youtube yeah. that'll get a lot of views right there i can see it happen in chat <laughs> yeah. oh man should post wow. should, uh, yeah i thought they're gonna, be, they're gonna yeah. be up there again we'll come up and watch uh, coffee, i bet a lot of bar owners yeah. coffee see oh, that. coffee table book right there yeah. you know you're gonna have like all Ba-boo. these great stories of <laughs> We did a we did a panel discussion at GABF this year, uh, and it had Chris Black on it, and we were just talking about pub culture in the U.S. Yep. And the thing I I really tried to pin down Chris about was Chris uh, Black owns Falling Rock in Denver. Uh, oh and, my! And so I just said, the, for one, he's nuts. Chris Black is insane. Yep. And then being one of these great beer bars that he has, it's he gets huge. a lot of insane pe- uh, insane people coming through. So we just had him tell. Stories yeah. like you, like you've yep. told, and oh man, he's got good ones. Yeah, people he said to drag out of there, and distributors included. Oh yeah, <laughs> I once I once uh, when we were like six or twelve months into the pub, a uh, we had this bartender, and she was opening, and she was she was tough. I mean, she was a uh, big. She was strong. She was no frills. She was, she was badass. <laughs> yeah, and and. She comes running into the brewery like crying. I mean, she was crying. She's like, and she, you know, she was like gasping, you know, like your child would do when they've injured themselves or oh, whatever. Wow. Crying and trauma. She's shock. Yeah, and she's like, there's a there's a guy in the bathroom. And, and I go into the women's restroom, and there's a homeless guy that had come into the door after she had unlocked it, and he was masturbating. Oh. In the, and all of that finish? sounds like me at Cantillon. <laughs> I was finish? hysterical. Uh, I was masturbating. I, I, I'm not sure where he was at. I grabbed him. You mean Cantillon. I grabbed him by his neck, you and then he way. fell, and I grabbed him by his leg, and his pants were like up around his waist at that point, uh, and I just dragged him out and kicked him out onto the street. Oh, please uh, write this coffee table book. This <laughs> yeah. is great. And it could just be illustrations. Since you don't have uh, photos... 
Just get somebody who draws creepy illustrations. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd pay to see that. <laughs> I'd buy that one. Yeah, there's yeah. Uh, every. I'm sure every bar owner has. Has this happened to you? Has or just you know just stories like that? Just like you're saying, Chris had. You yeah, know, yeah. It's just like, oh my god, these people are. Yeah, you know, I love it. We've had people walk behind the bar, like, what the fuck are you doing? This isn't you know yeah. in <laughs> your house. Yeah, it'd probably be great to get a few of you together and do this so that it's re- so every page is really yeah. like an amazing story like, that I can top that I can top that this is really this that's is the name kind of, of the book this, I can top this really kind of right up the BM's alley this yeah. maybe we should make this our first endeavor into publishing I'll, I'll let you go I'll get with you guys uh, and uh, this yeah. is really kind of this is our people's kind of story yeah right I can top that <laughs> yeah all right, 888-401-BEER. Listen to me right now. Call in for Drunk of the Week. Uh, Bevo's uh, trying to pay attention to the phones. and Because uh, we're going to get out of here real soon. Hammered and belligerent. We're going to go have some uh, Russian River pizza. Video, I'm kind of reading the chat room, and somebody wants you to make a beer called Masturbation. It's already been done. <laughs> Another shun you have? Yeah, uh, Marin, Marin Brewery. Arnie uh, made it for us for our third year anniversary they actually made a label for us uh shane one of their former brewers uh uh, is a great artist actually shane drew the uh, two-man saw on the collaboration label between Uh us and avery oh yeah um, but yeah arnie made us a beer called masturbation it was a gag gift for natalie and i for like our (laughs) third or fourth anniversary but i have every every bottle beer we ever done in my office that's in there and and there's a bottle of masturbation (laughs) there was there was another one that uh never got made but uh, when the live Club was open in San Diego. Louis Mello, the owner, was a dear friend of mine, still is, and um, he made a, he took the Trident off the Damnation label and made it into a Bident. And, uh, and called it double penetration. Nice. <laughs> and uh, there's so nice. many shuns that can be. And, uh, yeah. and the slogan was it 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 hurts so good. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's good. I'm not really sure how I feel about that. <laughs> Um, there's somebody on the phone. Yeah. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't know what he said when I asked him what his name was, so have fun with that. <laughs> Could be a good Drunk of the Week call. Caller, who are we talking awesome. to? Awesome. Uh, uh, Baumgartner. Oh, got ba- it. Baumgartner. <laughs> Baumgartner? Where are you calling from, brother? Uh, Wisconsin. Ah, oh, good old Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Is this a Drunk of the Week call? <laughs> yes, sir. All right, give us the resume. What do you add? Uh, uh Bomber American Bastard Ale. Okay. Some dogfish head worldwide stout. Did you drink the whole bottle? Did you finish a bottle yeah. of that? Oh, you're a badass For motherfucker. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's just like Quentin Tarantino's wallet. Badass <laughs> motherfucker. Why would you open the bottle and not finish it? He makes a good point. Okay. Yeah, like <laughs> finish <cool>. sentences. <laughs> All right, what else? Uh, some Smith, Samuel Smith brown ale. Uh, a couple of my Imperial Dark Side Imperial Stout. Little Star Wars label on that. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Star Wars. I, I, I have it hanging next to my lifesaver. Okay. <laughs> he, he laughs but didn't deny it. Yeah, true. <laughs> hey. <we're> <laughs> Bomgar, are you uh, are you single? Uh, no, I have a girlfriend. <laughs> sure. <laughs> she two dimensional. She lives in Man, Russia, though. We haven't. I haven't seen oh. her. Is her name no, no, Mom? Vivo. Oh, oh, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Just checking. Do you have a job? Uh yeah. What do you do? Arby's. Arby's. Uh, Does Arby's <laughs> still do the uh, curly fries? 
I like that Vinny has a question no, about no, Arby's. Yeah, I, was, I was listening to that, uh, the Frolito, the what, the French fry blog? <laughs> yes. Where they were going oh, off with, like, Jay, where it was with like Jay Brooks. Yeah. Jay, Jay loves French them French fries, He's a French man. fry connoisseur. Exactly. So yep. you yeah, still have no. the curly fries. You're, yeah, they have curly fries. But you had a guest on that was talking about like mashed potato squeezed through a fucking net and then fried. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Carl's Jr. used to do that. <laughs> that, that kind of I like me. those. <laughs> all right, you are definitely in the running for Drunk of the Week, man. All right. Is that all you drank? No, I... Uh, <laughs> I didn't think you were done. <laughs> I didn't think you were done. says there's more. Gary, what else? Sorry. on my computer desk. <laughs> That's just what's in front of you there. Yeah. Can you remember the other stuff? Uh, there was a couple other, like, homebrew pale ales and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Good enough, That's man. All right. You're in the run. I'm putting a star by your name. And, uh... <laughs> we know how that goes. <laughs> All right, brother. You're in the running. Yeah, I... Thank you. If you Thanks, guys man. are going to be going for the drunk of the week, uh, start out with a list. Yeah. Well, keep in mind, you, too, You're going to forget. Well, tonight's good, too, because uh, you got to keep in mind, tomorrow's a holiday for most places. So these guys... Uh, Start out early. We should be getting some Drunk of the Year candidates tonight. Oh, they should have been drinking since noon. Yeah. Answer the phone, Bevo. Eight 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 four zero one beer Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. It wasn't yeah. even showing it was ringing until you said that. Chill out. All right. <laughs> Chill out. I'm watching it over here. I'm on you. I'm watching you. Shut it, whore. We had a staff meeting uh, this week, a, a 2010... Mm. Staff meeting. I don't think we've ever had a staff meeting for, for this. Yeah, for this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like you're some sort of organization. Is it, that's is what it, they said to me. Is it staff if you don't pay them? No. Yes, <laughs> it is. Oh, I've become very serious about this, Vinny. I'm very serious now. Oh my god. Yeah. And well, that's what I said. That's my cat. It's a professionalism. You sound like my staff, Vinny. <laughs> it's boob. It's boob. Oh, boob. Hey. Yeah, so we Twice sat down for a very serious staff meeting, and I told everybody that they need to be more professional. I'm glad and, I missed that. Uh, you know, I, I once fired a volunteer at Black JP Pig. JP cried. <laughs> JP cried. Did you, you say that again? I once had to fire a volunteer. You did? Wow. Black Pig. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's pretty serious when you have to fire a volunteer. That's very really serious. <laughs> I don't even have, I don't have the balls to do that. I, I, I do that. Uh, <laughs> you fire oh, volunteers? Oh, oh yeah. Well, you but you, you your work is more serious than mine. It's all serious. You baby. have to fix teeth. Well, it's fun to fire. You know what? It's never fun to fire, but you know what? They deserve it. Yeah, yeah. Firing is no. They're fun, hurting the team. Yeah, it's I was be in, a cold hustler. I was in Doc's chair last week too. Well, it wasn't really Doc's. It was Janie, the yeah, Janie, the teeth cleaning Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> this woman, she actually, well, she uses that. You know, she has that teeth cleaning hook. I'm pretty sure that she cleaned out my liver. From my gums. She went all the way. You're clean, aren't you? This woman's amazing. Yeah, oh, I come yeah. out of there feeling fantastic. Yeah. I needed Vicodin for the fucking gum disease, <laughs> the gum pain I left yeah. with. No, she's awesome, actually. Yeah. There you go. Aren't Lucky you the only you know. patient that gets nitrous for the cleaning? I get nitrous for uh, just showing up. Oh, I see. <laughs> I call You come it, by yeah. for nitrous. Yeah, I come into the I waiting room, list. and they're like, oh, Mr. Crosley, come back. Come back to the nitrous room. <laughs> We've been expecting you. Yeah, I have connections at the doc at the dentist office. Hey, Boob, what's happening? Hey, uh, I'm calling about the uh, anniversary party because party? I just got my birthday present a couple weeks early, and it's going up there for the anniversary party. So I need to book this shit. Oh, is that right? 
Are you yeah. talking about? Oh, wait, are we talking about the the beer fest? The beer fest? The winter beer fest in no, two no, weeks no, 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 no. or no, 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 no. The anniversary party? He's talking about BNA five. Okay. Well, boob. Boob. Well, what exactly was your birthday present? Was it to come to California or was it to go wherever? The... No, it was go up north. Okay, out north, I north see. from. Oh, we'll be there. Oh, I know. Because BNA five, it looks like is going to be in Minnesota. Minnesota, right? That's that's what I uh, understood. And yeah. It's like uh, I don't know if I can take the whole do the whole NHC thing, yeah, especially if there's a BNA party in front of it. Right. I'm just gonna get fucked up. <laughs> That's a that's a, that's a shocker. That's hey, amazing. Just 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 you're in for the whole count. I uh, you, you can't just come for the for no, the BNA five. Sorry, dude. You know. At 120 bucks a night for a hotel. I you mean, know what? I'm, no, no. You, you can with brew tattoo or something. Exactly. You probably could. Exactly. I'm sure somebody will share a room with you or their dude, floor. My ass can only take so much. Yeah. Vinny always gets double beds. You can maybe have uh, the other bed in Vinny's room. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Natalie would love that. I'm sure there's a Motel Six nearby. This is creepy short dude with a beard. Yeah. Well, okay, so it's definitely happening in Minnesota. Um, there's some things that are up in the air because... Uh, You're a slacker. No, because we're trying... So we had this great idea. We're trying idea. to make it bigger and badder than ever. The deal is we have, the, we have this wonderful idea that we want to do it on a riverboat. And we're gonna That's we're cool. talking about renting a, a, actually two riverboats that connect to each other once you get out on the river and you can walk <laughs> in between them just to accommodate all the BNers. That's just freaky. There's one. Dude. There's one Dude. major snack. Everything yes. is I'm myself a package. It's Jeff. all a piece of cake. We've got beer ready to. Uh, the whole thing is is there and ready to be this badass party. We have one major snag, and that People is. We're gonna die because they fall into the river. No, Whatever. I don't Where mind that. Fest? That doesn't bother me. Well, people about from that. the Let West Coast can swim. The major problem is that uh, the Wednesday night before the oh. conference, which I want to be our night uh, forever, uh, is sold out for some strange reason. There's something happening on the riverboats that we missed the boat, so to speak. Okay, here's here's the novel idea. You probably haven't thought of it yet. But Wednesday nights are not a very popular night. Obviously, apparently for riverboats, old ladies in hats, they are. But strip clubs, you can rent out a whole strip club, and it'd be the BN party with, like, strippers. We are looking for alternatives. Veto. I'm listening. Bevo, you don't veto. have veto power um, over this. Veto. Especially when it comes no. to strippers. You're, you're, yeah. Yeah. We're hoping we get the boat and veto. the strippers. Once stripper gets involved, you shush. You don't get any input. Unless, unless like, it's being on I'm a pole. I'm, like, two-quarters <laughs> stripper. So you are, now you are a stripper. Well, now she's... Okay. So, and I get to veto it. Anyhow, either way, it's there... There's a possibility it might happen Tuesday if we're if we really want to do this riverboat thing, oh, but I think that's going to be a big problem oh, for a lot shit. of listeners. That'd be so. dragging it on. Yeah, riverboat how are, could how be are bad. you two quarters stripper? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, that'd be one half. I'm just not that smart. <laughs> no, the other two quarters well, stopped yourself from doing it. She has done a strip. You'll notice she has a stripper pole right there next yeah. to her yeah. in Evil Studio pole. A, uh, uh, which is where we were the last time you were here. Evil um, pole. We actually put up that stripper pole in a usable fashion. And both Doc and Bevo have done a strip tease for us. I see. Uh, Doc, uh, it ended up uh, tragically. He was, I bet. He's still injured. Uh, Bevo, I however, I had to seek not so tragic. Therapy. Yeah, there was it, lots it was of lows. We'll say that. Had to go to church a lot more too to, for, for forgiveness. It was awkward. All right, Bob, I gotta go. But the short answer <laughs> is it's happening in Minnesota. Oh, all right, bye. Bye. All right, eight 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 four zero one beer. Drunk of the week calls. Bring him in. Question for you, Vinny. Came through a bit earlier. Um, kind of a serious question. Back no, to, back to serious no. topics. 
30-minute hop edition. Not stripper poles. <laughs> no stripper poles. <laughs> it was a 30-minute hop edition question where there's a lot of talk about how, you know, it's just sort of this weird range where we're, where the, the aroma is, is all burnt off at right. 30 minutes. Uh, the question is, uh, do, should we really be doing this or 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 should we just move it to a, a 20 or a 15 or a 10? Right. What's this middle of the boil and bullshit more, is more the question. More of that. Yeah. What do you think about that? Uh, you know, I, I think that any place you put hops into the boil, no matter what it is, it's going to affect what you do. It does, right? It It's going to affect what you do. It may not be what you like, but it's going to affect, you know, what you do. And uh, it, it has to, you know. I mean, otherwise, that'd be like saying that a certain hop variety you know, in the smallest amount yeah. isn't going to contribute any flavor. If that's the case, it's like, well, we we, sh- we should have never gotten away from Cascade and Cluster, right. you yeah. know? So, well, I, I, I mean, w- I, I just think that it's, you know, you may not you may not think that, but I for those that don't think that hops can do anything at mid-boil or early, you know, contribute this or that, make a beer and only put Chinook in at the bittering edition yeah. and don't put any mid-boil or finish in. Put enough in so you get enough bitterness and see how much hop you'll smell out of Chinook. It's a perfect hop to use as a Okay. Because it's a carryover hop. Because it'll carry over. Like Northern Brewers. Certain hops don't carry over. So maybe the question needs to become more what will carry over, not necessarily whether it's good or bad. Because it it comes down to personal preference, really. I'm with you when you said changing one thing. And uh, like the 30 minute thing, uh, let's change one thing we'll put it at the, the 20 minute thing to the same thing set it right. 20 and, and see, see if what it happens. makes it what you want yeah it's a good question though because because there's so much talk about the volatiles being right. burnt off yeah. and but it but it you know if you think about uh, first wort hopping you know a, a hop like cascade or centennial or simcoe emerald whatever those are a high in myrcene um those type those types of hops are not good for first wort hopping yeah no. but then you take something that's got like a lot of you know Cumulating or whatever, yeah, something similar to that. Um, they work. They work actually really good on first wort hopping, and that's why it, that's why it kind of started in Germany. Yeah, you know, at mm. Spaten or whatever brewery it was, where they accidentally dumped it'll stick some around hops, for a while, yeah. you know, into a tank that was just being a kettle that was just being filled. Okay, and this is this is a George Fix story. Probably that an intern, he told right? Years ago, yeah, probably an intern. Yeah, and then and then you know an old timer at the brewery was like, oh, we used to do this all the time. We used to add the hops, and then first wort hopping was like rediscovered, reborn, yeah. reborn. But you know, so that it's it's all it, it's probably relative to what variety you're using too, and that maybe some hops work better and and some don't for whatever type of beer. Okay, you know, you're you're making all right. But, um, it, it, all, yeah. it all turns out too. Uh, what what kind of beer you're making? Uh, think we've talked about things dropping out so soon. Uh, right after we make the beer, yeah, and it, stuff is going to like sh- it's going to peak Stick and then, just, then it's going to go down. Uh, and what do we want to make that beer to do? Yeah, uh, we want to put it in a little early to make it last yeah. a little longer, a little later, and have right up front. We're going to lose it really soon. Peter Peter Buchart, the brewmaster mm-hmm. in New Belgium, New Belgium. Um, he he gave this presentation a few times that I saw. It was it was called Ten Minutes of Pleasure. <laughs> and it was uh, not that kind of pleasure. That's impossible. <laughs> and it wasn't with a stripper pole behind it. <laughs> yeah. But but the, the the presentation was about as a brewer, you make this beer and 
and the consumer is basically going to drink it in 10 minutes. Yeah. And he obviously he was given it from a commercial brewer standpoint. Mm. And that in 10 minutes, that's it. So basically you have the consumer's attention for 10 minutes. Right. And then the beer is gone. But in that presentation, he also talked about how you can only work with what you have. And so some things you can't control. Right. Some things you can. And and if there's something you can't control, so be it. You know, Sure. What are you going to do? Let it go. Yeah. yeah. But if it's something, so to take that idea and sort of yeah. extrapolate it out a little based on the 30-minute thing, if it's something you can control... You know, there's no books written on right thirty minute hop edition, for example, or diacetyl or acetobacter things that that we don't like, but there's someone out there that does like it, and so I think you have to be yeah, you have to control your your judgment, I guess, to quickly judge something. Sure. To then say, well, it may be right for person A, but not person B, but as a home brewer, it's experimenting. I'm know? putting out a more uh, realistic beer this year called 30 Seconds of Pleasure. And, <laughs> Yours? Uh, I think it's going to be... The, the Justin Chronicle. It's going to be a, it's gonna be a big Justin hit. Justin Chronicle. It's going to be a yeah. real big People like realism. Caller, you're on the air. Who are we talking to? That's hey, you. Me? Yeah, that's uh, you, yeah, brother. We're talking what, to you, baby. What's going on? No. Hey. Hey, talking to the phone. Um, Who are we talking to? No, no, no. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, I um, I was on hold for like five minutes. That's yeah, my bad. Minutes. That happened. What's your name? Uh, Philly Beer Geek. Philly Beer Geek. Philly, what's earlier. up? Earlier. Yeah, called earlier. Um, calling in for Drunk of the Week. Yes. So since your last coherent question, you've had a few beers, I guess. And uh, so I, I had a few beers before my last coherent question <laughs> too. I just can keep it straight. Let's hear about them. At that point. All right, give us your resume. Um, since like. Two, I've had, you know, like, say, seven Guinnesses, and then I went to the six-pack shop. Yeah, but Guinness is only, like, 3% alcohol. (laughs) That's true. Well, no, 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 let me me finish. What are you, Irish? How many Uh, people drink seven Guinness, anyway? (laughs) Go on. Well, no, no, I I get them in a case, but in in, in, uh, Pennsylvania, we have six-pack shops to get beers. Yeah, you have screwed up laws there. (laughs) You've got to buy a better case. I got a couple 750s of wit beer. Uh, St. Bernard's Whip Beer and uh, uh, Brewery Autumn Maple. Oh, and, good beer. Um, yeah, very good beer. And uh, It's distributed out there? Yeah, it is. The nice. brewery. Um, I remember the bar that sold it. You know Patrick Vinny down at the brewery? Oh, yeah. Uh, he's just. I do know Patrick. I love this kid. He's yep. making great <laughs> beers. Yep. I, All just right. p- I just picked up a bunch of his beers uh, this last All right, let's hear the rest day. of your list. Go on. No, and, um, oh, what's the last one? Oh, it was, um, Dogfish Head Sati. It's, uh, it's, um, uh, chai tea and, and juniper beer. All right. And, Low in um, and then I, and then I switched back to the Guinnesses, and I had, like, five more. Ran out of Guinnesses. Like and I'm at the girlfriend's place, so I, I switched out to vodka tonics. <laughs> what does the vodka tonic have to do with the girlfriend? Because he, he wasn't drunk enough. It's gonna get a loop. I gotta, up. I gotta be honest with you. You because don't sound drunk. And she doesn't have he beer. doesn't. No, because I, I brought the Guinness up to her place and, and I, I housed it. So which brings me back to my liquor. point about she's letting you drink her vodka. Yeah, yeah. 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 What is Guinness? I'm drinking her vodka now. Four under four, dude. I was Under-four. laying horizontal 
on her barroom floor yeah, until you, you guys finally picked up the phone. Oh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and what's the floor made of? Well, the Guinness probably yeah, wore but off. Was the, but was the room spinning? <laughs> it's barely, man. I'm, I'm, I'm on, it's a patio converted to a barroom, so it's like, it's, uh, You're slamming, it's 48 right? degrees here, and I'm wearing a t-shirt and underwear. Is your girlfriend awake? And, uh, That's um, no, she's Water not. And I'm oh. not waking her ass up. I know you guys. Come on. You could win. Hey, you want this? You wake her up. <laughs> That'll help. You want this? You no, wake I, her up. I don't want to be like... I don't want to find my penis in like in like clothespins in the middle of the night, man. Doesn't she have the King Day off tomorrow? Yeah. No, she doesn't. Neither do I, actually. I'm on the East Coast. It's 12.30 in the morning here. Okay. Honey, and, uh, wake up. I have to Come work on. at 7 in the morning. No nudge, nudge. Okay, Come that on. gives you points. All right, Philly, I'm going to clear the line. You're in the running, brother. Hi, yo. Let it. They're also in retail. <laughs> He's laying on the floor in his underwear. That helps. You know what? <laughs> he could have woke her up. Good visual. Could have woke her Exactly. That would have been good radio. If he wants to be in for Drunk of the Year, you got to do shit like number? We call her You got to do shit like that for Drunk of the Year. One of the guys who was in the running for Drunk of the Year this year uh, called in, um, and, and he was obviously drunk, and there, uh, he lives in an apartment building, and uh, he could hear music coming from, from next door. He was kind of complaining about it as he's Before drunk in the phone. the hall. So I asked it, I said, do you know your neighbors? No, I've never met them. Okay, so why don't you go over and bang on your go? Over. And yes. sure enough, he goes right out there, and he didn't just knock; he did the police bang. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, and, cop uh, knock. <laughs> it was nice. He did the cop knock. So, this so all is, the music gets really goes off. Oh yeah, the <laughs> lights go off. Looking, you can tell people are looking through the hole. Yeah, yeah. They would not enter him. This is how you make <laughs> drunk. Either that, or you call and you cuss me out. These are the two things yeah, that will right. get you in the running. So yeah, or you call call me from. My hey, what house. are we drinking here, Benny? This is. Uh, Fresh blind tattoo. pig? Blind pig, yeah. Oh, man. Also like four what? days old. I'm still drinking the redemption. Yeah. I got it, beef. Yeah, the non-Brett redemption. <laughs> All right, caller, who are we talking to? Brutat. Hey, Tat. Hey, Tat. What's going on, brother? Hey. Night. Yeah, uh, <sighs> I might have missed it, but in uh, Shet's uh, rundown of the beer events, did he mention the Lafayette Park Spa and Hotel Cicero? Oh, oh yeah, there? yeah. On the 29th, I did not. On the 29th. No. How are you going to diss our girl, Nicole? I Chat. just did, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my this God. Happens. Hot Nicole. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there is a beer dinner the Friday right before our uh, BN Brews Festival, and it's put on by Nicole, who is now a Cicerone, a certified Cicerone. It's a Belgian beer dinner at the Lafayette Park Hotel, which is not too far from the Rat Pad, which doesn't mean you can come here. Close but, to my uh, house. It's cl- you can go to Doc's, though. It's close to my house. Karen will love that. Close to Doc's house. Oh, Yeah. Are you going? Hey, Doc, I need a date. Hmm. I, I, I'm toying with whether I'm going to that or um, my man's beer, my man's book club. Uh, Did he oh. just say that shit? <laughs> Drunk of the week, Doc. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he has to repeat uh, that. How are you going to... I <laughs> no, am cutting men, that out of this men, archive. Men's book club is uh, it's, it's a drinking club. I see. It's what it is. It's like a bunch of guys yeah. get together and we... we 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 bring a book and we we drink. Well, is anybody Take it back, dog. Take it back. This, uh, <laughs> Do you guys talk about books or not? Do the think you're really doing We say, here's the book. <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> where's the next, where's the next uh, picture of uh, Margaritas? <laughs> okay. What do we have next? <laughs> What's the book, Twilight? Yes. It doesn't matter what the damn book. <laughs> don't hate. <laughs> I see. I'm just saying, don't hate. And actually, it's going to be right down the street. I think it's going to be uh, like about a block down the street Yeah. where you guys are. Maybe the BNR should crash your men's book club. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so you're going, Tat. You have your ticket, I assume. 
Well, I, I, I don't for the Lafayette deal because I, 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 I don't want to go alone. I have not said that I'm not going to the Lafayette deal because that sounds like a really good you, I'm thing sure you won't too. be alone. You'll be surrounded by beer lovers. Come on. Oh, yeah. Lafayette's very safe. <laughs> Lafayette is about as safe as it's, it's not Oakland. Yeah, there will not be a black person in the room. I'll tell you that right <laughs> no, now. There won't. Yeah. Or, nor American what, Indian what or Pacific Asian <laughs> yeah. or anything or, like that. What do you mean else? by that, Justin? Well, I mean, it's Lafayette, and it's about as white as it gets, my friend. The Anglo there. <laughs> it's pretty. It should be called Angloette. <laughs> They'll be yeah. Their tickets still available. Like I'm sure. Make you nervous? See, I, I'd be Not surprised me, if no. there was tickets. But they still make available. Lafayette people nervous. I'll I think they that. have. They can expand a little bit. So oh, okay, good. Yeah. I just wanted to. Just wanted to. That should be on my radar. You're right, Nicole. Yeah. Right. No, I'm You're glad right. you did. You're It'll right. be in the announcements next week. Uh, good call. <laughs> Shat's a dickhead. Yep. Cha cha. Okay, dickhead shot. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> You're welcome. Clear the phone for Valicious. Word. Valicious is calling in. Word. All right. 888-401-BEER. I only have two people in the running right now for Drunk of the Week, and I'm not going to sit here all night taking these phone calls. So uh, Two more calls, baby. Let's do it quick. Also, I have some Belgian candy sugar to give away, courtesy of Dark Candy Inc. As always, I will uh, give it to uh, the Drunk of the Week. Finny, you ever use uh, dark candy sugar or any kind of candy, Belgian sugar? Uh, We use the syrup, excuse me, Yeah, on the uh, consecration, salvation. Oh, you do? Experiment, Mm -hmm. yeah. You cool. use a fair amount of it. See, if that's not a plug yeah. for this stuff right there, I don't know yeah. what is. You get the big jugs, the big... Yeah, they're uh, f- like 56-pound, yeah. uh, five-gallon It's so containers. easy to use. It's, it's, and it's great on pancakes. Yeah. Oh, yeah? No, yeah. <laughs> no everybody shit. Everybody says. Yeah. What do you mean, everybody I, says I, that? I hear that a lot from brewers. So good. Yeah. Just uh, plain, just straight? Yep. Well, and ice cream. Yeah. We grew yeah, up on Caro syrup. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we, uh, we used... Heat it up a little bit. We use two and a half of the five gallon yeah. cubes, uh, so two and a half of those per fifty barrel batch of consecration. We use a lot of it on. Hmm. It's like ten percent of the fermentables. But, it's, but it melds in there so easy. No, it's you, such you, a great you, flavor. You don't have like the the solid crystals to like yeah. dissolve and everything else. It's so where much, do you so add easy. that? At what process? What point? Uh, sometime in the boil. The boil. Yeah, early parts. Again, gravity. So keep it consistent. They worry know. about the gravity more than the fermentability of it. So they've, they've got to keep consistency. What about the burning yeah. of it, though? Like the caramelization. You put it at the beginning of the boil, you don't worry about it. Uh... Nah, it melds in. Yeah? Okay. yeah? At least in our case. Do you have a direct yeah. fire or do you have steam, steam. Ja- steam, yeah. you have a steam jacket? Yeah. That's why he doesn't worry about it. Yeah. Okay. All right, Wood's on the phone. Wood, what's happening? Wood! Hi, everyone. How are you? We're do- You're <laughs> not drunk. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everyone. Well, how are you? Oh, no. I am quite drunk myself, and I have quite a bit to say. Okay. You sound like a Martian. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, you might be like Martian. I mean that in the most endearing way, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm just nervous because it's Vinny. Yeah. <laughs> Vinny's a very nervous-making guy. And uh, I hope you understand that that was one word. <laughs> I just nervous of uh, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you got? Okay. I had a, uh, I had a temptation. Mm-hmm. You're good. Okay. I had a... I had a consecration. Okay. I had uh, some of Kim's breakfast stout. I had some of Kim's Belgian blonde. I had a brewery black orchard. Um, The full bottle, a 750? 750. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which was not as good as consecration, I have to say. Oh. No. Now you're going to start a war. I'm not masturbating, and I'd like to sing a song. I, I, we never mind song singing. I don't know what it has to do with masturbation. Go on, please. 
I'm not masturbating, but I'd like to sing a song about something that makes me want to masturbate. Can, can you do this? Do it at the same time? Can you sing and masturbate? Sure. And gosh, I I just miss Doc. I mean, I, I just I gotta say that he's I'll back. Make, I'll make you do it. Come All right. On. Okay. Go ahead, Wood. Okay. Um, this is a song. It's about consecration. Okay. Um, I just want to. I'm going to throw this out. It might be a little loud, so I'm just going to say that right now. All right. I'll um, adjust. I like Metallica. So. <laughs> oh, I could sing Metallica. I'll sing this in the the um, feeling of Metallica. Okay. <laughs> this in the key of G or D. Um, drop this is a D. Key of key of drop D. Um, ass D. Okay. Good. Or ass drip. All right. The floor is okay. yours. I like that. Thank you. Here we go. I'll just sing the first part. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here we go. And hey, mama said the way you move, gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove. Ah, child, make you got day, gonna make you fun, gonna make you sting. Hey, baby, oh, baby, oh, hey, baby, when you walk that way, watch your heart and drip, can't keep away. That's the best um, mouth guitar I've ever heard. <laughs> wow. My bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> Good job, right. Wood. I, I, can, I can keep going if you'd like. Uh, no, that was no, perfect. I, well, I don't know if more no, would Keep help. going. I, I like that. I didn't hear the consecration part, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I guess connection. you're an artist. Uh, I, can't, uh, I can't tell you okay, what your art um, means. Here comes the consecration verse. Oh, okay. um, Thank you. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> consecration didn't take long for find out what people mean by Johnny. Perfect. It took my class out of Texas. Consecration. <laughs> You've now had three songs written for you. Again. <laughs> oh, I bet you didn't quit the body of work here, Vinny. You're in. <laughs> Thank you, Wood. Now in the running for uh, Drunk of the Week. That was good. He's probably still going. Uh, make sure I <laughs> write that down so I don't forget he did it. Uh, it's people like that why Natalie doesn't come to the <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Damn. Uh, the, up the, one, the one thing I can't fix, Vinny. Uh, yes. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. So now I have three people in the running for Drunk of the Week, and let's call it a night, huh? Let's get out of here. Uh, we have Bumgubu. I think is how he pronounced it. I think he did. <laughs> he was from Wisconsin. Um, what, what, what was his name again? Bumgubu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> from Wisconsin, and uh, he had an, not only an impressive list, he sounded real shit-faced. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You might remember. So he's uh, contestant number one. Contestant number two, uh, Philly Beer Geek. Uh, did not sound drunk. Sober. Uh, yeah. Plus, he was uh, drinking Guinness. He was a lot of Guinness. Vinny questioned him on his soberness. Yeah. And he, yes. the one thing he had going for him, I guess, is that he was laying uh, behind his own bar in his underwear, but he did refuse to wake up his girlfriend. He was laying on, on the converted porch on yeah. the floor right. in his underwear. <laughs> right. And then finally, we have Wood. And, uh, and 48 degrees, I thought he said. Yes. That's not that much in Philly. Yeah. They're, they're used to that, right? That's, that's like spring. That's 80 the degrees to us. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a sunny Pacheco We're day. We're basking in that. <laughs> uh, okay. And then finally we had Wood, uh, who, of course, sang a song to Vinny about, about, that he wrote 
about consecration. <laughs> oh, yeah, he definitely wrote that. I could tell. Oh, yeah. Performed so well. The words like... Can we hear that again? Blended right in there. I'd like to hear that again. All right. So those are our three contestants. The winner uh, not only will be Drunk of the Week and will earn their Drunk of the Week medal, uh, but will also uh, be in the running for Drunk of the Year and will win... Uh, Dark Candy Sugar from Dark Candy Inc. Dark. Our wonderful sponsor has been donating Dark Candy Sugar for a long time, even if it takes you a long time to get it. And the winner is also taking over my weekend because I'm giving it up. This would have been my third year in a row. Wow. Oh, have you my won weekend. it? Two, two years in a row? You're Martin Luther the King is my weekend, baby. <laughs> what happened? Are you just not what feeling well? We didn't know that. Um, because after last year, I threw up for like two days straight because I was so drunk that but I you could have gotten drink drunk like, on a really good beer here today. And drink for like two months after that. No, I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just remember how sick I was. I don't ever want to feel like that again. Okay, fair enough. Ooh. All right, folks in the room, you've heard your contestants. It's uh, by show of hands. Uh, remember that Bevo's the only one who's allowed to vote twice. <laughs> Everybody else can only vote once. Where's because that I come have from? Stuff I, I get like to vote once for each boob. She gets to vote once for each. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Would you like weird. to argue with this uh, logic, Doc? No, I'm not arguing. No way. Okay, no. if you raise your hand, sense to me. Raise your hand if it's Bum from uh, Wisconsin. That's uh, four votes in the room. Four oh, votes damn. in the room. Uh, Philly Beer Geek. Not a single vote in the room. And finally, <laughs> uh, singer of the song Wood. That's three votes in the room. So close, Wood, even though you really brought it with the song. You brought it, baby. <laughs> I our, voted for you, Wood. Our true oh, drunkest yeah. caller was from Wisconsin. So close, Wood. When you wake up in the morning and you hear this, uh, send me an email with your address. You will get some Dark Candy Ink, courtesy of... Uh, you'll get some Dark Candy Sugar, sure. courtesy of Dark Candy Ink. And uh, also your Drunk of the Week medal. So, uh, Justin at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send me an email and uh, we'll get you taken care of. All right, there we go. That's our show, right? Are we done? Done. Did I done. cover everything? That's it. Vinny? Thanks, man. Good to be here. I'm so glad oh, you yeah. came back. Yeah, we'll make it a little sooner. I wish you would. We <laughs> have right. a couple things we could still talk to you about. We have shows yeah. until uh, until the next decade we could do yep. with you, so uh, come oh, yeah. on back. And, uh, I will. Thanks for uh, having me. That was fun. And if you can, uh, you know, come out to our, our festival. We'll Absolutely. get you nice and liquored up before you go hang out with the mayor. <laughs> and <laughs> then surely you, your presser. And then you'll really speak your mind, you know. you got to bring Natalie this time. Yeah. <laughs> now, but we'd love to see you out there. Even though the brewers do not have to pour at our festival, we would love for you yeah. guys to be able to mingle with the listeners and the folks and uh, just be able to talk beer. Absolutely. So if you can I, make I, it. Tell, tell Natalie if she was here, she would have had two votes, too. Yeah. She also would. <laughs> Would have had two, and maybe three. One for her knee. We yeah. would have given her three votes. <laughs> maybe three votes. Yeah. Sympathy vote. Yeah, uh, four. One for the second surgery. The poor woman. Yep. That's uh, uh-huh. give her our best, please. I will have Thank fun you. in Belgium. I will. Yeah, I will. Damn you. Yeah, I want to go back. Already, already, I man. I know. I know how you mean. Just you love feel. that place. No, you mean, baby. It's just a good place to hang. Yeah. All right, everybody. Next, you know, it's it's kind of West Coast month at the BN. We didn't it plan is. it this way, but uh, Brian Hunt is back on the show. Speaking of long uh, spaces between, you know, we thought uh, that maybe Brian would never come back because we really hit him hard last time he came on about his uh, regional beer style yeah. uh, philosophy, but. 
I think he knows that Non-style. it was all out of love. We yeah. just had a great topic. He's coming back next week. Brian Hunt from Moonlight. Awesome. One of my all-time favorite guests, yeah. actually. So I'm excited to have him back on the program. He'll be here next week. Cool topic, too. And then, of course, uh, end of the month, just after our uh, um, beer festival, we've got Dan Gordon, who will be christening our new studio. Beta like is the day after? Beta is over. Yeah, the day after. We, oh, my God. We do have a show the day after the beer fest. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And an important show. Remember what happened last time we had a beer fest? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I lost a kidney. I couldn't do it. We had to do it. It It's when Dan could show up. We need to christen Studio B. And uh, beta testing is over. So uh, I'm here. Dan will be here. So we got a good month planned for you. And then next month it gets uh, lots of good stuff all year long. So don't forget to sign up. Join the BN Army. You get uh, entered into our raffle that will happen at the end of this month and every month. Also, don't forget to support our sponsors. More Beer is now the official sponsor of the Sunday show, and there's a whole uh, plethora of good people to support. Send them emails, tell them thanks, and buy beer and wares from them if you have a choice. Yeah. Is that it? Everything? Finito. Yeah? Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Vin. Thanks. Great to be here. We'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Sweet. Out. Double and triple on my best friend. I think I'll have them all over again. But don't you give me that American truth. Yeah, you know what?